Kate, I think there's lots of penis con- talk in uh, this one. Okay. There's, there's a lot of that. There's a lot of penis talk in general. Yeah. In this, uh... Oh, there's Sam. Oh, you might be on muke. Uh, mute. Muke? Muke. That's a, muted, a mute. that's, a, that's a muted mic? A muke? Yeah, I was abbreviating it. It's... It's... Oh, I think you're there. All right. Sorry, I just walked in. I walk in here and you, there's penis talk going on. Come on, guys. Welcome, welcome to the Criterion Creeps where yeah. nothing is fun and everyone's having a bad time. Yeah, we're all, yeah. Yeah, I got people. Family gonna be listening. To this you want you want them to hear. You want them to hear me going on this penis show podcast. Yeah. Yes, that's sort it. Of yeah, penis yeah. Style podcast. Oh, okay. They'll be like, "What are you doing? What are you doing, kid? You're paying. Oh, wait, f- you're, you're paying your fifty. You're... Jesus! <laughs> what in the fuck? <laughs> Why is that there? <laughs> to mark Where? You like that? What, what is this? Oh my god. Are we out? Are we out on a like a deck somewhere? I mean, yeah. This is already uh, a lot wilder than when Frank was eating Arby's on the podcast. Uh, a wind uh, chime oh, yeah, at yeah. the computer desk. That's uh... no. It's called a mark. It's called a mark tree. It's not a wind chime. Wind <laughs> yeah. chimes are hollow. Mark trees are they're they're dense. They're not the only dense thing around here. <laughs> Whoa. Look, coming in hot. Look at this young enthusiasm, Jared. It's, 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 it's going to be like that, huh? Oh. creeps are coming With Jared and RJ From Renwater Kurosawa This is the Criterion Creeps Podcast. I'm Jared Duncan. RJ, RJ Bella. And we're just two guys who have no other choice now but to creep our way through the Criterion Collection one spine number at a time in order of release. This week, we're moving from the back alleys of Manchester to the jolly streets of London as we watch Spine 306 in the Criterion Collection. Mike Lee's Naked from 1993. But first, RJ. Bye. We have a very special guest. We do? We do. Uh, uh, when did a, that happen? A, a man who is most famous for making me laugh the hardest that I've ever laughed on this podcast. Sam, the love machine. Slam, loving machine. How's it go, RJ? I mean, it could be Slam Loveland. It could be Slam Love Machine. It could be Sam Love Machine. You know, now that we ha- we have the man himself, we can Sa- get a definitive Sam, answer. Sam number one, sometimes number two. Sam yeah. Loveland. Hi. All right. Well, yeah. Hey, what's up? Thanks for having me on. <laughs> thanks for thanks for joining <laughs> us. Thanks for yeah. p- ponying up some cash to join us <laughs> on the pod. And I, I see that yeah. uh, you've uh, joined us for another a, a movie about rape, which seems to be very yeah. popular amongst uh, popular some of topic. our listeners. Yeah, the, yeah. The kids love it. They love rape movies. <laughs> so that's uh-huh. that's good. Dingy, <laughs> d- d- dingy old England. You're like, yes, please. Yeah. So, um, Give yeah. Me more. So give you um, more. Well, Criterion will supply it. Yeah. Just kidding. Mm-hmm. That was a joke. 
<laughs> so, so right before we came on the air, Sam informed RJ and I that he would mm-hmm. love and he would pay money if our episodes got even longer, which is, mm-hmm. uh, I think, a first uh, six hours, he even said, which is like getting to that Bellatar uh, uh, era, that, that Hungo uh, cinema. Mm-hmm. Just endless chit chat, blathering. I mean, the wow, that's that's wild, Sam. That's wild. This is that is a hot I mean, take. I mean, the thing is, like, this. I have kind of a confession. Like, this might sound kind of insane to people. Actually, no. Actually, I don't know. Maybe it's not. But uh, because I, I don't like spoilers. So each new episode I listen to every week, I don't even listen to the film part. I just <laughs> I don't listen to the movie review. I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised yeah, at all. A lot that, of people just, don't. Cause like, just cause like, I mean, I like hearing what you got. Like every time I do end up getting to a movie you guys watch, like I'll go and like, I'll, I'll listen to yeah. your guys review. But like, I just like the banter, honestly, the sort of meandering, like, <laughs> you know, chit chat, you know, when there's a guest, yep. especially when there's a guest on like, uh, you know, the Sam Sanchez episode banger. All-time great episode. That's that's, that's going to go to his head. Yeah. You, yeah. You can't be supporting alternate Sam in that light. I thought he was beta Sam and you were alpha no. Sam. Right. No. Come on. I, <laughs> no. I, 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 I love and respect um, Sam Sanchez. Um, so two things I wanted to say. That would be a great the t-shirt, thing, by the way. I love I and love respect it. Sam Sanchez. Yeah. Yeah, that would yeah, be no, yeah, I see. I don't know. I was trying to do like a, I don't know. I, I was trying to do like just kind of a cheeky joke, but then I don't know. All the sickos out there, they were like, I don't know. People just like beef, you know? Yeah, I, I don't know if you know this, and I'm not including you in there, but the majority of our listeners are, in fact, incels. So when, <laughs> okay. when you give them anything to run away with, <laughs> they are going to take that and they're going to, okay. uh, they're Does really. Sam's- does Sam's family know he's an incel? Doesn't he have kids? Do they know he's an incel? I mean, that's, it's the hardest thing to do is to come up to your family as an incel. Like, it's, not, it's not an easy it's thing a, to do. And until one day you're just reading the newspaper and you go, what? He did what? And you go, it, I was the incel? Yeah. I think uh, uh, my wife the other day, I, I mentioned incels and she's like, you're an incel. And I was like, I know. I know. Wow. So it happens. I'm including myself in there too. But yeah. anyways, it's keep fine. going. Okay. Um, I had two quite. I had a my first. So when did I made you make laugh the hardest? When when was that? What did I say? <laughs> you don't True. remember. I don't remember. Oh well, Sam. Uh, you might was recall. It about... <laughs> Wait, sorry. Go ahead. I think it's about your uh, dietary uh, habits. Oh. Oh. Okay. Yeah. So that's my. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> that's something else I wanted to. Okay, I, top of the show, <laughs> is, is this is gonna clear the air? Yeah, I would just top of the show. Let me just address something real quick. I did not. Mm-hmm. I nor have I ever had a habit of reaching. <laughs> Jared's already laughing. <laughs> Come on, man, you're making this difficult. I've never like had that, been in the habit of just like reaching into strange garbage cans <laughs> and and strange uh, and getting, garbage cans. Yeah, but your own. I thought it was a familiar garbage can. I mean, look, you like, you like, you know, you, you ever stand in my garbage is under my sink. You ever like you're washing dishes, you have to throw something when you look in there like, oh, I could have finished that yesterday. You don't. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. No. I'm just kidding. No, Sam. No, no, stop stop it. I don't do that either. Stop it. No, no, no. Okay. But the, the, the worst. Okay. I, anyways, but I've never been in the habit of just, of just like reaching into garbage cans and, and, That's good. and, uh, digging for food. There was one time I was on a train platform. <laughs> like a bear. <laughs> I was. Yeah, no, I was on the train platform. I was with my friends. You know, I was like younger. I was like 13, maybe. 
Um, there's like a, there's like a, just like an immaculate, like untouched, like almost completely untouched piece of cake on like on the very top of the garbage can on like a plate. So yeah, I, I went in there, I, I grabbed a, a bite or two. Who, who among us wouldn't, you know, is that so wrong? <laughs> is you, that so wrong? To you take... gotta do what feels right for you, man. Yeah. Don't let society tell you what's right. You gotta do what feels right for you. Love is love. It's your body. Yeah, she love is like you. Is that so wrong to, to take some train platform cake <laughs> once in a while, once in a blue moon? So when you say that it was immaculate, like, can you describe like, a little bit more? Like, it was in a wrapper. It was like, no, just no, no. It top. wasn't in a wrapper, but it was like it was on a plate, and the plate was at the very top of the pile, and it was like it had it, it was missing like sorry I, by ma- it, it maybe had like one bite taken out of it, and I took a bite from the other <laughs> from the other end of the slide. Ah, no, it no, was the story a, is getting more. It, 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 it was immaculate. But no, no, listen, no, no, no. Okay. True. True. That was, that was, uh, I was being a little deceptive. Um, it was, uh, it had like a bite or like, maybe it wasn't a bite, but it had some, it had like a little bit missing on like one side. So I took some from the other side. You weren't worried about, there's no germs on it. Sam, I have to ask, like, were you ever concerned about like, who took the other like bite and like, what happened to them? Why aren't they here? Why did they? Why did they leave this cake and abandon <laughs> it on this like, on this train platform? It's like, maybe, like maybe something happened to them. Yeah, something they, awful happened. May, maybe this cake's like part of this elaborate trap system where it's like there's uh, some chuds, perhaps, and they're just lying in wait, and you just eat this cake. And oh, then, true. And then you pass out, and then you wake. You find yourself in the the chud hole. Well, oh, not the chud hole. Anything, oh. but I actually I don't know if you guys are familiar with the um. I don't go on TikTok because it's a demonic <laughs> app. But uh, uh, I don't know if you guys are familiar with the tip, the TikTok trend of, of poop dollar. <laughs> no. Uh, so no. that's basically where you you oh, like you, dear. you take it you take <laughs> you take a dollar bill and you put some like chocolate or fudge on it, and then you like leave it on the ground and you 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 see if strangers will pick it up. Um, Oops. at work, yeah. like. When was this? This was like early. This is like February or January. I uh, I'm sorry. I I'm sad to report that I was uh, I was poop dollared by some teenagers. <laughs> but, you, but 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 it was chocolate. You hope. Well, you I could like tell it was like it obviously wasn't like. I mean, I can you know like like you could tell it was not like actually poop. How like let how, me just say that. How how could how could you tell though? I mean, like, Jarjay's <laughs> got his head, his head in his hand. It's like, it's like um, I'm, I'm handling, I'm handing you a shovel, and I'm just like, keep digging, Sam. No, no, listen, <laughs> I can explain everything. No, okay, so, uh, I, I look forward to it. No, no, so, so, uh, all right, listen up. So, so there was, uh, I mean, it was like, because I, I work at like a, I worked at like a, like a small grocery store. It was like sort of at night, but there's like. It was in like a like a, like a shopping center, so there's like lights on. You can see pretty clearly the ground. <laughs> yeah. So like, it's not the darkly lit the grocery store. It's not the it's, yeah. It's not, it's, it's not one of these you know these strip mall these 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 like open air mall back alleys that you know mm-hmm. you, you're hearing about. It was uh oh yeah. It was just like on you know it was on the normal um just like the sidewalk, and so I walk out like some kid was like there's a dollar bill out there. Um, and so I walked out of there, and like I could see, like I I, I I like bent down a little bit, and like I didn't just pick it up, I like bent down, and I could see, like it was like I don't know, it it had the consistency of like, like chocolate, of like fudge or something, or like uh, 
like a candy bar. There was like a, you know, like it literally looked like someone had just like melted a, someone took like a Snicker bar or something or like, no, not a Snicker bar, like like a fudge bar and like melted it a little bit in like their car and just like, just kind of jammed it onto the dollar bill. Like it was not like, I was not, I was not um, just going to like pick up you know, like random poop money, you know, you I'm, weren't? I, I weren't, I'd like to think I'm a little, I'm a little more, I have a little more of a clue than that. I'm a little smarter yeah. than that. You're I'd sm- like to think you're, you're a savvy kid. You, you know, yeah, you, you, know how to, you know how to do a uh, differentiate between yeah. legit dollars and poo dollars and, and, you know, and, not, streets, and not, don't pick up that one. You know, on these streets, you gotta, you know, what happened? Sometimes all you, all you have is, a split second to determine if something's chocolate or 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 feces, you know, out on these streets, these hard these hard streets of Salt Lake City. That could be another T-shirt that we'll we'll sell. And uh, you being on here, you give us license for that also. But uh, oh, I can. Oh, I don't. I mean, yeah, we own all intellectual property that you present to us tonight. <laughs> okay, yeah. I guess by by paying the money, I. I agree. I sell I'll, everything. Everything I come up with creatively in like this recording yeah. session is more okay. That's yeah. It's well, I'm not sure if you're working. I kind of wish I'd known that. Because you're also a you're you're a character, also on the oh, podcast right. that, that we created. You don't actually exist. True. Exactly. And that way, if there's any other love machine people out there listening, you don't have to feel like you need to, you know, gate yourself and uh, control your inner feelings. I'm, I'm glad you're telling it like it is. It is hard to understand if things are diarrhea or chocolate. <laughs> it's, it's a tough RJ world out knows. there. Yeah, I get it. I get it. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. I, I do like that this all started in where you were leading in where it was, I have not, nor have I ever <laughs> eat it out of the garbage. And then you didn't and then say that. Went, well, I you, I mean, there was, there were things said and then, you know, the <laughs> immaculate cake went to the half eaten cake and then no, pretty soon, hey, pretty soon it's it going to be, it was just one bite left and it was at the bottom it was of the not, garbage. It was not half eaten. It had like a bite missing. Maybe. Well, the story, the story is getting complex the farther along. It's not, it's not complex. Okay. Whatever. Whatever. Don't, hey, don't believe what? me. No. You know what? You know what Fine. I got to say, man? You you got to do what's right for you, and I do believe that. So don't let anyone judge you. You go on. You you do you do what feels right for Sam. Okay. Yeah. Right, Jared. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Well, you know. Hey, I, I is, 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 is this what you is this what you signed up for, Sam? Is this what you wanted? Yeah. Well, yeah, I come I come here to share my opinions yeah. on movies with with the creeps nation and yep. this is what I get for it, you know. <laughs> the abuse. It's fine. You know, Einstein probably thought he probably had some hard days like this where he was getting made fun of. <laughs> yeah. You know? Oh, it's true. Uh, you know? <laughs> he might have been. He might have been. No, we yeah, got nothing probably. but support for you for Did, you, bud. Nothing yeah. but yeah. support. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I read about Einstein eating garbage. All right. Well, I didn't. <sighs> so, no, Sam. Sam. Yeah. What's up? Why? Why? Why have you joined us? What? Well, oh, how, how um, did you? How did you find out about this podcast? Do you give a shit about the Criterion Collection at this point? Like um, us. Good question. I mean, like abstractly, I think it's like. I mean, I don't know. The, the whole boutique Blu-ray thing is like. I don't know. I, 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 on one, on the one hand, like, it's like cool that like 
you know, these like maybe lesser seen movies are like being able to view, you know, that they're getting releases so that so many people can, you know, like see them or whatever. Um, you know, like, 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 like there's probably a lot of movies in the Criterion Collection or in like any other like boutique Blu-ray um, or like DVD or whatever, like, like line that uh, that would not have been really seen by a lot of people if they had not been in those collections. So that's cool. You know, I think film restoration's cool. Even if it's sometimes controversial, um, but I don't know. The, the whole just like I don't know, the whole like, like uh, kind of unearned prestige or whatever that I feel like the Criterion Collection kind of cultivates is like I don't know. I, I, I like people are like oh it's like a Criterion or whatever. It's like okay, like that doesn't really doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean anything. I mean like Criterion, like you know they have like some really cool writers like who who like write for like their the current, which is like their their. Uh, they're like they're like online magazine. Like Nick yeah. Pinkerton is a good example. I will. I I read a book of his recently on on the movie Goodbye Dragon Inn. You know they, they they have like cool stuff in that in that uh in that respect. But um, I don't know. I I, I do think it's kind of you know like if something being a Criterion film, it's like okay, like whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. I think we're uh, we're inclined to agree with you. Yeah. Mostly. Um, as for like how I heard about the podcast, I think. I can't remember what movie it was, but uh, I was doing a thing for a while where, like, I would watch a movie, and then I'd just go on, like, the podcast app on, like, the phone, like, Apple, and I would just type in the name of the movie, or, like, nothing came up, I would type in the name of the movie, and then, you know, the, the year, or whatever, and um, I honestly can't remember the movie I I, I, I typed in, but I t- it was a movie I'd watched, I typed it in, and then, uh, you know, you guys popped up, <laughs> and I was like, huh, why are these guys not talking about the movie? <laughs> 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 they're just reading emails and and, and talking about <laughs> i don't know just whatever but i was so i was you know i was so fascinated mm-hmm. at the same time and so i, I just I, I would just like what I, I just looked through all your catalog what i would do is i just like look through all your catalog you know and like for movies i had seen and just listen to those episodes like at work like you guys you know you guys got me through a lot of shifts at work you that's, know yes, that's it's nice uh, to hear that's good yeah that, yeah. that was, that was, that was actually honestly one of my uh one of my goals of this podcast is because some of my favorite podcasts were ones that are just like three four hours long and they're perfect for like doing other things too yes exactly and like yeah. i love the you know people like complain they're like oh the show isn't like formatted enough but i think that's great you know <laughs> i'm serious like like yeah and it's like yeah uh, we agree yeah. and like especially during the like the like uh you know the pandemic or whatever like covid like Lockdown. I mean, I, I never really had like a lockdown because I worked. I was an essential worker, so mm. I I just the only difference was I just hung out with my friends less. Um, yeah. But you know, like like I think uh, I think like podcasts kind of served as a uh, sort of like this sounds kind of mean, but I don't mean it in a mean way. Like sort of like friendship simulator. I think for people, because yeah. you know, like that's not bad. If that make like does that, does that make sense? Because like if you're like alone, like you're quarantining at home, like you can't see your friends, like maybe you can talk, you know, you can see them on the phone or whatever that, but you can't, you know, they, they can't really replicate the experience. I think like listening to like a podcast like yours, or just, you know, just two nice guys just chatting away, talking about, talking about movies, you know, sometimes. I think they all see that, that sometimes talking about movies, which is the thing that presumably the listener also is into. Like that's, you know, I think that that's, that can be good for people, you know, there's definitely for me. Hard, hard disagree on two nice guys. There's one okay <laughs> guy and there's one real bad guy, real bad yeah. dude. But uh, um, for the folks at like home, that's opinion. up for you to determine. That's, right. that's, that's right. true. 
<laughs> yeah. Email 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 your uh, your answers to to uh, Jarrett. Yes. Yeah. 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 And then, to me. Somewhere. Can I just say your personal email? No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. yeah just type in email into this into the uh, <laughs> email, email at Jarrett. Send it to email.com. Yeah, they'll figure it out. They'll figure out yeah. what you want. They'll, yeah. read, they'll understand the context and go, oh, yeah, that's for Jared. Yeah, yeah. that's for Jared. Um, there's actually, sorry, this is unrelated, but uh, at my work, just this is this is really dumb. At my work, there's a there's a Jay Dungan Whoa. at my job, at my work, for my coworkers. Is he, is he also a bad dude? <laughs> um, he's cool, actually. He works uh, in a lawyer department. Jay Duncan. Yeah, his name's John. Right. John yeah. Duncan? Yeah. Do, could you get a get a hold of his middle name for us? Just... <laughs> if, if it begins an F? If it's an F, that would be good. Also, yeah. if you can, maybe get his social insurance and okay. uh, maybe a void check or something. Just, yeah, I just so that. we can compare. Just so we can I compare. mean, I can say the address of my job. It's... Th- yeah 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 great great interesting you already you already said where the city you live in which is could be problematic because as i said people who listen to this podcast they'll find you man okay yeah i was just kidding his name isn't that the thing i said earlier that's not i was just kidding that's not his first and last name (laughs) yeah (laughs) definitely definitely not yeah i was kidding this is a character a character for a podcast as well yeah 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 Hopefully he doesn't get bullied by the swarm of uh, Jared Duncan fans that are out there because there is <laughs> there's some Duncan boys out there. Oh yeah, they, dude. When I was in uh, when I was in New York, I was walking around Bushwick. I saw some Jared shirts. Yeah, you saw a there. few Jared shirts. Some yeah, JFDs. like coffee shops or whatever. You know, mm-hmm. uh, Jarheads. Yeah, some some yeah some Jared. They, they call them Duncan heads on the yeah. East Coast. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I think Duncan heads or you know. Dunk boys, you know, dunk anything boys, with dunk. yeah. uh, dunkers, dunkers, yeah. dunkers, yeah. yeah, yeah, that's more of a yeah. Bay Area thing. Mm-hmm. Dunkers. So I'm told, <laughs> yeah, you get some old Bay on there, yeah, yeah. I like it, yeah, I like yeah. it. Oh, interesting, outstanding. Well, gents, yeah. uh, Arj, I don't care how you were doing this week. No, oh, I care, neither do I. Oh, okay, oh, Sam does, yeah, yeah. I guess. You know, apparently, Sam, I'm, I'm no, quite well. <laughs> just kidding that's cool nice yeah i'm i'm, I'm well too you know school going on ah yeah yeah how's the how's your school are you back in person you on i'm back in person yeah um it's fun uh it's fine i mean like a lot of people wear masks on campus you know that's which is good um it's a little stressful because uh my grandpa's 90 and he's an anti-vaxxer oh good <laughs> so, <laughs> you know it's like yeah you know, the, the one thing you had to be stubborn on when you're 90 years old is is that, you know. Yeah, that's a, that's not the best hill to uh, go on to. Uh, you, you don't want to say die on. <laughs> well, he's on, he's on, he's on the, he's on the hill. He's on the hill. He is yeah, one. No, but, but yeah. regardless, um, no, but I mean, it's like cool. I don't know. Like, honestly, I kind of liked online school, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Like, maybe I'm just like a sicko, but um. <laughs> There are aspects of it that I like, like Zoom. I don't know Zoom class. I mean, it was it was kind of like because like my desk is just in my room, so just getting up from my bed and just sitting in my desk and just being in my room for eight hours a day. That's kind of, you know, that that kind of, that, that does get old. But I don't know. PA on campus is cool. Like I have, I have like a you know a nice campus or whatever. 
Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Um, well, that's cool. Yeah, it's cool. I got a lab position that I haven't started yet. Nice. New mm-hmm. one. Because um, they're having to do a background check on me. And you know they're gonna find gonna some. Find, well, they're gonna find this. You podcast. know they're gonna find nothing good. Yeah, they're gonna find this pod, this podcast. Yeah. They're gonna say what? They say this is a high intensity job. It demands that you have a rigorous schedule, rigorous diet. They're gonna say what can we find about this guy that puts uh, <laughs> into uh, his lifestyle choices? Mm-hmm. I mean, just the association with this alone is probably yeah, enough true. to get you not even just out of that program, but probably out of the school itself as an institution. Right. Well, I mean, the thing, you know, I'm a little, you know, it's I mean, it's 6:30 p.m. It's getting late. Mm-hmm. Who knows what I might say? The rest of this podcast, mm-hmm. you know, after six, <laughs> a little uh, after dark, yeah, after dark, well, after dark podcasting, you know, who knows what what I might say or do. <laughs> this is going to get spicy. <laughs> I mean, uh, I, I'm liking, I'm liking this build up. We'll see. Mm-hmm. We'll really see. Yeah. Well, gentlemen, yeah. we have yeah. a disappointing two emails. I, I was. Hoping for more of a turnout for our guest this week after announcing it's him fine. at the end of last. It's very sad. You all disappoint me. It's okay. Yeah, it's, it's okay. You, Just okay. I, on this way, I know who the real ones are, who the real Sam yeah. fans are. <laughs> Who's the Sam's? You know, Sam's. real Sam. friends. How many the real of Sam's us? Club? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, that's horseshit. This whenever I drive by, whenever I drive by Sam's Club, I'm like. Whoa, there it is. There it is, yeah, everybody. That's me. That, <laughs> that's me. That, that, that could be your TikTok. Yeah, it could. Um, actually, sorry, speaking of Sam's Club, a little little fun. So I know we got to go get some emails. A little ah, fun okay. Salt Lake fact. We have the world's biggest Costco. How big is it? Um, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's, pretty, it's the biggest thing. Because they added Costco. to it in, they added to it in, uh, in like 20, like, like this, the last little bit they like added they like built an expansion and it's the biggest in the world now you're right here um it, it is noted salt lake city has several world-class skiing resorts has a brand That's new right. airport being built but most mm-hmm. importantly finished has the world's largest costco the costco in That's salt lake right. city has an amazing 235,000 square feet of space <laughs> It's uh, it's it's some real idiocracy stuff going on. So whoa, so true. You know, if you think about it, that show was kind of like a documentary. <laughs> if you think about it, <laughs> a, a friend of mine just watched that this week and was saying the exact same thing. Oh Cause, really? Cause yeah, heard... that's what everybody says. That's the, that, that's the that's the like faux deep observation everyone has about that movie. Yeah. Well, you know. yeah, because but because it gets to the end of the movie and it's like Luke Wilson has to convince the dumbs that. Uh, Hey, you got to stop giving the the crops, uh, you know, Gatorade for electrolytes. Mm-hmm. And so he so he can't convince them with evidence. So he has to tell them, "Well, I can talk to plants." <laughs> and they go, "Oh, <laughs> you're like, yeah, wow. that that seems actually not that much of a stretch anymore to yeah. to, to reach uh, a certain contingent." That's mm-hmm. sort of our our climate politically. It, if you ask me. Yeah, <laughs> a little yeah. bit, a, t- <laughs> a little bit, a touch, a little bit, a little bit. Yeah. Well, sorry, emails. Yeah. Sorry, Dylan. Females. Who? Frogert. Oh, okay. Dylan, an email! Yeah. Exclamation oh, mark. Boy. Howdy, fellas. Mm-hmm. The emails got a little miserable last week, so I'll step back in. Hopefully, we Ooh. can finish up Voyager or get those thirteen. 
I I don't know. We we never know where we're where we're, we're going to get with Voyager. Yeah. You know, we'll see how uh, Slam Loveland feels. You know, maybe yeah. it's a Voyager night. Maybe it's not. We'll see. Dune is coming out in the next couple of months. Mm. Not sure if this has been brought up before. I know how you boys feel about Denny. Even got a taste of it last week. But what about Frank Herbert? Ever read the Dune books or have Mm -hmm. any nostalgia from the very different Lynch movie? Aside from Wes Anderson, looking forward to any other premieres later this year? Um, hmm. I've never read Dune. I have not read Frank Herbert. I actually do enjoy that David Lynch movie, though. It's got some some sweet-ass Muppets. got some good stuff what about you yeah. uh, slam loveland what's your opinion on the dune um i never read dune never read any frank herbert um my da- i mean i like my dad i think was kind of into that book so i'd like heard about it um i mean i'll read it one day i'm reading like i'm getting through all the all the long difficult like famous books just out of the way so that that might be just so I can i can be free <laughs> do you want to start an infinite jest podcast with jared <laughs> Yeah, I could do that. I mean, I'm I'm like halfway through Ulysses right now. I just finished Gravity's Rainbow. Ooh. It's actually pretty good. Ulysses actually, so I sound like I'm bragging, but that book's like not that bad at all. Yeah. I think it's like pretty nice to read. But no, uh, the the David Lynch Dune movie. Um, I watched it when I was like, I don't know. I I watched it a long time ago. I know that that's kind of a cop out answer, but like I don't remember a lot of it. I if I watched it, I'd probably think it was cool, just because I don't know. Yeah, I like reading about it seems like something I'd be kind of into, you mm-hmm. know. Um, I think it was playing something. I think it was like playing here, like in a theater theatrically, like some years ago. And I wanted to go, but like wasn't able to to make it. The David Lynch Dune movie. Um, but I'd like to watch it again, especially like before the new, uh, you know, the new <laughs> the new movie comes out. Wait, which um, we're, we're gonna find out if it does come out. If it do, if it comes so, out, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so I I have read Dune. What? Okay, right. RJ. Whoa, we got one. Uh, you see this, Jert? <laughs> you see this? Yeah. That's uh, Dune reading arms right there, baby. Uh, <laughs> Those are page turn arms. Yeah, page <laughs> right here. This look like Dune? Um, I've been doing that a lot to Andrea lately, like the Joe Dirt thing, when he when he's like patting his uh, biceps to her. I don't, I don't have muscles, by the way. Oh, I'm not right. uh, I'm not trying to brag. It's, uh, it's ironic. Um, see, but, R- yeah. see, RJ says that, but he's jacked. If those of you don't know what RJ looks like, he's jacked. Yeah, I'm not a huge fat guy, despite what people would like to believe about me. <laughs> um, I mean, but I mean, even if I was, whatever. Yeah. Like I said, love is love, baby. Uh, yeah, so I... Uh, I read Dune a couple of years ago, and it's good, but it is not. Um, it's not uh, the hype that I think people make it out to be. Like I think everyone talks about Dune. It's just like, man, when you when you're an old man, you're gonna love Dune. It's gonna blow your dick off, and you're like, mm, we'll see. Uh, it is. It's good, but uh, it's kind of weird in the sense where, like, there's like lots. Aliens. There's like aliens. That's kind of weird. It's kind of weird. Yeah, there's worms. <laughs> Yeah, no. Uh, no, it's like um, it's like taking its time for like the first three quarters, and then it just ends kind of like instantly, and you're like, oh, they've wrapped that up real fast. And well, it's also a lot of just like information, right? That that they yeah. just kind of say that you're supposed to keep track of or whatever. That and all the language is really hard to keep track of, uh, because it's all like 
the Jim Jabber and the Jom Jibber and the Jim Juber. And you're like, and you're like, there's too many Jims and too many Jubes. Like it's just way too many. So, uh, a lot of the, all the words, all the words are made up. So you're just like, this is too much. This is a little, a little funky, but, uh, yeah. So there, there's your Dune report for you boys. <laughs> that's your, that's your report to class. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's all right. It's you. definitely it's not the uh, the titan of science fiction that I, I think people will say it is, but whatever. Yeah, I feel like a lot of people have been like getting into that book like lately. Maybe it's just me, but it seems like I don't know. I, like if you go on like Twitter or whatever, which I do once in a while, you see like I don't know. I just see that book everywhere, and like I have yeah. friends who are like buying, who are, like reading it or like buying copies of it or whatever. I get, and this is even like before the movie. I don't know. It's kind of interesting, like how these these books kind of go in cycles like that. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. among like younger people or whatever. It's not bad. Um, as far as the movie, I feel like it's gonna be. I don't know. <laughs> uh, I'm not a big Denis Villeneuve guy. I'm with you guys. I think he's oh, kind of. Oh man! Uh, well, well, look at that. Yeah. There's another and one. Hey, <laughs> we got one. We ah. finally turned one. Yeah. What can I say? Yeah, I don't know. I I don't think Denis Villeneuve is that good, um, to be honest. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I will say like he definitely puts a ton of effort into production, um, right? But I do find that every time I see it, it's like it feels so empty. Still, there's almost it's almost too um, blank. In like, so- yeah, I agree. There's like no the style of it is like really there's like no style. It's like I don't want to say there's no style, but it's like there's not too- any oomph to it you know there's yeah he references stuff to like to death like i i just saw some images for dune uh i'm not sure what it was like some operator outfits and people are oh look at this i'm like yeah i mean that looks like like a moebius french graphic album from the 70s but it doesn't have the color it's so it's so desaturated right yeah that's the thing too yeah um yeah i don't know i mean i feel like it'll be like like kind of really bad and boring (laughs) <laughs> or like really cool like really sick if that makes sense it, it can go like, either way because like yeah well cause the thing is like david ehrlich didn't like it so that means it's, that, that that's that's a good sign if he doesn't like something that means it's probably good Ooh, that's Ooh. I, I, I like this too i like this yeah. burial of that guy <laughs> that i don't that's know the guy at all. from uh in, for those of you who don't know david ehrlich's the main guy from indie wire so and, uh, yeah, yeah. He he. All I know is that he's the uh, the bootlick who is uh, talking about how amazing it was that a uh, Wong Kar Wai edited his movies. Yeah, yeah. And I was oh, just yeah. like this guy. I, I that was because I've, I've oh, he's always in Letterbox. Yeah, he, he's like the top review yeah. of like a bunch of like every like new movie. He's yeah. like the top review. It's like of. him and Matt Lynch. I think are always way up there, and it's like everyone has yeah. to listen to these guys. And it's like who are these guys? They're, well, Matt Lynch is like I actually I kind of Matt Lynch is actually like like. I kind of like respect Matt Lynch at least. Like he actually has like opinions that make sense. Um, whereas like David, like oh, like what was the interview he or interview not, review he did that was just like so like incomprehensible. I'm trying to think what it was. He's got a couple like that. <laughs> yeah, he has many. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but there's one especially. There was one especially egregious one. Let me see if I can find okay. it. So, uh, so I was I was skimming ahead to see what these uh, movies that are coming out for the rest of the year are, and of course there's the one I completely forgot about because it was just announced yesterday. Uh, but that you know, old Matrix Four, uh, <laughs> which is it, nice. Oh yeah, it, it's coming. I haven't seen the trailer yet? It, it's coming, and I don't know what. It will, <laughs> it's kind of like that's out of the blue pill, eh? 
Yeah. Uh, out of the blue pills. Oh, yeah. Oh. See, horrible. Yeah, horrible. I forget. I forget that. that see, I thought you were doing like a like a like. A, I forget that that that's from that movie. So I thought you were doing like a like a you know a sort a of internet bit. a sort of different sort of blue pill type. Oh. It's kind of like poop type dollar. Content. Have you ever heard of poop dollar? It's really similar uh, to no. that. What's that? Ah, <laughs> uh, I'll tell you, man. It's crazy. You got to be fresh out there because everyone's always trying to get you at the poop dollar. Did yeah. You, well, do you think okay. do you think the poop dollar is going to show up in uh, RJ's favorite director Edgar Wright's Last Night in Soho? Maybe. <laughs> That guy knows about the internet, you know, that's what he's just like me. Oh, he you knows know? about the internet. All right. And he, he goes out there and he actively tries to find people that, uh, he can, uh, throw his hordes of fans at and angrily, uh, when you make a, a, a slight mistake on the internet, not even, I wasn't even, I wasn't even. Oh, did you get, it. did you get in trouble with, I must've missed this. Did you yeah, get in he, trouble he, with, what's it called? He doxed me he like swatted me he sent like a swat team oh, to my oh. home space that's great how'd they let him get away with that he tried to have you murdered i can't believe yeah that. because because he's i he's a world famous director and i'm not yeah. and he's got he's got champions out that? there he's got he's, got he's got those stands he's got stands yeah and you're right if you're listening if you're listening and i say this as a representative of the criterion creeds podcast i'll we'll be seeing you in court <laughs> We yeah. will be we will be suing taking yeah. legal action against you. And oh, I yeah. and I know Jared and RJ stand with me hundred percent when I say this. Yeah, as a as a character representative for as the a podcast. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He's Just got kidding. a lawsuit on his hands. Right. Yeah, yeah they don't like they don't like podcasts. Uh, no satire did, characters did you uh hear yeah. that like i think there was like a, a tweet that uh edgar wright put out there he's like hey guys so my movie last night so is coming out but shh don't spoil it i don't want it to ruin it for the people who can't see it right now do, do you think that'll work no, <laughs> like, no actually probably there'll be like nerds out there who will be like um like replying to every like tweet like trying to get tweets like taken down probably there'll be guys like that out there will sure. you respect the wishes of the director please yeah yeah uh I, hey guys come on he said uh he said don't talk about it <laughs> yep. so come on guys come on come on come on yeah show a little respect for the show movies. some respect to the auteur to the auteur's <laughs> vision Exactly. Uh, so what the hell is this movie? I just came. Across. It's called Antlers. It's from. It's coming out apparently. It's directed okay. by some guy named Scott Cooper. It's got this like uh, like, an, 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 like guy guy on the front, and, and our old friend Jess Plemons. Jess Plemons yep. is in the house, and Carrie Russell. And I was like, what is this? Jess Plemons. I think. I think that's uh, the. I'm I'm pretty sure that's the crazy hard guy. He definitely did that uh, out of the furnace movie or something like that. But uh, he's not Mass, a bad. Hostiles, yeah, crazy. Yeah, crazy hard. Oh, yeah, he's okay. he's not a bad director. He's got hits and misses. What? But he uh, looks cool. Yes. Okay. He has cool hair. Okay. He he does have cool hair. Look at that. Yeah. Wow. Kind of reminds me of RJ. I'll have to, wow. I'll, I'll have to check this out. Yeah, RJ's got some fluff going on here. It's highly That's... unusual. He's he's not all glossy like he has been in recent weeks. He didn't put well, any he didn't put any oh, pro- yeah, he, he didn't put any product in his hair, so he's all like has a matte finish. All natural, well, yeah. It's because everyone was talking about how shiny my forehead was mm-hmm. that one day. It so was, I was just like, all was. right, I won't, I won't put so, any pomade. So we got Dune and French Dispatch coming out the same day, apparently. Oh really? What the fuck? So we got d- d- double Timothy. That's crazy. So, oh uh, yeah, two Tim, a Tim, a Tim. Uh, 
I don't know. I'm trying to think of something funny. Double Tim. You no, know. Du- double E. Yeah, double E. He's the Tim Hortons of actors. That's <laughs> yeah. Canadian. Oh, man. One might say he's the Tim Chalamet of actors. Yes, I agree. <laughs> I agree completely. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, how about... Sucks. Okay, do you think uh, Nightmare, Night, Nightmare Alley... Uh, Guillermo del Toro's uh, movie oh, that will do you think that'll actually come out this year? No, I doubt it. Um, I don't. I I doubt it. Unless they just put it right on streaming, which is what all of these movies should be. Despite what, so? despite what. Well, I mean, it might be different where you guys live, but despite what Denny Villeneuve is trying to bully people into uh, going to the movie theater for his movies, like where we are here in Creepsville. Like shit, shit's exploding again, and it's just like, yeah, uh, same it's here. like stay home, just yeah, don't go out. And it, it doesn't help when directors are like, you must see my movie on the movie theater because it is great. I mean, I like, I kind of agree with that actually. I mean, I don't know, like I sympathize with that position of like wanting sure. to see your movie in a theater, and like, sure, I think, I think people who are like, like it's, I don't know, people have this like weird like. Thing about like how like wh- how like theaters are like elitist or whatever like i agree that like it's kind of irresponsible to like demand your movie be released like in theatrically yeah especially like in you know in america mm-hmm. um and and you know canada play you know places that don't have the whole virus thing uh handled very well um but uh on the, on the other hand like i don't know like because because I mean, I guess like releasing them on stream on to stream would like make sense. But like, if they just like, because no one's gonna go see a movie in theaters that they've already seen streaming, right? So it's like it's kind of like a tough yep. situation. Because like, if I was a filmmaker, I would like certainly, I definitely would want my movie to be seen in theaters, you know, before sure. it gets seen to stream. Just because like, you know, that's how you got to see movies is in a theater. Yeah. So it's kind of like a tough. I don't know. It, it just just seems like sort of a a, a lose lose type situation, yeah. you know. Well, it is, and I think I think honestly, if they want it to be released, it's like my point of view is like put it in the can then and just release it when stuff's released next year. But I yeah. know they can't do that because they they need the revenue to fund right, new movies, right? Right? Like yeah, yeah. For I, sure. I get it. I just uh, it's like I said. I don't like that he's trying to bully people into going because I, I feel sure. like that's pretty slimy. But it's like it's it's a tough situation regardless because it's like uh, the whole obviously like you know the the, the like lockdown stuff whatever is mm-hmm. like I know I think that's that's, that's like good for handling a pandemic. But like well, a kind of unfortunate downside is like it's just been a, an opportunity for like further like centralization and like. Mm-hmm. kind of accumulation in like the film industry where now like you know now n- 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 that like theaters can't be open like you know th- th- that gives like streaming and like like the-, the these like like companies like netflix and disney they can just kind of like further like just release churn out like st- like straight to stream like garbage and like and, the- and, the- mm-hmm. and, the- and like all directors have to kind of like like play you know they'll, they'll-, they'll have to play like I don't know. It, it's changed the game in a in a way I don't I don't totally think is beneficial. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. Like all directors kind of all filmmakers kind of have to play by the rules now of like mm-hmm. that. Sorry, that was that was kind of probably convoluted. What were you saying, Jared? Oh, I was going to say like you actually reminded me of a, a depressing moment uh, the other week. I was getting my hair cut, and like one Ooh. of the other barbers, he was like on his like iPhone looking through Apple Music. And I guess there's like when you're in the store, there's like this new thing where it's like, oh, it's got like little animated uh, gifs of like the album covers. And it's like, huh, that seems long overdue. That's 
neat, I guess. And then he was like, oh, hey, there's this thing where you can like look at what the most downloaded songs are in like all these different cities all across the world. So he started like clicking through it and checking it out. And like the top tens pretty well all across the board outside of like, I think Houston. But it's just like, oh, everyone's listening to Justin Bieber and uh, listening to the new Kanye West and some like other shit. And it's like every single mm-hmm. t- every, every single top ten was the exact same in different parts of the world. And you're just like, oh, I mean, is this just like an like these are the people specifically who are downloading things with Apple Music Store? Um, but it's like, oh, like this is the monoculture. <laughs> this is mm-hmm. uh, it's like there there is no uh, differences anymore. It's all everyone everyone's listening to Justin Bieber all day forever. And I'm like, isn't he a joke? Like, do people still actually give a shit about this guy? Apparently, they do. Apparently. When when are I mean, we going to be absorbed into the monoculture? We? Uh, yes. I don't, I, I, don't, I don't know. Can you escape it? Is it too late? I don't know. I don't, well, I mean, like, our podcast should be part of the monoculture. Oh, well, actually, it's funny you bring that up because uh, the, you guys didn't clearly didn't read my contract Uh-oh. appearing on this very clearly because uh, oh. by appearing on this show, I've uh, I, I'm now I'm now I'm now fifty majority shareholder. In this podcast, and I've uh, yeah. just negotiated a deal with Disney, yeah, <laughs> and to sell this podcast oh, no. to uh, the Walt Disney Corporation. So, um, you, you got your wish, RJ. Yeah, Perfect. you're in. I, you guys I, are getting little. You guys are getting little office. We're moving to so we're moving to LA. You guys okay. are getting little offices, like a little <laughs> office. Then we'll be laid and off, <laughs> like right away. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, that's you know that's they'll, how it goes. They'll, they'll bring no, in some stars. Part of the game. I mean, music. I think is a little different. Well, first of all, I should say I thought Donda was a pretty good, was a good album good. overall. Okay. Some snoozers, but some heaters too. You know, very personal album, whatever. Um, but I don't know. I think like music's a little different because like I actually think the internet has been kind of like in some ways like more beneficial for music than it has for like movies. Just because like I feel like what you said about monoculture or whatever. Like yeah, that 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 kind of exists and like always like sort of will exist. But I think with music, it's like it's a like a little less corporate, if that makes sense. Like musicians actually are able to have some kind of like individuality or whatever with like the stuff they do um, in ways that like maybe directors or actors aren't. Um, and B, like I feel like I feel like um, in some ways the internet has kind of fractured the monoculture, where like now you kind of have whole like musical subcultures that uh, that you never would have heard of because of the internet. Like 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 people's tastes are now is like is it. The internet's like gotten is like kind of proliferated music to the point where like people can just like like people people have like completely different tastes like everybody does because um, there's like communities that curate to that you know like um you know in my case you know I'm wearing a, I'm wearing a throbbing gristle shirt I never would have <laughs> I didn't even notice that <laughs> yeah never I never would have like you know there's a whole community of like fans of that type of music out there and like th- that because of the internet like i would have never discovered like that sort of stuff you know well you know um, you know before the internet there were books and <laughs> well really? <laughs> no but i'm saying like but i'm saying in a way that's more accessible than like having to go to like the library and like read about different bands right. like i don't know I, I i get what you're saying but i think the internet is definitely like i, I definitely think it's sort of in it, as far as music kind of almost like fractured that monoculture in some way where like people can just kind of listen to only what they want now and like into, mm-hmm. people what i'm trying to say is people people can like totally curate the music they listen to um in ways sure. they would not have been able to even like 10 years ago you know i just want to peel back a second and just illustrate for people out 
there. Imagine the year is 1932. Jarrett Duncan is in the library reading about his favorite music <laughs> thought, thought, He's reading about Genesis P. Orridge and uh, in, a, in industrial music in 1932, yeah. Berlin. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he says, man, these are just knee slappers. That's where it slaps comes from. It was Jarrett was talking about knee slappers. Well, I was going to make a joke about... Um, Wallopers. I was gonna make a joke about the the Southern Brothers song "Very Friendly" and this and the oh, movie we were watching because that song opens with "It was Ian an ordinary Brady. day in Manchester," <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. and the song's about about bad stuff. But uh, anyways, it oh, it's is. all about bad stuff. I've already made that joke. But anyway, but do, do, do you get yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, so blow it. Over, sure. Yeah. Who blew it? Well, yeah. I mean, so like that music will exist, right? Like, there, but it's like film. Sure. Like that stuff. Like movies will exist like that as well, outside of like this. I mean, it's not like I don't know how uh, how mainstream Throbbing Gristle ever got, or you know, White House. You know, people aren't just like we're oh, talking I'm, about it. I'm gonna pop it on. You know, it's like you, it's, it's on YouTube. You're a White House fan? Oh well, I know I know they exist. Okay, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll say than, that. Okay. Yeah, I'm friends with those guys. Those guys are friends. I friended those guys on Facebook. Did they friend you back? They did. Yeah. Have you ever messaged them? Uh, no, because I'm. What would I do that for? <laughs> just send, send them a message. Just go, what's up? Hey. Just, just hey. like that. What's up? Sorry, See continue, Jarrett. I didn't mean yeah. to interrupt. Oh, Sorry. no. It's all good. Um, I was, was going to say, like, RJ's you know, a big Boyd Rice fan over there. Loves that guy. Oh, I love Boyd Rice. <laughs> Dante, uh, RJ's wearing the, sh- the shirt. Never mind. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> Never mind. Boyd Rice. Yeah. 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 I got the Boyd Rice underpants. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those are collector. Yeah. No, 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 no one, no one wants to be a Boyd Rice fan anymore. I don't even know who Boyd Rice is. That's that's fine. That's good. He's, uh, he's just this edge lord guy who makes <laughs> okay music. More, more so. Right, than back Jared. to you, Jarrett. Back to me. Well, or back to Dylan's email. Remember him? Holy shit! Yeah, <laughs> oh, see, yeah, look, we can make cool. even if we if we have fifteen emails or two emails, we're still still going to talk for about an hour and a half on them. Sorry, it doesn't matter I'm sorry. We're at 54 minutes right now. Sorry. It's okay. It doesn't matter to us. It doesn't matter to me. If you boys are looking for any news this week, G-Kids announced the Evangelion complete set and collector set, and you can pre-order them today. I believe they're coming out around December. Anyways, enjoy Mike Lee. I'll try and catch up with the movie again this week. Dylan. Yeah, so that Evangelion big Blu-ray set in differing forms was announced and um of course i couldn't help but notice the cheapest version does not include the original dub and uh subs yeah i saw that you have to to pay a premium price to get access to it now is that a licensing thing or just pure greed i'll let you decide your listener it just has the netflix like redub and sub Or yep. whatever. And, or whatever. oh, but the other thing that need, none of these versions have is the licensed music of Fly Me to the Moon. Because the, apparently the the owners of that music were like, we want this much money. And I guess the licensor went, uh, we can't afford that. So they have to take it out, probably find some, you know, piece of music to fill in those gaps. Uh, that sucks real bad because that's a kind of a very important part, I think, of my memory uh, of oh yeah N- sure. of NGE so yeah, yeah poo pants uh, yeah. I will continue to hold on to my like giant brick brick of a nerve black box that RJ borrowed um, mm-hmm. 
it's many many years ago now because yeah that's unfortunate i guess it's cool that this will be available in hd but it's still compromised and i don't actually see that people that many people complaining about it so i don't know maybe i'm wrong you're surely wrong but that's neither here nor there yeah you know what i mean but am i wrong about this uh i don't know maybe I mean, it's it is. I don't know. Maybe maybe that's more that monoculture. The people are just like, okay, yeah. I'm, we're just we're, we're just, just not on there. We're, we're just so happy to have it. We'll, we'll take whatever. Yeah, you give exactly. It. Yeah. yeah, we'll take the slop you give us. Yeah. <laughs> um, I should say, if hey, if you wanna, if you wanna watch, if you wanna watch Evangelion, and you wanna, you want the original subs and and translations and Flame of the Moon, um, and you don't and you don't wanna buy the black the nerve black box uh head on over to kissanime.com <laughs> and type in the unfinished evangelion under the search bar we're not getting or, paid for that or oh, sorry or or read the book that i read back in 1932 about neon genesis yep. evangelion yeah just read the just read the book be a, 1930s. Be, be, be a grandpa yeah mm-hmm. read but, the book but maybe yep. not an anti-vax grandpa wow no, ho- hopefully not yeah. hopefully not hopefully not but uh i mean I think it's a great idea, Sam. But if you can get Kiss Anime to, uh, you know, entice us a little bit, maybe we will push them. For now, we're just going to bleep it out of there. And people oh, yeah, go, fair. oh, what's the service that they want? And, yeah, uh, true. Ru- Russia, oh, Ru- Russia anime what? what? Russian <laughs> anime sites? Yeah, 123 anime, anime watch.ru. <laughs> yep. so all, all, anime. All, 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 all the classics. Yeah, they got all, all the, the zingers. Yep. Yeah. We'd be an easy sell for uh, like a company. It's just like, listen, we have many fans, at least 10, at least 10. And they're all going to be watching anime. All of them. Yeah, mm-hmm. all of them. They all love them. anime. Yeah. So it's a it's an easy sell for all, for everyone. Yeah. yeah. Easy. Absolutely. Um, you guys haven't seen the new movie, right? I, I don't think I nope. saw either of you nope. like it. Nope. Yeah. Okay. You guys mentioned it. Okay. Um, I've yep. seen it. I'll just say I liked it. Yep. I'll leave it there. Cool. Okay. Uh, yeah, I've only ever seen the first one, and I w- felt like if it felt like such a retread of what I'd seen before. I was so disappointed that it didn't do more, and even like it's, it seems shot for shot, and maybe that's just I think my, it's my memory. It is so, shot for shot. Yeah. The first one is. To be. They, yeah. yeah, they start to differ at movie two and movie four. Kind of, um, movie four, I think, sort of gets into that a little bit, maybe or like answers that, I guess. Okay. Mm-hmm. In, in in a way, I don't want to say anything more. Oh um, man, or I, I think I, I feel like I know what you're laying down, but I don't want to say either for the people who don't want to hear my idle speculation. I I don't yeah. want to hear Jarrett. Okay. Or maybe it doesn't. Maybe I'm just I'm just lying. Hey uh, Sam, have you ever watched uh, Pula Pula Magi Madoka? Madoka Magic. Yeah, yeah, I have. Good. Good. <laughs> yep. That, see, that to me is like uh, kind of what. Uh, Gundam, not Gundam, what Neon Genesis did for giant robots. I feel like that's what uh, Madoka did for the magical schoolgirl genre. Is this kind of a yeah, as close as you're gonna get yeah, to a deconstruction, good. yeah, right? Well, I don't even know if like Evangelion's as much of a deconstruction because I feel like I don't know, like, like there is like serious stuff even in like the original like Gundam show, like about war, yeah, I don't know how much. Of, I think people kind of like like all of the stuff that like Hideaki Anno and his team like they, they they got they all got that from different places. It's not like they like I don't right. know. I think I think like talking about it as a um, deconstruction of like the mech genre that show is it's partially true, but I think it's like one of the less interesting angles 
you can like use to discuss that show if that makes sense right mm-hmm. um not, not, that, not that i think you're like totally wrong but like i think maybe that's something people oversell about it but i do agree puella puella my dog magic is a great show well i mean i think my i think the thing i always talk about with people when watch neon genesis is like hey you want to watch a cool anime <laughs> you want yeah because <laughs> because it's because it's got the perfect like it's got the weird uh structure that a lot of anime has where the first half is goofball fun stuff and then the second half it's like oh now it's dark and serious because yeah, like, uh, tri- like tri- trigun had that and cowboy bebop i famously i think had that where the tone just totally shifts from the second half and just kind of starts like moving toward its uh conclusion i mean kind of, i don't know i i watched cowboy bebop like really recently okay like two weeks mm-hmm. ago i didn't really because you even you you get like the, the the like vicious stuff in like episode three. Like it, it's more like the last it's more like the last two episodes are like kind of are like pretty different because it still does like I mean there, there's like a running plot or whatever and like right. you, you get a little more information but it's still kind of a baddie of the week type show until like the last two episodes. Am I wrong or I, I, oh, okay? I mean if you just watched it, you were probably more right than but my memory was because I started noticing this thing that was emerging in the anime I was watching. The stuff where uh because one of my rules of like what good anime is gonna be is the stuff that's not based on a pre existing like manga usually. Mm. Like the good stuff's like it's completely an original series and then Manga comes afterwards, but if it's usually an adaptation, it's just kind of like, well, why wouldn't I just read the comic in like the the original thing? Because it, w- it won't make any compromises. But that seems to be my rule of thumb mm. back when. I think Full Metal Alchemist kind of breaks that rule for me though too, um, mm. because mm. I actually really do like the original uh, anime series, uh, and I've never actually watched Brotherhood all the way through, which mm. is the remake. That's of- that's the one everyone likes more, right? I. Th- think so i am not I'm, yeah. not I'm not up to snuff on like the uh those polls that i'm sure people do yeah like like for video games where it's like what's the greatest video game of all time and why right, isn't it final right. fantasy 7 or sure sure Link to the past <laughs> like that's um, I, that's so, it i understand i haven't seen i haven't seen that many anime and i haven't seen either of the series but because uh, you know you look at some of those like greatest anime of all time lists you're trying to find out what to watch or whatever um the impression I got is that Brotherhood's like more faithful to the manga. I yeah. think. Yes, correct. Yeah, that's yeah, that's exactly what, that was its intent. Yeah, it's kind of like yeah. the. Uh, it was kind of like the weird thing with Naruto back when, because that show became so popular that it completely lapped the the manga itself, and so they they kept having to do these weird, uh, like what was it the not Gaijin, but or is it? Guidance. They had to do like the guidance stories where it's like, oh, this is just like, Gaijin. A, yeah, Gaijin. That's the uh, that's another word. Foreigners, but gu- yeah, yeah, yeah. But gu- the guidance where it's like, oh, here's like a side tale that has nothing to do with anything. It it absolutely feels like filler. You guys are real right. weebs. <laughs> I've only seen like 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 ten or or eleven anime series to be honest. Yeah, uh, Jared's no, definitely. I, you know, he's a weeb for sure. RJ just watches uh, Ninja Scrolls. I watched Ninja Scroll. Uh, I watched Evangelion. Uh, Jarrett made me watch uh, Pula Pula Magia Doka Monica. I was trying to like get my my friends to watch that show, and they're like, "No, it's like a little girl show." And I was like, no, "You I'm... don't understand." I was like, <laughs> "The whole point is like, <laughs> like that. That's what the show is like. Fit like the one thing." But that's so funny because that that's like the one thing that people who haven't seen the show know about it. That it's like yeah. it's a, it's like dark or whatever. Mm-hmm. It 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 gets pretty dark near the yeah. end. Yeah, it does. Yeah, 
Pretty just like a funny thing to like British. That's just like a funny thing to say because like th- th- that's like the one famous aspect of that show, you know. And yeah. uh, well, and the, like I mean, the thing I think about is like uh, the ending of that show is great, and, the, right. and but the witches are awesome. The uh, yeah, the fabric, <laughs> like just like how they decided we're going to render these things so that they aren't animated in the usual right. way. I thought I think that is uh, really cool stuff. Right. You know what's cool stuff though? Justin What's Peterson. That? Keep that is cool stuff. He, he, he never misses a week except for that one time. Yeah. What yeah. a what a G. What a G. Mm-hmm. So long summertime. I want beefsteak is his email Ooh. title. Because some, yeah. somebody watched summertime, RJ. It's a high quality film. We both agree, Jared and I and Jared loves that movie. Hey Jared, RJ and Sam it. Love Machine Loveland. Uh what's, what's happening? Up? Once again, my taste on a past creep has lined up with RJ's take, since I really like that summertime show. And watching it instantly reminded me of you guys talking about that one quote. You are like a hungry child who is given ravioli to eat. No, you say. I want beefsteak. My dear girl, you are hungry. Eat the ravioli. (laughs) Beefsteak. Yeah. Yeah. Now that Criterion has gone 4K. It's really good, RJ. What? Know, thank you. It's flawless. <laughs> yeah. The, your regular Governor Como over they, there. Tell they, yeah, I went to New York, and uh, I, that's how everyone talks in yeah. Little Italy. When you got when you talk Italian, you gotta talk like this. Wherever you word. Uh, right, go ahead, Jarrett. Sorry. <laughs> go, uh, uh, like this. What past creep would you love to see in this 4K format? Uh, Justin's Robocop. pick is The Cranes Are Flying would be his pick. Robocop, RJ. Robocop. You want to see those dicks get blown off? 4K, baby. 8K if it's available. Oh. Yeah, 100%. 100%. That's my answer. What about you, Sam Loveland? What 4K film would you like to have in your hands A previous... Right like a previous creep? Sure. Or any criterion, whatever, you know. Any criterion? Oh, that's know. a good question. Um, I don't know. I guess the obvious obvious answers are things like Andre, I guess like Andre Rublev or something. Hmm. Um, you really want to see that horse get thrown down the stairs? Yeah, okay, yeah. That, that, that was, that, that, that part, maybe I don't want to see that part, but <laughs> the rest of the movie, yeah, sure. <laughs> they, can leave, um, they leave that part unrestored. <laughs> Yeah, it can that that part can be in the old like scan or whatever yeah. of it. Um, I'm trying to think of another example, like another another one. Um, here I'm looking at your list, <laughs> RJ of uh, the Criterion Collection ranked. Um, oh, that's a that's a a good list, but probably not an accurate list. I don't know. I guess okay. I'm looking at through some of these. Um, Fishing with I guess John. I in the mood for love. Fishing, yeah, fishing, fishing with, with John. John should be 4K. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yep. Hmm. Video drill. Video drill. That's a good. That's a good one. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Shortcuts, maybe. Yeah. There's um, a couple of nice, pretty films in here. Yeah, there's some pretty one. Oh, Marriage of Maria Brown. Any like 70s fat, 70, 70s fast binder movie, definitely. Because those those movies are beautiful. Michael Ballhouse. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the Red Circle. I'm that movie's kind of. I'm not too hot on that movie, but it's pretty. It's very pretty looking. So that'd be cool in 4K. Yeah, that movie's cool. Yeah, yeah that movie's very, very beautiful. Um, very attractive. Hiroshima, 
Hiroshima Monomore, even if I'm kind of not too hot on that. That would look nice, probably. Yeah. Night. Oh, yeah, Night and Fog. Ooh. Yeah. Fuck yeah. yeah. You get that 4K, right? So you can really yeah. feel the, the really skinned feel... humans right in front of you. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, that, that, but yeah, that's that's probably some. Yeah. You know. No, I, I could go no, and no, on no, if, if you wish. <laughs> no, no, no love for Tanner eighty eight. Weird. Hey, everyone's been, people have been asking for eighty eight k of that yeah. film, and they're saying, you know, we'll wait once you get eighty eight k. That technology. Then you'll bring it. I'm, I'm, Are we on right now? Eight k. There's like five eight k cameras in the world. I uh, so I heard someone in um, my staff room the other day, and uh, I didn't know enough about it to correct them, but they were like. They're like, you know, there's 4K, there's 8K. I'm pretty sure there's 16K TVs right now. I was going to go get one, and I was kind of like, hmm? Mm. Oh, uh, Sam just pointed out, don't don't worry about that yet. Uh, I always add our current criterion to my ranked list uh, uh, the day of. To the, oh, okay. Right. And then I don't oh. I don't add it to wherever it is <laughs> until uh, until after we've recorded. I like sorry. to keep I people on their toes. I, sorry, maybe I shouldn't have done that. I just thought that was funny and I wanted no, to yeah, share. Sam was laughing because uh, our current creep tonight is right now ranked at the bottom of my Not list. Not at the bottom. <laughs> but uh, that, yeah, it's, I, some people have commented on my list before and then have deleted their comments because, oh, really? uh, okay. uh, yeah, because I add it and then I and then I move right. it around. And you move it. Yeah. Yeah. This is getting a little self-referential. This episode, a little self right. Yeah, it's why you're here. It's, 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 like, it's like the best of anime. Yes. Oh, yes. true. So true. Sorry, Sense. keep going, Justin yeah. Peterson. Goat movie yeah. question of the week. I finally saw that Serpico movie, and it was pretty good. And has my new favorite Al Pacino performance. What are your favorite flicks with Big Al? Eat. Great ass. There you go. Sam? Um, okay. I don't know if this is my favorite. There's a lot of answers for this one I could go with. I like Serpico a lot. You know, Cruising is a good movie. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> I like how that's the first. You know, Dog Day Afternoon, whatever. But uh, for the first time, I recently watched The Insider. Michael Mann's The Insider. Yep. Amazing movie. I saw, In my uh, opinion. I, I thought it was good. I thought it was really good. I saw, and I thought Al Pacino, I mean... He kind of does, you know, like 90s, the whole 90s Al Pacino thing and then a little bit, you know, the whole like, whoa, well, these got what's going on? <laughs> you know, where he's like, oh, wait, what's the better? What's something he says in the movie? He's like, uh, he's like, uh, I have never betrayed a source. <laughs> you know, he kinda, he's kind of doing that thing a little bit. Um, but it's good. I, I think he, I, I thought the movie was real. It was like amazing. I don't know. Like, I, like, I think the kind of the like. I guess like the the politics of that movie are a little um, weird, um, or, or at least like I don't know. That's kind of what they implicitly seem to be. I don't know. And the movie's a little complicated, I guess, from that angle. But just as in terms of like just a just a great movie to watch, I, I like that movie quite a lot. And yeah, I thought Al Pacino did a really good job in that. That's probably my that's probably my favorite or my second favorite Michael Mann movie. Mm. I, I just got to jump in for a second and say whenever we need Al Pacino impressions, I do think we need to teleconference you in just to do some bit some big ooh-ahs some hoo like that <laughs> yeah i uh, i i i like the energy man you're i like it great enthusiasm big time <laughs> big time yeah but anyways i would say i would say a recent favorite yeah the insider for sure great movie russell crowe's good in it too um yeah just just cool you know it's michael mann it's got great 
um, photography, you know, that's sort of semi-digital. That's kind of when he's transitioning to like more and more digital photography. Uh, yeah. Cool. Ooh, what about you, J-Dog? So I'm just looking over his filmography because I had a period of time where I was trying to go through his movies chronologically uh, back when we had a video update here and they had these deals where you could rent 10 movies for 20 bucks. And I was like, mm-hmm. so I was, you know, picking Clint Eastwood or Dustin Hoffman, Al Pacino. And then the weird thing is I'm like looking at it now, I'm like, there's like a big gap in uh, Big Al's filmography. And I'm like, I wonder what happened here. Because so you did Cruising in 1980. Which would probably be my favorite. Uh, there's Night of One Hundred Stars from '82, whatever that is. I think that's like a, like a war show, maybe. Then maybe. he was an author, author from '82. Then Scarface in '83. He makes one mm. move. He makes he doesn't make another movie till '85 called Revolution, and then he doesn't make another movie till Sea of Love in 1989, and that's the movie. Uh, it's got one of the one of my uh, favorite scenes. That's like a Simpsons joke later on about how cops kind of get uh, criminals just to like show up because you you send out letters saying there's a free boat or, or, oh, or, yeah. or in this movie it's free baseball tickets and so yeah. all, the, all these it's like how do you, like all these outstanding warrants and then there's like all these guys hey we're giving out free baseball tickets and then all these criminals show up and it's like ah we're the police and they go ah yeah got me mm-hmm. uh, but this is this Sea of Love is when he goes into full ham mode and he never goes back. So I'm, but I'm curious what happened between uh, like Scarface to Sea of Love other than he probably made a lot of money off Scarface. He was doing plays. He was doing plays. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, he was also he was doing, doing Adam doing... Sandler movies. At that yeah, time. he was doing Adam Sandler movies. Well, I'm, gla- I'm, yeah. I'm, 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 I'm glad he came back out of retirement uh, of like, or back to the screen for I Sea guess. of Love followed by Dick Tracy. And uh, Godfather nice. Three, yeah. Oh, one more movie. Sorry, one other movie I wanted to shout out. I can't believe I forgot. Uh, Carlito's Way. You know, mm-hmm. great movie. Even though he's doing like Latino face, which is not the best. <laughs> he is. Little, you know, he can't like pronounce the Spanish words properly. <laughs> and like, it's funny those scenes where he's walking through like the neighborhood of all these like Puerto Rican people, and he's just like clearly a white man. You know, that's kind of unfortunate. But anyway, sorry. What about Sean? What about Sean Penn? <laughs> oh yeah, Sean Penn is like the the super like like Dare Sturmer drawing <laughs> like Jewish the, the hair. <laughs> yeah, the hair. Oh, okay. Funny story. Um, Alan Dershowitz, a uh, friend of the podcast. Yeah. He uh threatened to oh, sue. He's... He threatened to sue. I think the like the studio that made the movie because he thought uh. David Kleinfeld was supposed to be him. <laughs> like in the movie, they thought it was based off of him. Yeah, he, he thought. He, yeah, he thought David Kleinfeld was like he was like making fun of him. Um, <laughs> See, I every time John Cena's in a movie, I feel like suing because it's like they're stealing my gimmick. I, that's what I look like. I'm I'm a very True. attractive, very fit man, and, and uh, but also invisible. I, I'm also invisible, and uh, you know, just great delivery of lines. So. Yeah, it's it's tough, but you know it's fair. It's fair. Tough but fair. Mm-hmm. Well, I, th- I think we settled it. Al Pacino love all around. RJ didn't ha- did RJ go? Uh, yeah, heat, great ass. Yeah. <laughs> That's my uh, Al Pacino. Heat, heat. So where, did, heat where then, does Jack Michael and Jill movie? fit on? Yeah, where does Jack and Jill fit on your guys' list <laughs> for Pacinos? Um, Top. Um, it's 
it's there somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> it's there, all right. I'll let... I, I haven't seen yeah. it. I haven't seen it. Sure, you uh, you're not doing a very very good job having a movie podcast. You're not even watching movies. Not even you know. watching Jack and Jill. Does well, it, who is this guy? Does, does, does anyone remember Al Pacino's performance in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? I do, as uh, Mr. Schwartz. Yeah. Yeah. Was he the limo driver? No, he's like he's like he's only the, the movie eight? like twice in like two scenes. Yeah, he's like a producer or something. Yeah. That's dinner yes. with uh, Brett with a. Uh, Leonardo DiCaprio. Mm-hmm. Did he have a great ass? Ah, uh, you know he, he, he was seated a lot. But... Yeah, he was seated a lot. I mean, you could you could tell he was pretty high up that off of that chair, <laughs> high up for that chair. So, so <laughs> I'm guessing you know he, he he was looking good down there probably. He, he probably does squats. I imagine keeps or, it tight. I don't know RJ if you noticed uh, when that that time that Al Pacino played Phil Spector. Uh, I know that time that Al. P- Pacino played Jared Francois Duncan uh, as. Yeah, Phil I saw Spector. that movie. I yeah. saw that movie. So now that you uh, see David Jared in real life, now that you see Jared, do you think he's more Phil Spector or more Bruce Valanche, or is it a mix between both of them? I don't. I don't know. I just can't tell. He's he's stunned. Stunned. So true. Foodie <laughs> question of the week. Can you think of any foods that are way better when they are hot versus being cold? For uh, instance, soup. most soup. cheeses, especially American, are way better melted. Cold shrimp are fine, but they are better hot. Uh, Sam literally took my answer. I was going to say soup, so we're on the same wavelength here. Yeah. But uh, yeah. if there's anything else you want to add, go go ahead. Oatmeal? <laughs> yep. Ooh. Um, what about old grapes? Meat? No, I'm just hot kidding. Grapes. Hot grapes. <laughs> yeah, that's sort of a Utah thing. You know, you won't understand. Wow. Is that actually a thing? In Utah? No, it's you... not a thing. It's not oh. a thing. I was gonna be like, "What are you hot guys doing?" Hot grapes. Let's see. That's so. A... Uh, I I probably shouldn't tell this story, but I, I will anyways. I mean, it's not bad. Whatever. Uh, one time, Andrew was talking about her dad. Her dad doesn't really like know how to do stuff. He doesn't really like cook food for himself or anything like that he tries but uh one time he like he like baked a bunch of cucumbers or something like that and uh she was like what are you doing and he was like ah you know you throw a cheese slice on there it's a a good snack and she's just like what (laughs) she's like you don't heat up cucumbers and he's like oh why not you know he's talking like this he's not italian (laughs) but uh (laughs) you know for for the purposes of the podcast he is so have you guys Ever heated up cucumbers? No, no. <laughs> I don't. I can't say I have. No. Okay. Um, a question I have actually have for for you lot is um, you know, I've been having to go to, been having to go to Subway, you know, for till for lunch, recently sometimes, not the best, but whatever, you know, we won't, we we've won't all, get into we, that. We've all done it. Um, we've been there. You know, yeah. but yeah, you know what? I I usually get a spicy Italian there. Mm-hmm. Um, have it toasted. Um, RJ, I know you're a big uh, what salami do you eat? head. Mm-hmm. Um, Sorry, yeah. So, Keep so going. do you like? Uh, so, do you prefer a cold salami or a warm salami? Because, like, you know, when they toast, mm-hmm. when they toast the, the 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 sandwich, you know, the, the meat, the salami, and pepperoni or whatever, it gets uh, it gets warm. Yeah, I, uh, it's a great question. I'm glad you asked. I've been waiting for a question like this for years, to be honest. Uh, so, yeah, I am a big salami head. Salami Sam. I got salami stashed away everywhere. Usually, my 
my choice of deli meat intake is right out of the fridge. So I usually I, do just famously. Eat. Yes. Famously. Uh, I love it. It's my absolute favorite snack. Whatever the deli meat is, just straight frog in it right out of the fridge. Big time. Uh, but a hot sandwich, man, on a cold day, a nice hot sandwich, it is too good. Too good. So I like both. That's not that's not really an answer. And it's not salami, but you. I do really like Rubens, and that's a hot sandwich. I love I love I used to make Rubens for myself all the time. I would go to the store and buy rye and I would buy a, I would get corned beef. Yep. And um you know, uh sauerkraut and uh, I'd make my own Russian sauce, you know, instead of Thousand Island. Oh yeah, you got to make um, your own sauce. You got to make your own sauce. I mean, it tastes kind of the same to be honest, to be completely honest, but uh there's something more sa- kind of satisfying when you make your own Russian sauce, you know. Yep. Especially because like it's a little spicier, so it does kind of, you know you can give it kind of a kick if you oh, yeah. like. Yeah, um, I I agree completely. That that yeah. that's, that's my answer. Rubens are better hot. Corn right. beef or pastrami, not as oh good, yeah better pastrami, hot. Pastrami cold pastrami doesn't even compare. Yeah. I went to, I I had a Katz's deli, a very famous deli on the Lower East Side, and uh, they give you like your meat as they're cutting it for you, like little little pieces. Mm-hmm. Pretty good. Yeah. It's pretty good. I like yeah. it. Yeah, I like it. What about you? You you. What about you, uh, Duncan? Did you? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> do you have a? Did, did you have a good? Do you have a good answer? Uh, well, I mean, oatmeal came to mind immediately. Uh, and I was thinking about it. I'm like, oh, but like beans, <laughs> like uh, baked beans. Right. It's like eh, I don't yeah. know. About, I think you got to heat them up. I think you better eat them. I don't know about cold. And yeah, cold I, beans isn't. Cold beans is never good. Uh, unless you're Rorschach, but uh, I, I don't know if you guys understand the weight that this means because uh, Fudge Duncan over here, he sometimes just has a whole can of beans <laughs> as a meal, but heated up. Yeah, heated up. But I, I'm I bring it up to good. I bring it up to say that you are a bean uh, you're a bean head. Mm-hmm. So uh, th- when this guy's talking about beans, you better listen. Mm-hmm. You yeah. better listen. Listen up. Watch out. Listen yeah. up. Beans coming your All way. All you posers out there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Jared, when you when you mess with beans, do you get like the, the experiment? Deep, yeah, like which which like Heinz beans are you getting mostly? If you if you had to get a Heinz beans, are you getting like honey brown? You get molasses. Well, well pork you beans? Know, you know, what I was doing actually is I was getting those British style beans, but mm-hmm. but I would uh, barbecue sauce it up myself because I, I what sauce were you putting on those? Uh, that uh, let's say HP sauce. No, 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 no. Um, yeah. It's the uh, Sweet Baby Ray's, but regular. Okay, that stuff's Re- good. Regular. Not, 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 that stuff's not, good. None of the other stuff. It doesn't taste that yeah. good. I, I, I had some ha- uh, honey, and it was awful. Okay. Terrible. I kind of like the honey one, but the original was better. Yeah. For sure. Oh, yes. Absolutely. Yeah, that's, like, I think, maybe the experience I had. I was like, oh, this should taste like, at least in the ballpark of the original. No, it's not the same. But yeah, that uh, the regular Sweet Baby Ray's, that stuff is awesome. Yeah, you, 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 you put you put you, you mix that in with the beans. You got barbecue beans like immediately. You heat that up. Yo. See, an interesting sort of answer for this is, um, you know, you said you're talking about chili, right? Yeah. RJ, loves his chili. I love yeah, chili. RJ's RJ shared his love of chili with me. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Yep, yep. I, and, I gave uh, Sam oh, chili. Right. Was it yeah. okay? Yep. Yeah. Shout out. Shout out to RJ. Um, nice. But chili, typically, what you're supposed to do is you uh, you 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 uh, you cook it, you know, and then you you put it in, you seal it and put it in the, put it in the fridge for like overnight, mm-hmm. and then it's it's better the next day. 
because yeah. the flavor the flavor gets like trapped. I'm not, I'm not just like that's not that's not just like folk like wisdom people like no. the, the, there's like science behind it. I don't exactly yeah. remember why, so but like if you so, but if you if you if you if you chill if you put chili in the fridge and then heat it up like the next day and eat it, it tastes better. There's a lot of food like that though. Sometimes mm-hmm. you get when people have this idea that like oh, you take it right off the stove after you're like frying something up, cooking it, and then you're like, oh, I'm going to eat this, and you go, oh, it doesn't the, the the flavor hasn't set right, and then you go back to it maybe like you know a half hour or even later, and it's like. It's so good. Like everything starts, right? I don't know, whatever it is. Again, the science probably that's there. But I, mm-hmm. you wonder. It's like well, when you go to a restaurant. It's a science podcast. Now, yeah, it can. It can be. Yeah, it can be. But yeah, you wonder. Uh, like, well, how do the restaurants achieve this? Because like, are they just letting the food sit out and like before they give it to you? <laughs> I don't think so. But... MSG. Or McDonald's, they... like fast food places, definitely let their like their fries definitely are sitting there. Wait until they're until they're gone, and then you're yeah. Because there's a variance there. Because that's the common phenomenon of like getting fresh fries versus getting the older fry batch of fries. Mm-hmm. You know, they're definitely sitting there for a little bit. Yep. Yeah. Disgusting. Disgusting. Just like us, Jared and I are the older fries because we've been sitting for a while, <laughs> but we don't get better in taste. It, it gets worse. It gets yeah. worse. So it's, in a way, I think. Uh, we're all like, like that, you know, in our society we have. <laughs> yeah, we do live in a society. Jerry well, Meadows said so. So it's like, true. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. It's a society. Also, Justin continues, where do you stand on icing your drinks? For a cold glass of H2O, mm. a ton of ice is a must, but a soda out of a fountain drink machine is already cold. So why bother? Plus, you get more soda that way. And surely you have talked about your favorite colas before, right? Mine include Dr. Pepper, Mountain Dew, and Cream Soda. For me, diet sodas taste like death. Interesting. Interesting. Well, I don't know if this is an appropriate conversation for for our boy Slam Loveland because I believe he is a recovering soda head. So uh, he he's on the Lacroix Lacroix diet now, but uh, I'll, I'll let you answer. I just know it might be a difficult subject for you. I just wanted to say that. Well, I'd like to say I appreciate your uh, your concern and yep. your. Yep. Uh, you're right. It is a difficult subject for me. Mm-hmm. Um, it's tough. Sorry. Let me just. It, it's tough, man. Oh. Just, let just just let it out. Let, let it out. <laughs> yeah, you let it okay. out. Let me just. Uh... Okay, so. I mean, I used to be like back in my soda drinking days. <laughs> back in my uh, so RJ's right. I don't, you know, I don't drink soda anymore, really. Um, mm-hmm. Or at least, you know, I, I I drink a lot less. I should say, like 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 I, I I had one like last week, but I haven't had one since then. And before that, it was like it was like a long time before my first, you know. But it's like they say, you, ne- you never really quit. Right. I mean, yeah, it's not, you know, I I definitely, you know, anyways. That, that's the whole thing, but yeah, I, I'm uh, I'm off the soda, you know, for the most part, basically. Um, but uh, back in my my soda drinking days, um, so I kind of there was a while where like I I was with Justin on that on like no ice in the drink, mm-hmm. but uh, the problem is is that no, it really isn't cold enough, at least in my opinion, out of the the, the machine. Like if if it sits there, it you know you you get like a Dr Pepper or whatever or a Coke and like it sits there for more than a couple of minutes. It like with no ice, it it starts to get flat like really fast. 
it starts to taste weird really fast. Whereas like the 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 ice, I mean, yeah, like I, you know, I agree that like you know it, it it waters it down, you get less soda, et cetera. But like the soda you do get, it's really good. It's real real nice and cold. Top quality stuff. Yeah, as far as um as far as sodas I like, you know, I was a Dr Pepper guy. Mm-hmm. Um, although Pib, my favorite soda is Pib for sure. It's better, nice. way better than Dr Pepper. Yeah. yeah way Pib better than guy Dr. over Pepper. there. Um, I like when I like it a, was Mr. Pib. Yeah, and now it's a different formula. Um, uh-huh. I like a I like a pineapple Fanta. Ooh. You know. Fancy. Um, Very fancy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's me. Um, yeah. <laughs> nice, nice. What about you, Jarrett? Um, yeah, I mean, cold water is the best water mm-hmm. uh, for drinking purposes. Just adds to the refreshingness. So true. But uh, yeah, I don't know about this. Uh, fountain pop definitely needs ice. <laughs> My uh, one of those things that pisses me off is uh, you go to A and W, and they're like, no ice. "Yeah, no ice for that root beer. It's not meant to be served that way." And I go, "No, it is. I'll tell you when it's not meant that's to be anno- that way." That's annoying. Yeah. yeah. A and W is the anti-vaxxers of the fast food world. No ice in their pa- drinks. Paper paper no straws. Hormones. No, yeah, paper straws, no hormone beef. Just, but you got to read the fine print. What they say isn't what's actually going on there. They're up to something. They're up to something. Scheming. Scheming. What else you got to? Uh, what else you drink? Well, here? I do. I do enjoy uh, diet soda. It tastes like yes. it tastes like life. So Ooh, not death. Not death. It's wonderful. Not death. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. I'm, I'm on. I'm with Donald Trump on that one. Um, well, didn't he drink about nineteen yeah, he, diet cokes a day? He, he had yeah, a button. So he, he had a button installed <laughs> for diet coke. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Little tangent. The stuff like rich people eat is so funny. Like Trump and Trump just like eats McDonald's every day. He loves it. Um, like Warren. What's that guy's name? Warren, Warren Buffett. Buffett. I almost said Warren Beatty. War, Warren Buffett just eats yeah. McDonald's every day. Like, that's crazy. It's, it's crazy. <laughs> well, well, one, it's like. McDonald's is terrible. <laughs> it's like there's, McDonald's there's, is so bad. There's, there's, oh, the only, there's better food. It serves food. its purpose. The only edible thing on the McDonald's menu is the hot and spicy. Like the only edible sandwich. The fries are, are fine. Um, the nuggies I, are okay. The I'm going to go against the grain here. I know I know McDonald's is trash food, but it's the kind of trash food that you need at a certain time. Sometimes if I wake up and I'm, you know, I was out a little late the night before, you know, I'm not feeling my best. I'm going to go get about $30 worth of Donald's, and I'm going to put it down pretty hard. Uh, and it serves exactly the purpose I need it to. So, yes, it's not a top-quality cheeseburger, but uh, it does what it needs to do for me. It saved my life a lot of times. I just don't like the taste. It just tastes gross to me. The burgers do. The hot and spicies are fine. Yeah. I'm a big Burger King guy as well, though, and people give me a lot of oh, shit for no. that. You're not – yeah. No, Burger King's gross. Plus, you know, you remember I had food poisoning recently from Burger well, King. Well, who knows if that's from the Burger King or that chocolate cake? I think it was that. that I think it was that particular. Not come on. <laughs> we don't know. We don't know what it's. We from. do it know, RJ. RJ, we do know. We do okay. know, RJ. Okay, I, I trust you. I trust mm-hmm. you. I've not eaten. <laughs> I trust. I trust you. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah, you trust me. All right. Um. <laughs> No, um, I think it was that just at that restaurant in particular because all my coworkers are like, "Yeah, that Burger King is bad." Oh, good! It's got a, I mean, it's got, I, it's got I, a reputation. 
Where I work is about a hundred feet from a Burger King, so there is Burger King constantly. <laughs> it's, it's in my a, we share a parking lot with our with Burger King. So, so much so that one time this guy came into work, and he had a lunch from home in a Burger King bag. He he saved the Burger King bag and put oh, his gross. packed lunch. Was the bag all greasy? <laughs> oh yeah, a hundred percent. It was super oh, gross. Oh gosh. Oh no. <laughs> well, yeah, and I was the only one who like noticed, and I was like, I was like, is no one else gonna say anything about this? Like, is this? Uh, it's like I know he's reused, reduce, and recycling, but it's like there's a limit, you know. You don't reuse your toilet paper for. And you're a like greasy Burger King, like smells bad, bad. <laughs> yeah, and he just pulled out like a boiled egg out of it, and I was like, what the fuck? I was like, what? <laughs> when did Burger King start selling boiled eggs? And then I pieced it together, you know. Oh. It was a, it was a weird day for me. It was a weird day for me. <laughs> But it's like when did, oh, when, did, when did Burger King start serving up boiled eggs? I was like, I want to get one. Where when did they? Yeah, when, where did these boiled eggs come from? Can you get them soft boiled too? And the guy's like, No, this is my lunch from home. Like, oh. Burger King boiled egg would probably kill me. <laughs> oh, that's gonna kill a lot of people. Maybe there'll yeah. be a scotch that eggs. Would, that would take out a lot of people for sure. You think COVID rates were fatality rates are high? You wait mm-hmm. until the BK boiled egg comes out. That thing is gonna be. Buckling people. Left oh, and yeah. Right. oh, yeah. Left and right. Left and right. Game talk. Have yeah, you yeah. ever had one of those moments where you got really far in a game, but then suddenly lost all your progress? This happened to me while playing God of War 2 when my PS3 crashed when I was 75% of the way through into the game. So I had to start over again um, once Sony replaced my console. Well, that's like a whole like a whole different thing. That's a whole system whole crash. Uh, yeah, I mean, the thing that immediately springs to my mind was when I was playing the absolutely horrible, horrible video game, The Tick, for the Super Nintendo. And game. No. No. <laughs> It's endless. And I I thought I was at the end of the game, and I was fighting Chairface Chippendale. Mm-hmm. And I, I was like, this combat was going endlessly. It's one of those games where it's like, if you die, and you run out of lives, you start back at the beginning, and the gameplay is so monotonous. It is yeah. a truly awful game. And I was getting to the point where I'm like, oh, I think I'm about to do it. I'm about to beat Chairface. It's the end of the game. And then it just froze. The screen just froze. And I was like, no, no. <laughs> and I just I stopped. I stopped playing it. I was yeah. like, I can't do this. It broke me. And I only learned like six months ago, eh, or late last year anyway. I was watching these uh, Super Nintendo retro games of people reviewing old games and playthroughs and stuff. And mm-hmm. I learned that no, I wasn't done. I was at the halfway mark of the game. And I was like, no fucking way. And then like the, this guy there's kept more. There's more of this shit. And it's like, what the fuck? Oh, so like relieved because i would have in some ways it was like horrible and it scars me to this day this this moment but then i learned that wait a minute no uh, that was only half of it and it's like get fucked get fucked this this game <laughs> piece of shit so yeah mm-hmm. that that happened and yeah i mean it sucks to lose a lot of uh momentum or yeah. or if you're playing through a game and you just like wind up hitting some weird glitch that I think that happened with a Zelda game recently, right? Or like, or maybe like recently in 1997, where if you save in the wrong room, you're just screwed. Like you can't get out. Mm. You're just trapped and in maybe. a room. Yeah, I remember hearing that, and I was like, oh yeah. But if you're just going along one day, and then you save in the wrong room, and then you're like, 
like your kid, <laughs> some poor kid, mm. and your mom, the game's not working. I can't get out. They're like, oh, I gotta learn how to play better. It's like they they won't know. <laughs> they won't understand what the problem is. And like you gotta figure it out. You gotta keep playing. It's a it's, mm. it's probably but it's like no, they're giving bad advice. Look it up. Go to the library. Go back to 1932. Look up the game. Go to the library. Yeah. yeah. 100%. I'm with you. I uh, No new games. If I was playing a new game and it, it, it like broke down halfway through, I would, I would abandon it. I'd be like, nah, I'm done. But, but uh, lots of those old Super Nintendo, Nintendo games you play through, there's no saves. Once you're done, even if you had a Game Genie or you had a code, sometimes you get thrown so far back, it was just like, it's not worth it. I'm, I'm just done. Done. I can't think of any offhand, but uh, I know it's happened a lot. You a big Game Boy, Sam uh, Loveland, uh, big on the video games or not at all? No, no, not anymore. I used to play. Um, I played a little CS:GO. I dabbled in League of Legends a little bit. I played a lot of. Uh, I had a GameCube when I was young. Nice. I played a lot of uh, Melee and. Uh, um, what else did I play? You know, Melee. I played uh, a lot of Melee. I still play Melee once in a while. You know, with my friends. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Uh, you know, I, I was really, you know, I played like Zelda, stuff like that. Um, you know, Pikmin, etc. Um, yeah, I never really got into video games just because I couldn't, I was like a, you know, I couldn't afford video games growing up. They're expensive. So, uh, expensive. They're expensive. Yep. Consoles are expensive. Uh, you know, I just couldn't afford that stuff. So, yeah, not really, no. Uh, I mean, if I if I got like a PC, I'd, I'd probably like get maybe get into games again i don't know i i've also got like school going on and like movies i gotta watch you know mm-hmm. you don't need any more distractions yeah, yeah. true you, you got you, true. you got anime now all you the got anime, anime. Yeah, all well, the anime you could ever watch no yeah. <laughs> well maybe not all the anime <laughs> maybe a little bit of it um mm-hmm. no yeah and i'm not a big game guy there was like i mean there are examples of like when i was a kid and like I lost progress just because I didn't know. I didn't understand how like, like, like saving your progress on a GameCube worked. <laughs> so I would accidentally just override all my files with like the wrong. I don't know. I would like mess up all my saves basically because I didn't know like how how <laughs> that like because like what what would happen is like a game. I would like it would be like save your progress and you click like a like a save slot or whatever right because it's a GameCube and it would be like um, it would say like uh. Like, do you want to override your progress? That, that, that's, like, scary. I'm like, no, I don't want to do that. Because <laughs> I, I don't understand what that meant. I was, like, a kid. You, you get, like, scared by that. So I, I would just, like, not. I just, like, that's wouldn't it. save stuff properly. And then, like, one of my uh, S, is that what they're called? Not SD cards. What are the, the save cards or whatever on the GameCube? One of them got corrupted. Yeah. The memory cards. The yeah. memory card, yeah. So all my memory and all my games was lost. Yeah. And I, mean, I was that's like, tough, all right. <laughs> yeah. It's like, tough on a kid. Yeah, I, 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 did, I didn't like, uh, I was like, okay, I'm not going to, maybe it's time to put this down. <laughs> yeah, it happens. Here's one for you guys. This is off topic a little bit. I used to buy and sell video games, like trade them a little bit. One time I bought a GameCube from someone uh, just because there was games in, in the bundle I wanted. Took out the games I wanted, sold the rest. Sold the GameCube to this guy. And uh, this guy was just hounding me for day like for two days. He was like, oh, I'm going to meet you right now. I was like, yeah, yeah, whatever, it's fine. I was like, I'm not selling it to anyone else. Don't worry. He, uh, I sold it to him. He took it home. He checked the memory card on it, and he started messaging me after he bought it, and he was just like, hey, I see on the memory card here 
there's these games. Where what are you doing with those? You're gonna sell those to me? And I was like, no. I was like, I was, I was like, that memory card just came from somewhere else. It's not even attached to the thing. And he's like, no, you got them. Are you gonna sell them? And I was like, no, get away from me. I was like, leave me alone, man. So I don't sell games on the internet anymore. It was a uh, it was a tricky thing, but yeah, people are. I've tried to buy stuff on the internet before. People are crazy. Oh yeah. Yeah. People are crazy. People so sometimes li- people listen to three-hour Criterion podcasts. Like there's sometimes some... people, hey, sometimes people are on three-hour Criterion podcasts. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they're on four-hour pod- Criterion podcasts. Those are yeah. even wilder. It's yeah, it's not it's a so good true. road to go down. Mm-hmm. Just just imagine if we had three emails. Yeah, dude. Oh man, See, we spent longer on two emails than we have on like over 10 or or See, and, and, it we, happens. and we likely spend not this much time on the movie itself <laughs> let's get this oh, oh no sure. i got sure. i got a whole lot of notes on this movie okay oh well, we're going it? through okay uh justin concludes thanks for the time okay, creeps yeah. and love machine and have a great show thank you justin thanks justin thanks trying. jp yeah well gentlemen um what, what, what have we been creeping on this week? Well, maybe we should let uh, our friend uh, Sam Loveland here uh, kind of tie into it a little bit. Are, are, are we going to spare him some uh, Voyager talk? No, you guys can talk about Voyager. That's fine. Ah, we'll, see, we'll see how it goes. Why, you you, you go you ahead. Or, get, guess, okay, guess but I'm just friend. saying, I, I don't – if you guys want to talk about Voyager, I'm here. I'm all for it. Okay. Hey, listen. We'll maybe talk about it, but we don't want to talk about it, all right? So well, don't oh, okay. Us. Just, okay. Hey, man. Whatever. No, I, um, no, it's I your show. Yeah, you, okay. you talk, talk about some shows. Hit it. Okay, so I watched... Um, let's see. I have... Uh, what movies do I have to talk about? I have, I guess, five. Well, more like four movies to talk about, just because one of them is another like Mike Lee movie, and I might save that for later. Okay. Um, I'm at, I'll talk, okay, so I watched... Um, I guess I'll just I'll just go through them. So I watched uh, Life is Sweet from 1990, directed by Mike Lee. Um, I'll try to talk about it more, but that's just kind of it's it's from 1990, a couple years before tonight's movie. Um, it's about this. Uh, I might just say that for later. It's about like this family basically. It's kind of wacky, you know. Mike Lee loves movies that are he makes movies that are a little wacky. Um, okay, <laughs> so okay, I, another movie I watched was. Um, I watched uh, The Quiet Man from 1952, directed by uh, by John Ford. Um, a movie that I had not – well, I'd seen it, like, a little bit before. Like, I remember I was, in, like, I was hanging out at my dad's house, and, like, he just kind of threw it on. But I was, like, a little kid, so I thought it was, like, boring and, like, wasn't paying attention to it. Um, but, yeah, directed by John Ford, you know, the, the goat, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, probably the, the, the greatest American filmmaker. He's out there, at least. For me, well, I, I, he's, he's no Fred Olin Ray. Oh, true. Yes. Yeah, that's true. Um, I guess Fred Olin Ray is probably the greatest filmmaker. Um, probably. Probably. Yeah. Probably. Right, yeah. Well, it's maybe second or third greatest mm-hmm. filmmaker. But he's up there. You know, of his generation, he's definitely. Yeah, Charles Band, we'll was, of course. We'll say of his generation. That's another one. Um. So yeah. So the Quiet Man. Um. So I guess. Yeah, I'll go into it. So John Wayne plays a uh, American boxer. Have, have, have you seen this movie, by the way? I have not. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, 
Don't worry. Talk about it. Sam Sanchez is, is a fan of this movie, so Ooh. you know this is for you, Sam. Um, <laughs> Much love. So yeah, John. So so John Wayne plays a uh, he plays an American boxer who returns mm-hmm. to his birthplace in Ireland. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I be- I I believe it's set like contemporaneously, like 1952. Um, I didn't really. It was that was kind of hard to. Nin- I don't know, uh, the, the, well, according to Wikipedia, it's the 1920s. Oh really? Okay, I was thinking about that because they, I, th- I thought they mentioned like the time a couple times, but I wasn't sure if I was like forgetting that. But anyway, so um, so yeah, so John Wayne he 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 returns to this you know this small village in Ireland um where he was born, and uh you know he tries to like settle down there. Um, I won't spoil why he you know he's a boxer. He's trying to escape his path. He 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 he's he's got something he's trying to run from basically. Um. And that's kind of one of the big themes of this movie. So, like, you know, John Ford, obviously, like, his one of the big things his movies are about is uh, community, right? He's all about, if you watch a lot of his movies, you know, uh, Stagecoach, uh, Ford Apache, um, The Long Gray Line, even, like, movies like They Were Expendable or, like, uh, you know, Grapes of Wrath, even. Mm-hmm. Um, How Green Was My Valley, et cetera, but Darling, My Darling Clementine. Uh, one of the big things he he's interested in as like a filmmaker is uh, communities, right? These like little communities, um, and kind of the the sort of like how how they kind of like how they kind of like uh, like interact, you know, the sort of dynamics we see within them, right? Um, so for example, you know, Stagecoach probably is most fit. Which have you guys seen that movie? Yes. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. I think I think yeah. I have. I can't remember. Yeah. Um, yeah, Jared, it looks like you're a big fan of that movie. Yeah, so Stagecoach, yeah. for example, right? That that's this movie. You're following these little people, these people on a on a train, on a stage, not a train, a little a stagecoach, right? Um, and you but but you're kind of seeing how like, you know, you 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 see how like these um one of the big things he's critiquing is how like these sort of like communitarian like values or like axioms people hold to do not really transcend across like class lines for example right because like a big thing in stagecoach is like there's like a big like class element going on there where you see like you know there's there's the character who's like a prostitute and all the other characters are, like very judgmental towards her you know there's there's the rich guy etc the weird like there's some weird there's a weird dynamic between um the like the like southern gentleman and like the old guy who's like a uh, fought for the north anyways um uh, Ford Apache kind of the same way, right? Where he's kind of uh, and Wagon Master too. He's kind of like he's he's critique he he he's at the same time sort of celebrating as well as like kind of questioning these like communities that that people find themselves in. So in the case of the Quiet Man, right? John Wayne he he comes comes into this Irish village. He becomes interested in, in uh, Maureen O'Hara, who's another frequent John Ford collaborator. Um, you know he 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 falls for her, right? But her um her brother who she like lives with won't um won't let her and there's like this whole thing there with like uh won't let her like like uh like marry him or whatever or, like let him court her because just cause there's, like, cause there's like a dispute between the two about like some property um so, so there's like a sorry i should have written better notes for this there's like a um there's a there's like a big clash between like you know john wayne being an american right he has a sort of more like like libertine like idea of like you know like 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 women like like a woman's role or place or whatever right you know he's and like whereas the these like irish people you know they have they cling to like these weird like patriarchal like values or whatever right so for example like they have to do all these weird courting rituals um like 
you know, J- J- John Wayne doesn't he can't he doesn't understand like why he can't marry her without her brother's permission, etc. Um, sorry, that that was kind of a lot, but but anyways, how green was my or not how green was my valley? Uh, the Quiet Man, yeah, it, it's it's just like this really like uh, this really interesting examination of like the kind of um, kind of like contradictions within this like th- this village and like kind of about like the what's a good way of, of putting it like it's sort of a movie about like representation i guess in that way as well um like just the way that like like uh like john wayne is like and uh and maureen o'hara they're trying to find this like quote-unquote authentic relationship or whatever right um you know and, and the in in this like almost like fairy tale world which then kind of becomes you know a little more like sinister as the as the movie goes on or whatever um so that, that, was, that was kind of a bad way of, of describing it but um um yeah but anyways yeah pretty good movie i think um and it even has like a uh i guess can i spoil this movie or probably not right go, go right on ahead go okay right yeah ahead. so the movie ends like the way the movie ends because they're, they're it's kind of gearing up for like um this is like one of the great things that like john ford does in his movies is uh the way the movie kind of there, there's kind of gearing up to be like a fight between uh maureen o'hara's character brother the love the love interest brother and john wayne um but like by the end of the movie they like settled their dispute or whatever like like you know he allows he allows them to get married but they still go through with this fight anyways um which like that's probably the most famous part of the movie is like this like kind of very absurd like 20 minute like fight scene (laughs) that happens at the end of the movie that involves like them running all around town so it, it kind of like I don't know that that's like a really fascinating like device study like thing that happens in it right it's like the way that uh you know e- even though like they they've kind of settled this dispute or whatever because of these like weird like cultural um norms they still have to fight each other they still fight each other right it kind of like puts everything in, in a perspective almost like it kind of i don't know it seems like he's at the, at the same time sort of celebrating this like sense of community that that these irish villagers have but also kind of like if not like condemning it at least like kind of like questioning it right like you know because it it is like very absurd like how we transit from this like um this kind of like more serious like still kind of fairy tale-esque but kind of more serious like drama into this like a very goofy like (laughs) like fight scene you know um a real donnybrook Real dot, yeah, yeah. Sorry, that that was probably a, a kind of. I hope that was like somewhat comprehensible, but um, but uh, Tad Tad Gallagher, who's a John Ford scholar, I like. He's uh, he's he has some good stuff about this movie in his book on John Ford called uh, John Ford, the Man in His Movies and Horizon um, Lines. Yeah, yeah, so true. Yeah, um, what's kind of what's kind of weird about this movie as well is it almost is kind of like though like. It's almost kind of like. Like there, there's like obviously the 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 like really interesting like deconstruction of like the concept of like community and like these kind of like patriarchal like social values, but like at the same time, no, the movie kind of seems to be almost like complicit in like for example like the mistreatment of like uh, Mary Kate Marino Harris character, right? Um, I don't know. It's it's like a very fascinating movie. I hope that made sense. But yeah, John Wayne he falls in love with a lady. They have there's problems there. He's kind of adjusting to life in this community. There's a landowner who he has a dispute with because of property, you know, et cetera. How would you rate the Irish accents? 
Um, so there are a lot of like actually like Irish people okay. in who are in the movie. Um, but uh, Ward Bond, who's uh, John Ford regular, he he's in the movie. He plays the the Catholic priest. Yeah. Because there's there's two priests. There's a Catholic and then there's the like Church of Ireland like Protestant priest. Um, Ward Bond plays the Catholic priest. His accent is is not very good. <laughs> His accent's pretty bad. Mm-hmm. Could you uh, uh, give us a demonstration? Um, <laughs> by way of Al Pacino. So you yeah. want me to do you want me to do an impression of someone doing a bad Irish of Ward Bond doing a bad Irish accent? Maybe. He's like, oh laddie, oh laddie, that's no good, laddie. Oh. Can you like that? I mean, it sounds good to me. Yeah. Oh, that, that sounds like a good accent. My yeah, copy is a so. copy of uh, of um. Not a faith in Bogora. Of this oh, uh, oh. of this accent. Look at that. Um. One. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, true. Um, High quality stuff is what I'm yeah. saying. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, whatever. It was the, I mean, no one knew what I, what I, an Irish accent sounded like no. in America in the 1950s. Yeah, they didn't have libraries yet. Yeah, and they didn't have libraries back. Couldn't then. read about it. Nope. Yeah, in 1952. Not um, a chance. Yeah, they, you know, they, they didn't. I, I did see that. Apparently, there was a, uh, a. a, a, a someone from the uh, Irish Republic Army uh, that was an advisor and apparently got along well with John Ford. Oh yeah, there's a there's a there's a character who's like an IRA yeah. guy in the movie. Well, I definitely because um, John Ford he was like yeah, uh, John Ford was like Irish American. You know, his yeah. parents are from Ireland, so mm-hmm. he's like very interested in like Irish stuff. I guess. Mm-hmm. Yes, I'm just um, skimming some of the uh, the because when I read that it was the 1920s, I'm like oh. Is that during the some, or, you know the troubles and uh, vague? I don't know yeah. if the movie uh, talks about any of that part of it. But... The troubles were the the seventies. Yeah, but but I mean they started in the twenties. Well, like, there's yeah. the there's like the Easter Rising happens in nineteen eighteen, and there's there's yep. sort of there's some conflict. There's like the Irish, like war. Anyways, um, it, it does kind of it does kind of uh everything I know about uh Irish stuff is from Garth Ennis comics, and that's about it. Okay. That, that's my that's my entire level of research. Mm-hmm. Whatever uh, authentic. whatever uh, preacher told me about uh, Cassidy the the Irish uh, vampire. <laughs> yeah, vampires are real, by the way. So you should listen. Oh, yeah. You should listen. Yeah, yeah. true. Yeah, yeah. Um, you heard it here first. I guess I final thoughts. We've on been the supporting qu- Blade Two for a long time. Right. But yeah. Continue. Uh, my final thoughts on the Quiet Man. I guess like it's it's like good. It um. I kind of what's kind of separates it from other like post, I guess 1948 John Ford movies is like, um, it kind of just lets you know it kind of lets you get lost in the story a little bit. He's not like, you know, it's it's uh he kind of allows the movie to breathe a little bit and just allows you to have fun, which is like that was kind of the like one of the more I think like that's kind of one of the more troubling thing I think with the with the movie because like you see how like. It's kind of what I said earlier. It's like the, the the film doesn't take, I guess, enough of like a distance from like its subject matter that I guess like other Ford movies, like Ford Apache, do. It doesn't. He doesn't seem to be like critiquing this like kind of, you know, the its critique seems to be like less direct or whatever, or like at least it's like the thing it's like examining or questioning, which I think is like a problem some like quote unquote Ford scholars have with this movie. But I thought it was cool, you know. 
Don't Sorry, worry about that makes... the scholars. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, because there's a lot of like really interesting scholarship on like John Ford and like the way his movies are sort of like deconstructions of like myth- like myth- things like mythology, like like national mythologies, like concepts of like you know this kind of back and forth between like his, his kind of celebration of like these little like communities and these characters, but also kind of understanding the inherent like hypocrisies in them as well. Like there's been a lot written about that. Like Jean-Marie Straub, who's this like Belgian filmmaker, he famously said John Ford was a uh, more Brecht than Brecht, referring to German playwright Bertolt Brecht. Um, I um I don't know what any of the words you just said mean. Yeah, that's fine. But that's I don't know good. what they really mean either. I'm just you know what, 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 trying what, to sound smart, fill time. What do you? What do you I mean, what you sound what, smart what, to me. What, what are you making over there? Me? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I was playing with this bad habit. Sorry. <laughs> Is that a fidget spinner? No, it's uh, it's like it's an it's a phone case. Ah, oh, yeah. That. No, I'm building a robot. I'm like I'm 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 building a car in my in my room. Ooh. Anyways, <laughs> yeah. yo, that's yeah, that's the quiet man. I thought it was pretty good. You know, John yeah. Ford's great. All his movies are good. What do you think about John Ford, Jared? Uh, I like him a great deal. Yeah, <laughs> he's good. I even though I, uh, oh, I'm obsessed with his, uh, his horizons. Uh, but it's all, it's very obvious in his movies. And it's the only it's thing true. that matters. Oh, one, one more thing about the Quiet Man. Probably one of the most beautiful looking movies I've ever seen. It's in color, like 1952 color, but it's beautiful. Like would those shots of like 4K? the Irish. The, that would, yeah, that would be a good 4K movie. Like those shots of the Irish countryside, all the green. Like some of those shots, like I'm not exaggerating. Like the movie came out in 1952. Some of those shots look like 1972 or like 1982. Like I'm serious. That movie's like very like beautiful, beautiful looking. Mm. Big if um, true. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, there's themes of like running, trying to escape from your past, you know. Especially, you know, he goes, John Wayne, he's like in this birthplace, you know, there's like, you know, people, he, he, he seems to almost be like defined, but you know, people know, like know his parents and, he, you know, he seems to be trying to like, I don't know. It's just, there's, there's a lot to digest. It's a very complicated movie. Like all of his movies are, I think, John Ford. Hmm. Um, yeah, sorry. My notes were a little like minimal. That's why I kind of was doing some off the dome like ramblings but uh anyways yeah <laughs> that's uh, enough i promise that's it well i mean during your ramblings i was uh, i landed on the wikipedia page for the the troubles and i'm reading about in 1609 the plantation of ulster you hear about this oh yeah that was Ooh. bad the ulster i think uh you know not to get a little political or whatever i think the ulster plantation i think uh English settler colonialism on the northern part of the Republic of, of the Irish island is bad. It's it's bad. <laughs> it's not good. It's not it good. It sounds political. I think settler colonialism is bad. Maybe that's just me. Yeah. Wow. Oh, 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 shit. Yep. Very good. Shit. The, the Special Powers Act of 1922? My God. Yeah, this is an Irish history podcast, uh, by the way. <laughs> by, uh... By two imbeciles, at least. Yeah, I have an Irish last name. So do you, right? I sure do. Yeah, so there my, we go. My my, my my grandfather was right off the boat as a as a man. Yeah, there we go. Man, so 
Dun- Duncan's as Canadian as <laughs> Rutger Hauer is. Exactly. So 100%. Mm-hmm. 100%. Mm-hmm. One hundo. Yeah. Uh, what else you got for us? Okay, Sam? sorry. I'll, I'll I'll try to That's be right. briefer. I'm sorry. I'll do it. I, right. I wrote down like I didn't know if I was going to write down too much or not enough for my notes, and I got I, I psyched myself out a little bit. This one should be easy to talk about. Um, so I watched uh, the 1992 film Rebels of the Neon God, directed by Tsai Ming Liang. Um, his first feature, actually, his first full length feature. Um, so. Um, you know, starring obviously Lee Kong Chung. Um, so it's I Ming Liang. Do you guys know who this is? Have you heard this name before? RJ, I think RJ is like a big yeah, fan. Yeah, I'm one of, I, I'm, I'm a big, big fan. I got a tattooed right here. Well, you know who is a big fan is uh, Frank Solano, actually. Ooh. Like this movie, he, Frank Solano gave this movie five. Then I'm, about to, then I'm about to talk about five stars. So. Oh, shit. Yep. Interesting. Yep. There you go. So yeah, so Tsai Ming Liang, he's a Taiwanese director. He's from Malaysia, but he kind of works mostly in Taiwan. Um, he's kind of the people call him as like part of this. He sort of um, he comes a little after the like heyday of the like Taiwanese new wave or new Taiwanese cinema, or whatever. If you, guys, if you guys know what that is, that's like directors like Ho Xiao Xian, uh, Edward Young. Okay. Um, if you've heard of any of those movies, like like E.E. So, e. Brighter Summer Day. Yeah, um, are some examples. Um, like this movie came out in 1992. That was, it was his first feature. But um, so he's kind of known as a a pioneer or like I guess prominent figure in uh, slow cinema. So his movies t- and th- and this movie this is his like fastest, his least slow movie. But you definitely see like <laughs> kind of echoes of what's to come. So his movies they tend to be very like like I said very slow, very uh, slowly paced, minimal dialogue. Um, a lot, he, a lot of mid-range shots. He loves his mid-range shots. You know, you can see people's entire bodies. Uh, really like immaculate, uh, or like really precise. I guess like not immaculate. Mm. <laughs> We're not talking about cake here. Or uh, really precise. Mm-hmm. Uh, really precise, like a, um, like a composition. I guess like mm. he has a really good composition. Like really precise, like mise en scene or whatever. Um. All his, I think all of his movies, his like most of his like main movies, are, I think, are set in Taiwan in Taipei. Um, they're usually set in cities, um, they, and they're usually about like you know alienation. Um, so yeah, his common themes are like alienation, like like desire, especially like male desire, um, which this movie kind of explores. Uh, you know, um, just like ennui or whatever. He's like Antonioni, but better. Uh-oh. <laughs> I think. Uh oh. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so, so, so that's kind of what his movie, his like movies are, are, uh, about his, he made a movie called, uh, Goodbye Dragon Inn, which is one of my favorites. I, see, I watched I, it recently for the first time. As seen on your favorite films. As seen on my favorite. Yeah. Those aren't actually, it's not actually my favorite film. I changed though. I changed those yesterday. Yeah. I shuffle them around like every little bit. Um, <laughs> you know, but anyways, but anyways, uh, yeah, it's I Ming Liang. Yeah, he's got some bangers. So this movie, so it stars uh, Lee Kong Chung, as all of his movies do. Mm-hmm. Every single one of his movies has this guy Lee Kong Chung. That, that's like his muse or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so the movie's about some kid um, set in Taiwan. Oh yeah, a lot of like rain in his movies too. He loves rainy night shots and rain and just atmospheric noises. So um, 
Lee Kong Chung plays like a uh, he plays like a student like a cran school, which for any listeners who don't know what those are, they're basically like they're in places like Taiwan and Japan and China, and basically what they are is like you pay. Um, it's like uh, it they're basically like 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 specialty like te- test prep schools mm. um, for like for like exam usually for like like university exams. So and they're called cram schools for a reason. Like they usually, you know, if you're in a cram school, that's kind of all you have to do for the period. Like you just cram, yeah. You just study like a, a ton, of, a same amount. And like they're usually in these like very big. They usually have like several thousand students at a time. You know, these huge classrooms or whatever. But um, but yeah. So he plays this guy uh, Xiao Kong. Um, he's uh, yeah, he's a cram school student. Um. I guess the movie kind of follows two storylines actually, and they kind of they kind of converge. So on the one hand, you have this guy Lee Kong. You know, you have the the student at this cram school. He's kind of sort of disaffected. He lives with his parents. He has kind of like an uneasy relationship with them. Um, and a lot of the storytelling is told through just like glances, you know, and camera placement. There's not a lot of dialogue in this movie. Um, the other story follows this group of like, I guess like petty criminals. You know, like like the movie opens with these two guys like stealing court coins from a, a a phone booth, you know that kind of stuff. Who they meet this girl, um, they kind of you know the two guys kind of become and then one of them in particular kind of become kind becomes kind of involved with this girl. Uh, Atsu is the character's name. Um, so basically one day, uh, uh, Atsu is riding his motorcycle with this girl that he meets at like a uh, how does he meet her? I'm trying to remember how how they meet each other. I feel like that's kind of important, but um. Anyways, but he sees he encounters uh he encounters this guy Atsu, um like riding his motorcycle with like this girl on his uh you know, and uh and uh his like dad because he's riding the because his dad's a taxi driver right he's like dad is because his bike Lee Kong Chun's scooter gets like towed so his dad has to like give him a ride to like home or whatever. Um, and like his dad like honks at honks at uh, Atsu on his bike, so Atsu like smashes his dad's window, his not his window, his uh his rear view mirror, um, and that's how he first encounters him. So he starts like stalking him, like Lee Kong Shun. He drops, so he drops out of the cram school. Like he gets his refund, doesn't tell his parents, and basically begins like stalking this uh this guy Atsu, this like criminal who he like sees once. Um, and the thing is, it's not you're never. The implications of like he's like in love with him or like he has some kind of like hero kind of you know he's like sheltered and he sees this guy as like some kind of hero or something and that's kind of what's so interesting about Zai's movies is like how ambiguous they are really like emotionally um like I said like I said a lot of the storytelling is told with like glances or with people's body language um like Lee Kong Chong he's a pretty like slow moving actor so you just you just kind of see him you know. Like like the way he looks at something, or like the way his you know his posture is, and like a, and and like the way he's framed in a certain mm-hmm. way. It's like very um, like a lot of the story, you know, a, a lot of the it's like it's like pretty subtle that way, and it's just like very beautiful, you know, on a surface level, it's just like very beautiful, you know, seeing these guys like walk around like Taipei, going to arcades, you know, a lot of obviously shots of like rain, of rainy buildings outside, um, um. It's pretty like yeah, like it's it's his probably like most conventional movie, I guess. Tsai Ming Liang is less slow. He's at least slow, like I said, but like you can definitely see like the genesis of where he was going um in this movie. Does that make sense? I think yeah. so. 
Yeah, sorry, that was probably more comprehensible than me talking about the Quiet Man, but um, you know, so, so you gotta do what feels right, man. Yeah. Um. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. Do whatever you're doing. Uh, no, like, this is a Peppy the Frog like, over uh, here. Feels good, man. Uh, do do what feels oh, good. Yeah. No, 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 no. But uh, yeah, but yeah, it's just like this really beautiful, um, really like. I don't know, just like seeing this like aimless, just like just like these aimless like disaffected youths just kind of bumble around, you know, in in Taipei, with like this very like still like camera and like very precise like you know composition. It's just like you know I don't know. It's it's I I thought it was pretty good. It's definitely like a little like I don't want to say drags, but it does kind of lose me kind of halfway through. I think like. It was maybe just too like subtle, where like I, I, it was kind of hard to pick up like what was happening. Um, like it's obviously very pretty to look at all the way through, but I definitely you know it's something on the re- to rewatch list as well. And like it was nice watching his first movie because I've seen a lot of this guy's movies. Um, like his most recent one, um, I watched recently, thought it was decent. But uh, but yeah, Rebels of the Neon God. Um, that's, that's, that's kind of what that movie's on. Um, and yeah, I, I like slow cinema, um, a lot. I don't know what you guys think about it. Um, I mean, it depends actually on the movie. It depends on the movie. Yeah. 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 Like, cause like Antonio, and actually I watched the Antonio movie this week, so I'll talk about it briefly. Um, for some reason, I just think his movies are really boring, but then like, but then I watched movies like, like, you know, like, like it's not movies like, uh, you know, like kind of the work of guys like people like Chantal Ackerman or like Zai Ming Liang, or like like a pi- a pitch at Pong, we're a Seth Cole, we we're 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 Seth Cole or whatever. What about, what, about, like, uh, what about Kingsman: The Secret Service? <laughs> that's some that's some real slow, like only real, real real film heads mm-hmm. can appreciate that movie. Um, no, but I don't know. It, it's kind of like I, I don't know. Yeah, it, it depends on the movie. I think how I'm feeling. Cause like there's some days where I just want to get wrapped up in like a slow moving, like, you know, very kind of more poetic or like soft spoken movies. Other times I want to watch something like sick, you know, <laughs> of course. Yeah. I don't know. What do you guys think about like slow cinema? I've asked, I actually asked about this on you, an email before. You but, have. Mm. It's, it's on yeah. your mind. It's on your mind a lot. It's on my mm. mind. My oh, man, my tolerance for it. It's like, so different than it once was, I sure. think. The idea mm-hmm. of sitting down and committing to doing, like, watching a movie that is going to be slow. It's all, about the, mm-hmm. it's all about the telling of it. Like, well, we're going to get into this when we get to uh, Mike Lee. When you have, like, a movie that's, like, pretty smoothly done, uh, mm-hmm. I think that's, like, pretty effortless to watch. You're just like, oh, hey. Right. Movies can just be, like, a pleasure to watch like in terms of like it, it's like a technical element and then it's like okay yeah. so now, now we're going to do a slow movie for some reason now it's like whatever that means it's like is that mean because nothing happens or is mm-hmm. it because it brings attention to itself um because it wants to i don't know distance itself from conventional film technique which is something like sure. when we're talking about the, the the monoculture about how movies have to be arrived at to be watchable now and i think that definitely mm-hmm. hurts and wears down people's um tolerance for oh, uh, yeah, that for type sure. of thing because it's just you, you, when you bounce between movies but 
I don't know. I, I noticed, uh, Sam, you got this list here. I, I've got some questions about movies that are about guys who were really cool. Uh, <laughs> and I mean, I I, 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 I I see what you're doing here. Um, I'm, 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 I'm curious who you think's cool in uh, Blue Velvet. Is it Je- Jeffrey or, or Frank? Jeff Frank. Well, Jeffrey Jeffrey Beaumont's cool. He's a cool dude. He's, he's a cool yeah, dude. Yeah, he's cool. Who, who's, yeah. who's, who's cool in Casino? Is it? Is it? Is it all, all of them are cool. Oh, is it Ace? Ace is, is it Les, Les, Ace Les, is cool. Lester Diamond, the uh, yeah, he's cool. <laughs> Country Club golf hustler. Yeah, they're all cool. I, I, and I, I do notice, I, I do notice that uh, Naked is on this list now. Yep. Yeah, that's what that. See, the thing is, people are like, oh, like, uh, yeah, Goodfellas, Casino. These movies are about cool guys to me. I don't get this whole mm-hmm. The Sopranos. I don't get this whole like these are a critique of of like whatever you know it's like no they're just oh. sick guys doing mm. sick stuff you know wolf of wall street boondock saints you know <laughs> you're all about cool guys these guys are so cool do you have a scarface poster mm-hmm. on the wall over to the side i can't see i yeah it's right, it's right over there i have a scarface i got raging bull mm-hmm. i got taxi driver over yeah. there fight club? Fight, fight club i got um I got Fight Club right, right, right that, here. That has a Tyler Durden oh, inspirational quote on it. Yeah. My, my, yeah. my sister had one of those in her bedroom. Oh, really? No. That's oh, so funny. Did you, yeah, I have is your sister the, uh... an incel? Um, she might be. I'll, have I'll, I'll, the, I'll ask her um, husband about it. I have all the, like... And for those who can't... For those at home who can't see, I'm just... I'm gesturing around different parts <laughs> of my room. You're gesticulating. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm gesticulating. Um... Yeah, Mishima, Life in Four Chapters. That guy's sick. <laughs> yeah. He, oh, yeah. He, he's, he's, that guy's so cool. He's, <laughs> guy's, so, he's so yeah. cool. I, uh, especially uh, Matt Dillon in The House That Jack Built. Yeah. He kills those but, people. Yeah. yeah, that's Very so dope. Cool. When, he, when he kills those people, that movie's so dope. I, I think Just like, kidding. I, there might be a hashtag for this list, RJ. I don't know. No, RJ's, RJ and Jared, my two likes, not that RJ and Jared Berger, so... <laughs> Hmm. <laughs> it's a good um, list. So Jared knows. Yeah, it's, it's solid list. Um, no. Um, what are we talking about? Slow cinema. Timing we on? I'm just, I'm checking um, out all, all these lists here. This type of movie. What is it called? We got Possession, Showgirls, New Rose Hotel, Spring Breakers, Crash, and Morgiana. Uh huh. That's uh. I watched Crash recently for the first time. Great movie. I have not seen it forever. Paul Haggis' Crash? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, the be- yeah, Paul Haggis' be- Crash. The, the best yeah. Crash. Just need yeah. to make sure. Yep. I, I find what new, other Crash new, can we be talking about? New Rose Hotel is like Nothing. such a tough movie for me to get through. I don't know. That movie is... Yeah, people really like love they, that movie. Allegedly... Allegedly. Yeah, I don't, I don't. I watched the movie twice. I think it's like fine, but like if, if you it, okay, if you go to New Rose Hotel and you look, you look at the top ratings. They're all like ten paragraph like essays on that movie. Like 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 the Neil Bahader review. He has like, and they're all. It, it's like it's like I don't know. Like these people just see something in this movie that I can't even <laughs> begin to tap into. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Neil Bahader is great. By the way, he got me into into John Ford and other filmmakers. So, um, and he's where I steal. Me. I steal a lot of my opinions from and RJ too. Yeah, I steal all my opinions from Neil Bahader well, and RJ. Maybe it's a it's, it's a it's a better pick than uh, Roger Ebert. 
Yeah. Oh yeah, that that guy does not know what he's talking about. You think so? Ebert? Yeah, what about uh what do you guys think about uh Mike D'Angelo? Oh man, that guy That guy's <sighs> nuts. I don't know. I, I think I, I follow him that on Twitter. I've known I've yeah. known about him forever and I didn't realize because uh, it seemed like it was always like Scott Tobias or like Noel Murray who were reviewing the stuff I was interested in, and then like Mike D'Angelo mm-hmm. was like kind of on the horizon, because like kind of like mm-hmm. ahead of me. I'm like, what is this guy about? And then I'd see his like top five movies, and it was like, well, this seems like a challenge. Like, what what are really good? What's really good about like a Place Under the Sun or something like that? And yeah, but th- and then he did the he was like scenic route um, series for AV Club way back when. And uh-huh. I think he did like a thing on the thing, John Carpenter's the oh. thing, and he was yeah. just like, "Oh, that movie's terrible." And it's like, Whoa, yeah. "Oh, okay, that guy's nuts. yeah, that's like that." Yeah, so like, he has these, he has these, his opinions. Um, yeah. So, well, like first of all, he uses that one hundred point scale, which that that's how you know someone's a, a fraud <laughs> if they use a one hundred point scale. I'm serious. Mm-hmm. If someone uses a one hundred point scale, they sh- they should not be taken seriously at all. <laughs> um, you can quote me on that. Co- co-signed. Yeah, um, yeah. Also, like his his rating scale is such that only like twelve movies have a perfect score in the world. That's insane. If only twelve movies in the world are like one hundred out of a hundred, do you like you're that's on you? I think. Like you just don't like you, you just don't like movies. I guess. <laughs> uh, uh, one day, we one day, we're, we're, one anyone. day we'll bring you on with uh, uh, Jackson, and you we'll, we'll see what happens. Oh, does he use a? Uh, 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 well, we'll have to send you his uh, letterbox. He, he doesn't use a hundred point scale, but man, he's a he's a he's a he's a tough tough audience tough audience. Oh, I know someone like that. I have a friend like that. It's actually kind of funny because like my, like my friends will be like watching a movie or whatever, and like we'll be talking about like some movie, and he'll be like, "Okay, I'll watch it," and then like everyone will be like loving, it, and then just seeing his like him just like give it like a three. Out of ten or something like the next day, <laughs> just like dump on it. It's very funny. he has good taste though. I just don't understand him. It's Anyways, narrow, narrow. Yeah, he really likes uh like I don't know his taste is like hard to parse. Anyways, but yeah, Rebels of Neon God. Yeah, Zai Ming Liang's great. If you guys are into that kind of thing, um, I don't know. And like I, I just like watching like because one thing he films a lot is just like people just like doing stuff. You know, like his most recent movie, like his most recent movie, like uh, Days. Like one of the take was two characters, Lee Kong Shang and this other guy, and you there's like a, a lot of the, uh, like there's several scenes that are just like this guy just like cooking food, just like washing vegetables in his in his like in his apartment and then and putting them into a pot, you know. It's like I don't know, I like to watch that. Maybe I'm just a weird a psycho, but you know, you, I like you're that. in the right spot, I guess. Yeah, I, I guess. Um, okay, yeah. So that that's Rebels of the Neon God. Um, so another movie I watched is uh, I watched uh, a film directed by our our friend uh, Michelangelo Antonioni, uh, Red Desert. Ooh, Antonio. A, f- a future creep, RJ. Future creep, yeah. It's it's like mm-hmm. spine number five hundred something. So I mean, you won't watch it for a while. I won't talk about it a lot because you guys are gonna watch it. You you know, assuming you you don't die first from you know. If my plan doesn't kick into motion, mm-hmm. <laughs> if things don't go according to plan, uh, you will be watching this. So, uh, yeah, okay. So it's like, you know, Michelangelo Antonioni, right? He's like this, you know, he he's like the great filmmaker of modernity or whatever, whatever that means. <laughs> um, 
you know, he's this movie's all about like alienation and and uh, you know, bourgeois ennui. Yeah. You know, the the, the poor the, guys. Yeah, that kind of you know, the, the yeah, these very sad rich people. Yeah. Um. So uh, Red Desert, it was his first color movie. He made it after it was the fourth movie he made with uh, Monica Vitti, who's the you know she's in like the the trilogy that you guys have watched. Um, she's like you know the, she's the she's you know the main character in La Ventura. She's in La Notte. She's the main character, you know the, the main female lead in uh in uh Le Eclisse or Le Eclisse, however you say that. Um, but yeah, so Red Desert, so Monica Vitti, it's set in like northern Italy in like this uh like industrial town. Um it, like you know, there's a lot of like factories or whatever. Um Monica Vitti plays the wife of like a like a factory owner or whatever, of course. You know, because it's gotta be a rich person. Can't you know you can't make movies about about normal people. Um But yeah, so she plays the the wife of like a like a factory owner. Um she, who like meets this uh um richard harris actually is the is the is the male lead who's uh he's dumbledore in the first two harry potter movies mm-hmm. <laughs> and he's also the british guy in unforgiven english bob english bob yeah yeah that's his name yeah so um so she meets this guy who's like a friend he's like in town he's, he's like a, he's like an associate of her husband's um so she i guess had, she had been in some kind of accident um years before and that's kind of affected her mental health so the kind of movie is kind of about her and like kind of struggling with you know that trying to sort you know with her her like uh you know her like emotional scarring from this accident or whatever um amidst these like these like you know this kind of industrial wasteland um and like i said you know it's antonioni so it's all about you know like i said alienation boredom whatever um totally (laughs) <laughs> I won't say much more about it. It's 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 in color. It's quite beautiful actually, and it actually reminds me a lot of of home because like Salt Lake in like September and like October November it gets like very cold. It's like pre- gets windy, uh, very smoggy. Like we have really bad inversion. I don't know if you guys saw, but uh, I think two or three times this year Salt Lake City had the worst air quality in the world this summer. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah, because we're in a valley, you know, the Salt Lake Valley. It, 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 there's inversion. It traps all the smog and all the dust and stuff. But it kind of reminded me of like home a little bit. I was like, you know, because we're like we're surrounded by mountains, like just all, all like the grays and and browns or whatever. Um, you know, I don't know. I thought I thought it was fine. The movie. There's like some good stuff in there, like some really beautiful, like good stuff. Like I think I don't know, Michelangelo. He's really Antonioni. He's like really good at something like interiority. I guess like. He's really good at like aestheticizing um, like people's states of mind. So is John Ford actually. That's one of the things I didn't talk about with The Quiet Man, as well. Like he's really, you know, the, I think it's something a lot of great filmmakers do where they're able to like capture not necessarily like a specific emotion, but like a state of mind in like the, you know, just be able to almost carve it out, like, out of the landscape or whatever. Um, which I think is something Antonio did as well. But also, you know, because it's an Antonioni movie, there's a lot of really boring, <laughs> really boring, just people standing around and, mm-hmm. but not in like a good way, <laughs> I guess. Not in like a, like a cool way that I like in like a boring, just like, all right, way. Does that make sense? How, how red was it? Um, Not very red. Mostly just gray and, and, uh, and brown. False like, advertising. Like, look at the poster. You look at the poster on Letterboxd, that's the color scheme, basically. Uh, 
So it's a liar movie. It's, it is a liar. Yeah, it is a liar Richard. movie. Yeah. Lion, yeah. Lion, Mike, Lion, Michael, Lion, Antonioni. Mm-hmm. Antonioni. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. People are like, I don't know, that that guy's had like kind of a, I feel like like a resurgence, like among like younger people, like I guess like younger is in like, our your generation and younger, like like film, like cinephiles or whatever. Like I see people talking about Antonioni a lot. Okay, so you're gonna have to be a little bit more descriptive because there's an age gap between me and okay, like, about like maybe RJ's between us too. Maybe okay, so like our people like RJ's age and younger. Yeah, so I feel like, 20, like yeah, I think 20. like like Antonioni. There, you know, he had, he had like a bunch of hits, but then like you know, he's people kind of started to get sick of his movies and like, you know, I mean, he died like people like you know, he died in 2007, and then I mean, I guess people like liked his stuff back then, but like it seems like there was sort of a lull among like. Maybe I'm making this up, but I feel like what I'm saying is, especially recently, I feel like a lot of people are like, you see like Antonioni like everywhere, like not like even outside of like Criterion, whatever, like adjacent circles, like I don't know, like film film heads in general, like mm-hmm. seem to be getting really into Antonioni, and I I don't get it. Do you think people were happy when he died? <laughs> well, actually, so so he and uh, he and, and Ingmar Bergman died on the exact same day. Like the uh, same day, the same exact year. same day. Yep, the exact same day. Yes. And so Jonathan, and so Jonathan Rosenbaum, yeah, who's like a, a critic. I don't know if you know about this. He wrote a uh, like a couple of days later. It's actually pretty like brutal. He wrote a uh, a paper for the an op-ed for the New York Times, uh, trashing Bergman, like totally this trashing guy. Bergman. And in this essay, he like praises Antonioni like several times. Mm. Which is like uh, kind of funny. So I think to answer your question, I think people, I don't know, I think people were sad when he died. Probably. I'm just okay. pulling up uh, in memoriam Ingmar. Uh, it's called like it's called like a scenes from a from a something career or something an overrated career. I think scenes from a funeral. Because there's all the people that. laughing at the funeral. It's like goth. Bad. Yeah. 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 Goths are crazy, man. Yeah. You ever seen a goth in real life? I have. Watch out. They're Watch freaky. out. Don't get you. you read, are you reading this this essay, Jarrett? Uh, I'm, scan, I'm skimming things. I'm like, There's I, some I, really I, funny stuff he says in it. His point is basically – I don't really get his point. I think his point was that, like, Bergman's less of a – you know, he, he's less of, like, a true cinema guy or whatever. He's more of, like, a theater guy, which, like, okay. Okay. Like, so Jared's what? more of a cinema theater guy. No, Jared loves... Lo- Pure- RJ's, the- no, RJ's a theater kid, as I've commented before. Allegedly. The biggest theater kid of them all. Big yeah, RJ's a theater kid. Um, anyway, sorry. I think we've been going for a long time on just movies I watched. Um, I do good. have a couple more. So, yeah, that's Red Desert. It was fine. <laughs> <laughs> I just um, imagine, like, your pull quote on the poster... It was, it was fine. Okay. <laughs> it was, I didn't totally, you know, there was some cool stuff in there. Yeah. Okay. So another movie I watched is, uh, I watched the uh, Xiao Wu or also called like pickpocket in English, not the Robert Bresson pickpocket, the, uh, Jia Jongke movie, um, from 1998, also a first feature. Um, so Jia Jongke, have you guys heard of this guy? Uh, Jarrett and him are good close personal friends. They get oh, really? Arby's on Thursdays. Really? Sometimes. Okay, I thought that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Just so, once in a while. Jia Jiangke, he's a Chinese director. Um, 
he started working, like I said, the late nineties. Um, mm-hmm. um, he kind of belonged to a generation of like filmmakers in China that are like, um, I started out kind of more underground, but became kind of mainstream. If that makes sense. So like he, he's part of like people, the people who use the, the term like sixth generation, I'm not really sure what that is supposed to mean, but, uh, basically like he's part of a generation of Chinese filmmakers that like, um, were kind of outside the like, kind of like film industry, I guess in, in China or whatever, um, who are making these kind of like underground, like, you know, like, like, like kind of very cheaply made movies. Like, uh, you know, his first couple of movies were shot in 16 millimeter, including this movie with non-professional actors. Um, so kind of like pickpocket, the Brisson movie. Um, and like, they, they kind of made like, cause, um, I kind of big thing about, about that kind of that movement is that not only like a, are they like underground, but they have kind of a less like, I guess, romantic sort of depiction of like, uh, of like city life right because obviously like if, you know if you talk about the history of like my history of china um from 1978 onward in 1978 you know they introduced like market reforms into the country you know so they allow like some like more capitalism i guess in like the cities or whatever um which you know that kind of like you know then has been like basically a huge period of like change in the country you know people hundreds of millions of people moved to the cities um a lot of just like, um, you know, a, a, a lot, a lot of, a lot of just like, you know, uprooting of like, of like old and, you know, just like, just like a very dynamic time in, in, uh, you know, the last like 30 years of China's history has been like very dynamic. So that's kind of like one of the things that John Ka explores a lot in his movies. So like this movie, Pickpocket, it, or Xiao Wu, it's about this guy named Xiao Wu. He's, he's like a pickpocket in a uh, Funyang which is like a, a kind of rural city in uh, Shanxi province in uh, northwestern China. It's like sort of near the province that Beijing is in. Like it's it's like pretty like rural, like kind of dusty sort of mountainous area. Um, I've been there. And so and so yeah. So then like um, he's basically this pickpocket. He he kind of finds himself in a changing world, right? Um, and that's kind of a big theme in a lot of Jaws movies. It's like I. Just, a changing world, right? Like the effects of like globalization and, uh, and, uh, I mean, especially the effects of a changing world, like on, in like China, you know, the effects of like globalization and market reforms on like people, you know, on, on, on like Chinese society. So this guy, you know, he, um, this guy, Xia Wu, he's like, he's like, uh, like I said, he's a pickpocket. And so the thing is a lot of his friends are, uh, kind of moving on to bigger and better things. So he has a friend uh, who's getting married who also was a pickpocket, but uh, he um, he sent up like a business. And he's like a pretty successful businessman. Xiao Wu doesn't get invited to his wedding. So he just kind of like bums around a little bit. It's, it's kind of like tonight's movie in that way. And then you just kind of follow this guy kind of um, kind of like just walk around like, find, you know, in a world that he feels he doesn't really belong in, I guess, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um because, you know, you, you see a lot of, like, discussion of, like, um, you know, pe- people, like, uh, you know, as, as, like, as, like, we see, like, the market, like, the forces, like, the market kind of take more hold in, in China and people moving to, like, bigger cities or whatever. That's kind of thing that gets brought up a lot, right? Like, how, you know, this town that he lives in, Funyang, is, like, changing. He, like, doesn't really understand. You know, he seems unable to adapt to, like, um, 
like people like people like you know like like he, he's basically like um Sorry, let me, I lost my train of thought. Like, so he, he you see him like he he has dinner with his family and like his family mentions like that they were came from generations of peasants, right? So suddenly you have like these peasant people who are like kind of thrust into this like brave new world that they kind of have to like deal with, right? Because um, it's really crazy to think about, right? Like a lot of the population of China like 20 years ago was like mostly rural, and now like half of Chinese people I think live in cities. So. And you see, like, even more, like, like you know, just the scale of, like, hundreds of millions of people moving to cities, you know. that That's, that's like, crazy. Um, but anyways, so, yeah, Pickpocket, um, it's technically-wise, te- technically it's shot. Because um, something Ja is known for, he gets compared, like, actually a lot to Antonioni. Um, is, his movies tend to be, like, a little slower, a little more, like, um, a little more, um, like, like uh, contemplative, if that makes sense. Um you know, he te- like very pre- like, sort of like Zai Ming Liang, like very precise, like like uh, compositions and like mise en scène. <laughs> I love saying that word. <laughs> mise en scène. Um, yeah, but this movie is kind of like uh, so this movie shot in like a very like documentary like cinema verite style, which is something you don't really see him return to after. Like his later movies, especially as like he gets more like mainstream acceptance, right? Because like now he's like a huge director. He's like one of he's like a big he's like He's director, not just in China, but, like, worldwide, right? Like, people, like, you know, people, like, know about this guy. Um, and he's kind of, you see his movies kind of moving in, like, a more, you know, since, since his first feature, they've gone, like, a more, like I said, like, more, like, like, a contemplative, like, a kind of um, almost minimalist, but, like, on a big scale style. So it's really interesting, like, seeing kind of where he comes from. Like, this movie almost looks like... Um, yeah, it's, it's it's shot like a documentary or like or like a like a cinema like it looks like a, like a Barbara Loden movie or something. Hmm. Um, like remind me of the movie Wanda a lot if you guys have seen that. Um, I know of it, but I, I kind of know what it looks like too, just from yeah, yeah, just stuff. that like sixteen millimeter like yep. kind of shaky like feel. So that's but but anyway, so yeah, it was uh, it's pretty interesting. Um, I guess that was, those are my like my main thoughts on it. Um, it's good, yeah. I mean, you see him like. There's some kind of like a he's a kind of a he kind of does like unsympathetic stuff, but um I you know like he doesn't do anything as bad as as uh, David Thewlis does in Naked, but uh you know he he um you know he like he kind of treats women weird like he I don't know you you kind of see him like trying to cope with like I don't know like like you see him because he runs like this little this little crew or whatever like um the way he kind of handles like. I don't know. He he he. You you can tell he's like trying to. He's like, like I said, he's like unable to adapt to this changing world. Like so, he you know you see him resort to like, you know, doing these weird like this exercise of like authority on like the people in his crew or whatever. Um, just stuff like that. Um, and like I said, all the all the actors were non professional at least at, at the point of the, at, at least when this movie came out. Wong Hong Wei, who's the main actor, he's since been in, in like a lot of stuff and he's worked with Jia a lot. Um, but yeah, that's, uh, that's pickpocket. So that was a uh, Marvel Shang-Chi that you were talking about just now. All right. Come on. Come on, Jared or RJ. Sorry. I almost called you. I called you Jared. I'm sorry. I don't know. That's a horrible compliment. Horrible. <laughs> horrible. Wow. Sounds good. Maybe when uh, we watch pickpocket, we'll watch other pickpocket. Right, Jared? 
Uh, yeah, I guess we haven't watched that movie yet. In my mind, yeah, we I'll, have. I mean, up. Yeah, soon. other pickpockets good too. But yeah, this movie, I thought it was good. Um, it was a little like rough around the edges. Like, you know, it's a first feature. Um, like he doesn't, he definitely doesn't like reach the heights of like that he would in like later movies of his, like like uh, like Platform, for example, mm-hmm. which is a pretty good movie that I've watched. Um, or even like Ash's Purest White is like his most recent movie I think that I've also seen. Um. Um, but yeah, like, you know, just like kind of watching this guy, like, um, you know, just, just watching this guy basically like socially dissociate, right? Like he picks up this girl and he just like talks at her for a while. Um, you know, you see, you see like this, this, you know, you hear the, the, the construction, you know, there's a character who owns a building that's going to be demolished, you know, just, just like, I don't know. I like I I found that like really fascinating as like a both like a movie as like a portrait of like this you know a portrait in time or whatever if that makes sense yeah yeah it's like um, a slice of life yeah and that's something you see a lot of movies explore too like slice uh, of cake. like a platform mm-hmm. a slice of what a slice of cake on a platform mm. <laughs> <laughs> on a platform. All right, so platform, yeah, and platforms, train platforms, very interesting. But like, platform is about this, like, uh, that movie's about this, um, this like, uh, this like theater troupe. It's it it's it's set in, um, it, you know, you see kind of how it changes over the years. Like, like we begin in like the sort of the the uh, the like the like cultural revolution, and then kind of on through like the you know the market reforms, and then like modern China, and kind of just like. You know, it's almost you see like a microcosm of like all the changes that have occurred with like, you know, the incoming of like quote unquote modernity or whatever. Um, as like a microcosm of like this in this like theater troupe or whatever. And that that that's kind of what all of that's like kind of the key to, I think to understanding his movies, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Pickpocket was good. Ooh, and then um, sounds good. Any thoughts or comments? And then uh, one more movie I'll talk about. If that's okay. Do it. Yeah. Okay, it. sure. I, I've been talking for a long time. That's okay. That's why you're probably here. Not very comp- probably not very uh, comprehensively, but... Uh, makes okay. sense to me. Yeah. Okay. So Did the last it. movie I watched, I haven't logged it yet. Um, I watched uh, the 19, movie from 1955. Um, a movie that Jared has seen and has given a, a heart to Ooh. on Letterboxd. Yeah. Um, Robert Aldrich's uh, Kiss Me Deadly. Ah, yes. Yeah, it only gets yes. a heart because I haven't done a rewatch of it. Right. Forever. I, I do that too. Where if, I, if I've seen something or like I think I like it, but I don't, you know, I, I don't leave a review or rating or whatever. Yeah. Um. Yeah, Kiss Me Deadly. I don't know what to, <laughs> I watched it just today, a couple hours ago. I don't know what to, I mean, you've seen it. You know, you yeah. know that what that movie's like. So, Kiss Me Deadly, it's like a, it's like a noir movie. Um, this guy played by um, what's that uh, actor's name? Ralph Meeker. Ralph Meeker, yeah. He uh, he's driving. It's set in L.A. Obviously, as many great movies are. Um, he's uh, driving along like the freeway or whatever at night. He, see, he encounters a girl, um, who like stops him. He's flying down with this girl. Um, he gives then he he you know he gives her a ride or whatever, and uh, finds out she's escaped from a mental asylum. And then uh, gets in a car, some kind of car accident, 
And then uh, she dies and he survives. And then he kind of the movie is him kind of trying to get to the bottom of 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 this case that just becomes more and more like more and more incoherent, I guess. Like it spirals more yeah. and more out of in the nonsense. I think which I think is on purpose because like the really the main like thrust of the movie is just kind of this character's um the character's name is uh, he's a really cool name. It's J- Mike Hammer. Oh yeah, yeah. It's based on yeah. a se- series of novels. Uh, oh, is it related yeah. to Army Hammer? Um, hopefully not. <laughs> yeah, that guy got into a little bit that of trouble. Got, that guy got into some trouble. Yeah. Um, a little bit. But yeah, the, because the main, like, 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 pull, push and pull of the movie is like, um, as opposed to, okay, bring it, let's bring it back. As opposed to movies like, uh, you know, like The Quiet Man or, or Xiao Wu, right? Where the, the, the main drama is like kind of looking at this, like, a society as a whole or this community as a whole. The the kind of main like driving force in this movie is just kind of seeing like um kind of the change in this character this Mike Hammer character right because he kind of at first he's just kind of interesting you know because he he's like a very he's a very interesting character because like on the surface he's like yeah this like kind of like you know devil may care or like or not devil may care but sort of cavalier like like a PI right but you see he's like he's like very he, I don't know like his investment in this case is like very personal from the get go. Mm-hmm. where he, he you see he's like okay he's like very interested in like this woman and what happened to this woman because like you know he took like a liking to her and then like you know you see you see kind of how the the the, the movie kind of the the plot kind of involves more and more like people you know i won't spoil anything but like you know more and more people he cares about sort of become and in, entrapped in, in with it so you kind of see like how he I don't know. Like, I, like he just became, like at first, like yeah, it's sort of personal, but like he's mostly like intellectually, like just interested because he's like a, that's the kind of guy he is. But you kind of see how like this kind of exterior becomes more and more stripped away um, to like the very end of the movie where he's just kind of I don't know. I won't like spoil anything, but like he changes a lot in like a. I guess I'll spoil a little bit. He kind of becomes just like more sort of like almost whimpering character by like the 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 end of the second act. Jared, if you remember, um, yeah, I kind of just because like you see him become just like so defeated by like, um, okay, get a spoiler alert for this for this like seventy year old movie. Yeah, um, his friend, his friend dies. Oh my god, the Greek guy. Yes, oh, the, yeah. the, the, the mechanic. Yeah, the mechanic. Yeah, and and like you you know you see that it takes like a like a huge toll on him. Like he, he he's like drinking at this bar or whatever. Um, then like his uh, his lady gets involved and like I don't know. I thought that was really like interesting. Kind of um, this sort of like um, have you kind of how it how it it takes almost this like the movie's kind of radical action that it takes this like really like sort of initially like by by the books like noir character and kind of like strips him down and like like almost like deconstructs him or like beats him down or whatever like i thought that was really interesting have you, like, have, you have you watched a lot of uh the film noirs i've seen a couple i've seen i've seen a good amount i've seen a lot of those humphrey bogart ones okay i've seen uh you know i've seen a lot of the uh robert mitchum ones you know yeah i i would say the so Sam Sanchez, he's a he's Maybe a big, I, he's a big noir's boy. I guess and, deconstruction isn't a good word, but like I don't know. I thought I thought that was cool. And yeah, and I'll probably, Sam will probably email in about how I'm getting something wrong. No, and, no. My well, I was going to say is like I, I think it's something that like I, I do think like kind of like that art though you're describing. It, it doesn't come up all the time because there's it depends on what the um, 
what the strategy, I guess, of what they're doing, sure, what the protagonist sure. is. Because sometimes they do that downtrodden thing and things get them down, stuff like that. The so the stuff I remember about Kiss Me Deadly, and it's been a it's been a little bit since I've seen it. Uh, the my, my main reason of watching this back in the day was because of Quentin Tarantino, because the whole briefcase oh. thing at the end of the movie is totally lifted right. with Marcellus Wallace in the briefcase yep. and opening it up. It is a reference to Kiss Me Deadly. Uh, yeah, that, that 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 part's so funny. Yeah, and because like, well, yeah, the, the the end, and then but there's also uh, kind of like weird references. I guess you could even draw to Lost Highway, where the uh, there's the beach house, uh, kind of doing this inverted explosion, that, that's and stuff what like I was that, thinking. and it's like Kiss Me Deadly. So like, this movie gets it seems to have left its mark on a lot of filmmakers because right. I think it is fairly. Um, it's got a punchiness to its violence. Uh, that's like there's right. movies in the same era that do have these like grotesque kind of uh, off-camera torture scenes, right. and like that's not unusual. But this sure, movie sure. seems to have a lot of it, and like it is very right. disjointed. Like it's very uh, uh, punctuated, and it just jumps beat beat to beat. And my and camera is like about... comical in his right. like gra- his like how much of an asshole he kind of is. And it's like I yeah, and, I, and I, th- I thought that was so funny too. Like. Exactly what you're saying as well. It's like as those as those that like those you kind of get more and more violence. The 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 like plot he's unraveling becomes more incoherent and like more complicated. Right. And then there's scientists yeah. and you're just like Yeah, and I, like and like nuclear technology and it's like yeah. but and the end the end is just like totally it almost reminds me of like a Godard movie, the ending. It's just like totally farcical by the oh, ending. Yeah. You're just like, uh I guess that's that then. <laughs> Uh, potentially, you're just like, yeah, everyone. Everyone could just be. It, it could be an apocalypse, or it just. And that's it. It ends on this very almost unearned uh, conclusion of just like, well, damn, that's uh, abrupt in a way that like right. you weren't expecting. A, it's, it's, it's a movie called Kiss Me Deadly, and it, that doesn't. It sounds like any noir there ever has been. Uh, there's so many movies that have exactly those words in them it seems deadly kiss yeah and the title the title doesn't even make sense i mean you see like the ending she's like kiss me but like the title doesn't make sense with the movie at all yeah uh, which is like kind of very a very like funny and like I, I don't know i wonder i'm not familiar with robert aldrich's like oeuvre so i wonder how like self-aware a lot of those actors in the movie were uh, it's hard to how say intention- I, I i i really like robert aldrich um his movies like Dirty Dozen, for instance, uh, which is, is uh, some premium World War II uh, dad cinema action. Uh, that, that's dad some, wave? Dad, dad wave. Alzana's Raid and Emperor of the North Pole. All. I was, I was thinking about Alzana's Raid. I was like, someone asked me, I don't know how I came up, but I was like, I was Googling like, uh, violent Western Vietnam War allegory because <laughs> I was trying to find the name of that movie and I couldn't find it. <laughs> that's that's the ticket. He's an interesting yeah, guy. Totally. Yeah. Right, RJ. Okay, to- RJ. Totally. Whatever, RJ. <laughs> he's so totally. He's so, he's, he's so he's so above it all. I yeah, feel wow. I feel a role. Are you sad because you let your left out, RJ? No, I'm doing my own thing oh, over man. here. You guys talk about whatever you want yeah, all day. Our, 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 <laughs> okay, the, the one thing that is actually pretty shocking, looking at the uh, Kiss Me Deadly litter box entry, is 106 minutes. Good God. 
That's a, that's a long noir for like a cheap it's little a, like movie of the, that feels kind of like, you know, at the end of the day, yeah. you're like, that sounds kind of disposable. But yeah, so this was cool because I remember uh, picking up the uh, MGM DVD of this way back when. That's got the uh, the very sultry cover of this man grabbing this woman by the waist with her uh, striped mm-hmm. shirt on the beach. And you're like, kiss me deadly. Ooh, la, la. And then yeah, you what were, does that mean? Yeah. And so I... Yeah, after the Tarantino reference to this movie, uh, Danny Perry's, uh, one of his cult movie books, talks about this movie fairly high regard. It's kind of just being, mm-hmm. uh, it's an unusual period for the time uh, because it's got this strange ending that also mm-hmm. is kind of Cold War-y. And right. it's got the conspiracy and cover-up stuff. And, you know, the, uh, they killed my friend. <laughs> and, and, and really taking it to heart. But yeah, right. yeah. And, I'm and, looking at the reviews on Letterboxd, and I guess I wasn't wrong, but because the the first, the first review, the highest review is a Godard reference. Uh, on Kiss Me Deadly. So oh, I, I guess okay. other people Re- picked on that. Put on that. Let's see here. Well, yeah, well, yeah. There's a. I think on the on the Wikipedia page, uh, there's a lot of talking about being a precursor to the French New Wave. And, right. and, oh, and, really? oh, and has really? been cited as a major influence on a number of filmmakers, including Francois Truffaut, Jean-Luc Godard, Alex oh, Cox, and Quentin Tarantino. Looks like I'm a genius. A genius. Yeah. Yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like it totally reminds me of like Weekend or something. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, Weekend. That's all the movies I watched. Sergeant. I almost want to go back and talk about The Quiet Man again because I, I butchered that so bad. Maybe you guys <laughs> no, didn't. You, you were good. Man. You're, you're too hard on yourself, kid. Don't yeah. worry about it. You I'm going to make sure know. no one listens to this episode. I'm going to make sure this, this is the lost episode. Oh, my goodness. Oh, no. There's only one lost episode, yeah. and uh, we don't talk about that one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh-oh. All right, sorry. Yeah, that, that's all I have this week. Sorry that took so long. Well, I was just going to say, hey, RJ, are you ready to talk about uh, Voyager Season 7 in its entirety now? Yeah, we're going to talk about all 26 episodes. Yeah. Uh, and I think I haven't been <laughs> generous enough for Voyager, so I think that I should give the episodes the time they deserve. So I'm going to do about 5-10 minutes each, I think. So 10 minutes each, 26 episodes, 260 okay. minutes. S- starting yeah. next week. Uh, Starting this week. Uh, <laughs> no, I know, I, I know. Sam really wants that. He wants that six-hour episode. No, he, I'm just, I'm just teasing. He's not going to yeah, get it. Yeah, you can it. do what you want. You, you probably don't want to be part of the six-hour episode because uh, by the end hey, of those man, six hours, I, I bought, I bought adult underwear for this episode. I'm, I'm in for the long, for the long haul. You bought can you adult underwear means? as opposed to what, children's underwear? Isn't that a thing? Isn't that what people call adult underwear? D- it's like d- big. D- you mean you mean oh, uh, diapers? diapers. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. Sorry, not diapers. <laughs> yeah, I bought some big boy underwear. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> uh, yeah, I've got I've got adult underwear you. here too. I'm, I'm, yeah, yeah. That's I awesome. don't got any. So <laughs> oh, RJ, really? RJ doesn't give a shit. Between yeah, but, well, sick. we're batting over five hundred at least for uh, between the three of us. So mm-hmm. you know, okay. there's, there's enough there's enough to go around for everybody. Mm-hmm. I've nice. seen Jarrett's underwear so many times, uh, like on camera, that really? I just stopped wearing mine. Yeah. Oh yeah, that dude's always walking around bare ass. Always. Well, I, yeah. Pooh bear. When there's no one, when there's no one home, mm-hmm. I go naked sometimes, just around. Just I mean, I do that. L- l- hey, listen, dear listeners, you can you can go to bed, rest easy. You just imagine 
Sam just walking around naked when no one's around. Yeah. Maybe maybe Ooh, one day he'll maybe one day he'll come to your home. Yeah, I'll come into your home and walk around naked. Sorry, no, but you guys, it's not, now the floor is yours. That's thanks for thanks for letting me hold you and your listeners hostage. You're you're, you're hey. very welcome. Like I said, you did good, kid. You're you're good. Don't worry about it. That's why you're here. What is this, Clint? Jared, Jared, this Clint, Clint Eastwood over here. Oh, kid. Hey, kid. Hey, kid. I knew, I'm excited oh. for the new movie. By the way, it's probably gonna be good. I, I I'm a late. Talking about I'm a, Gran Torino. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, cry, cry, uh, cry, macho. I will say I'm a defender. I'm, I'm a late Eastwood defender, but we won't, we won't get into that right now. That's right. good. Yeah, we got no is, problem. Is, is cry macho a cowboy picture? Uh, no, I think it's, I, I, I think it's like a neo Western thing. Like, uh, I oh, guess, I guess, I guess though. the mule, I guess the mule isn't really neo Western, but it's kind of that vibe, I think. Hmm. What is this? Neo Western. Why? We a, why we, Clint? We gotta get some more Craig S. Craig Zoller. I gotta say, I'm not, I'm what? not, a, I'm not a fan of this uh, makeup I'm seeing on Clint. Well, he's fucking ninety years old. I, Give him a I know, man. but they're trying to like cover it up. It's like, is he being digitally retouched? Nah. I don't know. This is... Maybe he just looks like that now. Uh, when you, when you get done. old, oh yeah, he does look a little, a little, um, uh, Disney fied. A little digital, yeah. A little Disney-fied. Hmm. I don't know. Here, here RJ, I'm going to send this in the chat. You can uh, you can decide. The Skype chat? Yeah. yeah. Oh! Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah that, that is the Disney. Yeah, he is, looks is, a little... Is, is, is this the Irishman? Filter. The Irishman? <laughs> Not enough hands in the uh, the cover for it to be the Irishman. <laughs> yeah. Okay, sorry. Pants I don't pants. know if you guys talked about this. Craig, you and care for the Irishman so bad. <laughs> The cover? It, the, the, yeah, the, the criterion cover with the Irishman. I'm sorry. I know this is maybe sacrilege to say among you nerds who listen to this podcast. <laughs> yeah, you um, nerds. But a lot of criterion nerds. covers are really bad. And they are. And yeah. I went, and oh, I, they used and to I be wish, so good. They used I to be wish so good. most of the time, honestly, I wish they would just use the poster. For the, the poster. That, honestly, like. What do you, they, what do you think try, about that big K? Yeah. When they try to be clever and do their own little thing, it's like just use the poster. I think what they should do is allow me to draw the covers for all. Okay. See that? That's even better. That's why. See, that's because why I'm on this podcast. We're, the, we're blinking and building. We're creating. building. I yeah. mean, I have created the cover for one of their criterions, mm-hmm. and I've sent it to Jarrett, and we have tried to get this made into a T-shirt, but the costs, the costs. They are out of control, so uh, we're we're working on it, guys. We know we we would like to have easily accessible merch with my cover for a criteria right. film, but uh, man, yeah. got, you know, probably one of the oh, man. This punch drunk love one always makes me sad. Oh yeah, oh, with uh with with um Adam Sandler and uh, the Emma, yes. what's your name Emma yeah. not the, Emma Watson, Watson. yeah yeah Emily Emily or Emily Emily Watson. Yeah. Yeah, Emma Watson's from Harry Potter. Yeah, Emily, or is it Mortimer? Mortimer? <laughs> Mortimer? Yeah, some, yeah, you know, some, <laughs> now, these days. Well, for instance, the uh, being Sean Malkovich as well. That thing with the, mm. it's like the eye in the tunnel. Nah, I don't know about that one. Yeah, I don't know. Some of them, like uh, like uh, Slam here was saying, sometimes the poster was just pretty good. Could have just yeah. left it. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. 
that's, yeah. that's why we anyways now now back to you guys <laughs> uh, we're, 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 we, don't, we don't have anything to, jared doesn't watch movies anymore <laughs> no god relax what you going to talk about your show which show uh star trek yeah <laughs> yes yeah, yeah, oh, okay. sh- yeah, show <laughs> yes yeah, show. show talk about your show daryl your, li- your little show you know that little show no. you watch with your friends no. yeah. you know the one we, well the no space boys. I, I think we will forego uh the show but we can talk about the, the news uh anything i want to talk about from this past week um there's a new new schrader is on the horizon new, new, new Schra- schrader? Schrader? paul schrader yep I, yeah uh, I did, I the did. card counter yes with uh oscar Yep, with Oscar Isaac. Um, I bought tickets to go see that on the tenth, so hopefully um, there won't be a lot of people in the theater because mm-hmm. I don't know. Good. Yeah, I, I I was like not going. I've I was like not going to movies at all. Like you know, even when they're open because you know COVID. But like I don't know, movie theaters are like pretty empty still here. Ah, uh, when you feel ready, you're ready, right? Yeah, I I'm not gonna go back for a while, but that's just me. It's my right. choice. Yeah, I didn't go back until like I saw I saw Pig in a theater, and that's that's the only time. That's the only one, and there was like there I was the only person in the theater. Ooh, even so, better. Yeah, I ordered online, and I saw that there was like no there was like no tickets being sold, so I felt comfortable. Yeah, doing even that. better. Yeah. There was a article in Creepsville local newspaper today about the the new Schrader film. I was going to send a picture of that to uh, Jared because I was like, Creepsville newspaper talking about a Paul Schrader film. Really? What is this? Yeah, we our city has about three hundred people population, right, Jared? Right. Mm-hmm. So and half of them are in jail. Surprising. Half of them are in jail, and the other half. Right. Are so he he occupies more than one civilian seat on the. Uh, oh really? Population. Yeah, nice. it's part of his contract. I don't know. It was, it was a whole thing. Yeah, I don't know if I understand it, but you know they do. That's how they do things up up there. Yeah, it's it's a weird place, but uh, it, it feels right, and that's what matters. Um, right. o- Omar died. Yeah. 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 yeah Michael K. Williams. Yeah. 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 My uh, sibling today texted me. <laughs> They texted Michael, all lowercase, no punctuation. Michael misspelled K Williams. <laughs> That's they it. Texted me that, yeah. And later on, they said died. <laughs> you ain't like look, cool. look at this. I, I took a, I took a screenshot. It was so funny. Because <laughs> you're like, this is a strange thing. Michael to K Williams. That's it. And eventually, That's it. eventually. Yeah. yeah. Huh. Yeah, dies died. They misspelled died. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that was. Yeah, that's that's crazy. He was only like fifty-four. Yeah. Yeah. It's. It sounds like potentially drugs got him, which is too bad. Oh, you know. That's, yeah, that it's is sad. But I mean, that was just a rumor floating out there. So. Yeah, I don't know. Could have been anything, regardless of whatever it was. That's too bad. Yep. He yeah, was. Really he seemed sad. like a. He could be on your cool guys uh, list. Mm-hmm. Just him, just as a person. Yeah, true. Well, he but doesn't really. I think you misunderstand the the cool, the cool guy, guy list. I think you. you I think you're. He's a genuine thing. cool guy. Right. Genuine. Yeah. Genuine. Um. It's like and falling, I don't like falling down. Yeah, and don't. Yeah, get like true. 
don't get me wrong. I don't misunderstand that list. I misunderstand okay. all lists. Oh, I've sure, never sure. understood things. Okay, yeah, d- even yeah. your own lists. Yeah. yeah, I don't. I don't make lists for the aliens list. Hey, that list is my only legacy. My only mm-hmm. legacy. But people frequently are on there doing other things. I got a list on. Like I got a comment. Well, well, sometimes, but I got a comment on my Stephen King list the other day, and it was just like, you should put these two movies on there, and it's like they're already on there. It was like really <laughs> well-known movies too, like yeah. 1408. It's like why? Is it <laughs> on it's like it is. I. That's pretty mm. funny. I don't know. What to, uh, and then one guy was like, put this movie on there. And I was like, what is this? And I looked it up and it was Dean Koontz instead nice. of Stephen King. He's like, are you fucking with maybe, me? Maybe, or like, maybe, maybe, maybe that's the joke. Same guy maybe. 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 I'm really uh, proud of the uh, the legs that my Mountie exploitation list has. What's that one rocking at? Uh, what are we at here? Uh, it's loading. It's very uh, 28 likes, which is... Like 20, oh, nice. 22 more than I would have ever expected. Well, your uh, fandom thread review is pretty up there. Is it up there? I haven't. I haven't, I haven't... I, if I recall correctly. Uh, well, my most popular review is for Haunters, The Art of the Scare, uh, mm-hmm. where I wrote, You can't say you've really lived until you've seen footage of a guy in a Super Mario costume paying a guy in dog food to get waterboarded for kicks. Uh, people seem to like that um, one. Yeah, I guess you're right. You can't. Yeah. Oh, it's only 15 likes. What was I thinking? Oh, sorry. I thought it was like at least like 50. Tell tell him more about how he's disappointed you tonight. Jarrett, I just... Has his appearance disappointed you in any way? I don't know. Oh, I knew what Jarrett looked like. Yeah, he saw me on Uh, Sunday. Like like, there's that video on on YouTube of you guys that's out Mm. there. Oh, yeah. Were you you, also shocked to see that? You guys also get photoshopped into memes on Instagram. Yeah, yeah. yeah. pretty frequently. Rob Was Eagle I... has pretty much every picture we've ever taken, yeah, even Rob pictures we've like... ever shared somehow, <laughs> which is startling. He like makes he just makes a meme of like a picture of you like yesterday. Mm-hmm. Just like I, I I got the grocery store. It's like what TFW. You you go to the grocery store. You don't have enough time to to watch movies because you gotta go to the grocery store. Is it a picture you taken yesterday? Yeah, it's like the the local <laughs> newspapers right behind me, just conveniently with the date, and then yeah. there's just me kind of looking a little scared. And then the <laughs> next day, local international celebrity podcaster missing, and yeah. then it goes, hmm, what happened? What happened? If you just got replaced, what if like no no one no like fan first man of it, just one day Rob Eagle took. RJ's place. Oh, I'd love that. That'd be funny. The, I'd love the I'd taste love that. of freedom. Taste, yeah, Jared yeah. and Rob Eagle can do every podcast from now on if they want. He's never even yeah. been on. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you're you're yeah. welcome to it. What do you think his voice sounds like? What do you think his address is? Let's Crikey. Guess. Yeah. I'm living at one two English Lane. <laughs> yep. That's him. I think. Yeah. Man, okay, you, you sound like you sound like a Mike Lee character. Yeah, you do a little bit. You sound kind of like a, like a Mancunian. I've I've been known to dabble in different roles. Yeah. Here and there. Yeah. Here and there. Um, let's see. What's other news? Um, I guess we already talked about Dune and the Matrix. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, those are those are going on those, for those, sure. It's going down. It's going down. When when's the release date for New Matrix? 
uh what no- know? November? November November or December yeah oh nice like, okay. th- th- yeah soon enough soon enough well gents uh we have a movie to talk about we're like three hours in but that's okay that's okay that's only fine. only 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 after the break we're going to learn all about RJ's newest favorite movie of all time <laughs> With his favorite characters, <laughs> old mm-hmm. jo- Johnny most, and Jerry. Most relatable characters no. to RJ. No. Yeah. Oh, potentially. Potentially. Mm-hmm. After the break. Oh, man. Whew. sensation at the Cannes Film Festival, winning Best Actor and Best Director awards. <laughs> at the Toronto Film Festival, it won the Critics' Prize. From acclaimed director Mike Lee, the creator of High Hopes and Life is Sweet, a different kind of movie. It is a proper relationship. Living with someone who talks to you after they've bonked you. Are they both the same size, or is one bigger than the other? You look like my mother. Was your tattoo painful? Yeah. Good. A new film by Mike Lee. And we're back. This is the Criterion Creeps podcast. And tonight we're talking about Naked from 1993, directed by Mike Lee. And we're joined by Patreon co-host Sam Loveland. How are you, Sam? I'm great. For for, for, our, for our YouTube listeners that will only listen oh, yeah. to this side, they, they'll miss out on three hours yeah. of chatter all the, beforehand. All the nerds and no. fools who who only listen to the YouTube. Yeah, you turbo know. nerds? Turbo nerds. Yep. And they're kind of like, I want to know what these guys have to say about this year movie the called guys, yeah, Naked. So- yeah, some guy, some like forty-year-old guy is gonna someone's he's gonna get really mad at me. He's gonna, he's, <laughs> he's, he's gonna he's gonna comment this this is the stupidest oh, yeah. guy of all you know. 
Don't yeah, worry, I'll, I'll protect you. I, I, I can almost guarantee that whatever I say after oh, you guys yeah. mm-hmm. talked oh, is going sure. to garner way more hate than anything either of you guys will say. So don't oh, worry. Absolutely. Yeah, th- yeah, yeah. I mean, look, if, if someone clip puts a thumbs down or comments on your comment, that's, you know, all press is good press. I, I will There's, say. Sure. <laughs> I will say that I think that the, the hate seems to have cooled off um, a, little bit. a little bit. So it's been it's all been it's been manageable. But you know, I say it now, but now I'm just daring them. I'm daring them out of the woodwork. Yeah. That yeah. all being said, the tagline for this film, RJ. <laughs> yeah. When unbalance leads to submission. Mysterious. Ooh. Um. Can you explain? An unemployed Brit vents his rage on unsuspecting strangers as he embarks on a nocturnal London odyssey. Like the odyssey, do you think, Jared? Well, yeah, actually. Let's talk, we'll, we'll talk about that later. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I've read Homer's The Odyssey. Yeah, I've sure. read Homer the Simpson yeah. character. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. I've read Dune. The, the, I mean, the, the, ph- the philosophy of the Simpsons. Yeah, no big deal. Yeah. And buy those yeah. books at, at Barnes and Noble. They're like the philosophy of of the walk of Walking Dead. <laughs> oh, sorry. Back to, but... to the movie. What's this the philosophy? This, yeah. this, this, this Zombies your, are bad. This your picture uh, naked. So this is a movie that I watched a long time ago. It feels like probably fifteen years ago. Uh, I had a mm. friend of mine who had spent some time in England, came back loving all all elements of the Anglo world. Why? Uh, I don't know. They, but they love so um they they love tell the television. They like Mighty Boosh. <laughs> they like uh Jesus, what's the name of some of these shows? Boosh-head. Boosh-head. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Uh I can't remember, you know. I'm trying to think of any of a TV show off the top of my head. She brought back all these DVDs, all these series. Angus Thongs and Good Snogging. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. that's a classic, a classic, witty British TV show. Yeah, yeah. There is that what you're thinking of, Jared? No. <laughs> oh, okay. But anyway, so they had a region-free player, and they're like, "Oh, you got to watch these shows," and they kept ordering stuff from Amazon.co.uk. And you start noticing when you're watching a lot of uh, British cinema, especially contemporary stuff, the stuff that's like well regarded, there's sort of the this vibe that we came up with. It's called Come to England, which is um, I'm gonna ask you about that. Tag. Which is the, the opposite of somewhere where you want to travel to. <laughs> I don't know if, uh, uh, if either of you are familiar with the Tim Roth film, the the, the War Zone. It's the only movie mm-hmm. he ever directed. Uh, that movie really typifies this vibe of these movies where you're just like, it just seems like this is the most miserable place in the world. Why do people live there? Why do I have to watch every, every, if they're talking English, but I got to watch it with subtitles, that, that kind of thing. Well, that's true. People listen to us with subtitles, right? Uh, ca- yeah, cap- captioning it. Your yeah. guys is thick. Accent, Canadian mm-hmm. Plains accents. Big That's Italian it. accents. It's just too much. You know, it's a little too much. Especially when you start you doing know. the French Canadian. But oh, that being said, so mm-hmm. uh, this is a movie I had seen some time ago. And there's a few things I remembered about it. Uh, specifically, the the character of uh, Jerry and his, his chuckle snort laugh. Um, 
really embedded itself in my head uh, when he comes out of the kitchen and just goes, marvelous tits. That is one of those things that stuck in my head. Uh, Mm -hmm. Basically, just like the ramshackleness of David Thewlis in the movie, who I think at the time, I don't know if I was super familiar with as an actor. He wasn't in a lot of things that um, I was watching at that time. I was not watching the Harry Potters. Uh, whenever it is, he shows up in those. Uh, it's just for like one of them. Okay. But uh, yeah, yeah, he's in he, three he... onwards, I think. And like, yeah, whenever that character dies, I don't know. Spoiler. <gasps> oh no. He's, well, just kidding. He's he's mainly in Prisoner of Azkaban, and then he kind of right. pops up later. But he's known as Jarrett would know him as uh, David Dewis, the guy who's playing the villain for the evening, mm-hmm. which happens quite a bit. Mm-hmm. He's in Wonder Woman. Sure. Does, he, does he throw? Yeah. Does, does he throw well, tanks a, around? He's also in the bit. new Avatar. He's gonna be in the new Avatar movies too. He's gonna be one of the Avatars. I yeah. heard. Well, that's the thing yeah. about David Thewlis is that like he like he hasn't been like his career is like after Naked, which was like not that long ago. He's been like crit like mad prolific since then. Mm-hmm. Like you look at his filmography and it's like he's only been working really steady since like the the early nineties. Well, and but he's been like like soup like he's been in so much stuff. Well, so I, the movie I'd seen with him beforehand uh, really might have been like Dragonheart, uh, and then probably the movie I, a movie I saw probably so many times and didn't really clue in on who this guy was was The Big Lebowski, and because oh he, yeah because he, he also says <laughs> laugh yeah. again laughs that's that's the way to win me over when as a moviegoer. Because um, yeah, because you barely even see him in the movie though too, because he's always like seated or like off in the distance, <laughs> being mm-hmm. very unhelpful. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, I'm just looking through his filmography right now. Gangster number one, everybody remembers that, right? What about his role in James and the Giant Peach, Jared? He's terrific. Oh, yeah, he's in the worm. Film. I like the, have terrific. Here, I, never seen it. I know it. you haven't seen it. Never. It's you're. It's a Jarrett pick, and I don't. Oh, I don't that's toss definitely that out very lightly. Pick. Yeah, James and the Giant Peach is a Jarrett pick, a hundred percent. Absolutely, yeah, hundred percent. And if you don't like that movie, then I don't really, I don't get it. I don't get you as a person. Yeah, you know true. what I mean. I, yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah, Slam Love Machine what, gets it. What, he agrees. What is a Jarrett pick? My God, people should be worried. There's, there's not a lot of them out there, but James and the Giant Peach. That's a Jarrett pick. No. He's in uh, Basic Instinct 2. <laughs> Hell yeah. Hell yeah. He's, he's also in that Terry Gilliam movie no one saw, The Fifth Estate. Oh, or no, Z- Zero State. Theorem? Uh, Zero Theorem, sorry. Yeah, nobody saw that yeah. one. No one saw that movie. Mm-mm. <laughs> no. um, he's, also, he's in The Thinking of Ending Things, the recent movie. He's in that thing? Oh, he's the, the dad. dad. Yeah. yeah, yeah, okay. I remember that now. Yeah. I forgot, but I remember. Yeah. So I was going to this movie anew, really, outside of these vague memories of a man in like in his speedo, kind of sure hang, hanging out at times. And then there was a bunch of other characters, but I, was, I couldn't. It would come back to me, I guess. So um, the first thing I just want to note is, looking at Wikipedia plot summary, let me. It's here. It begins with in a Manchester alley, Johnny Fletcher has violent sex with a woman. When her family arrive and chase him away. He steals a car and flees to Dalston, a scrawny, unpretentious area in East London. So, who wrote this? Because <laughs> that doesn't <laughs> that that part of the family arriving mm-hmm. does not occur 
at all. Uh, a lady well, she comes threatens. out of the alley. Well, yeah, she threatens to uh, yeah. get to her, call her uh, a man, her perhaps. Husband. Yeah, yeah. Her so, husband, yeah. And then he um, takes off, and mm-hmm. so this movie opens up with yeah, a rape, a, a, an assault, yes. an assault. Uh, See, it's either I think the most generous thing you could say is that it's it was maybe consensual, rough, but un, consensual un, until it then wasn't it becomes. Yes, exactly. And then it becomes unconsensual. And that's yeah. um, quite a way to introduce your main character. And, and the camera, and, and, and you get some fancy camera work, too, of this camera kind of like coming up down the alley. And you hear this kind of like, you hear sex sounds. And then it takes a turn as it gets closer and closer. And then it kind of like, oh, this guy is just having at it. And she's like, no. And she fights him off. And then she's like starts cursing him out for what he's done, and she's going to get her husband, uh, and they're going. She's going to beat the shit out of him, and he's just like, oh, and he starts running away, and you're just like, oh, am I rooting for this guy? <laughs> like, this yeah. is this is strange. Uh, um, and, and he comes across a car that is got a uh, the well, key is in the trunk. This is something I didn't pick up on first. You see him leave his his apartment. You see him like grab his stuff from his apartment. Like oh. very briefly. Oh wow, yeah, that's like a. It seems like almost like a persistent scene of him just like going right to this, coming across well, well, this car. Because that's where he gets his bag. Right. I used to figure yeah. he maybe. He, it seems like he always has his bag with him with his right. books. Yeah, I thought he was homeless first time I watched the movie, and then. Ro- yeah, he seems like he's just roving around, and then uh, this happens. He steals the car from a, a woman who's like unloading her car of groceries. Um, and that's the last you see, ever see of her. And then you have mm-hmm. the opening credits uh, of uh, Locke style of a man driving down, I don't know, whatever it is, the uh, the British interstate um, with the moody music that plays that kind of permeates the rest of the movie, uh, which I, I would actually do think is actually a, a highlight of the movie is the effectiveness of the score throughout this motion picture. So where is he going? Well, mm-hmm. he, he winds up in London. He dumps the car on ceremony. Oh, something I wanted to say real quick. Oh, yeah. Um, you mentioned the camera work in the in the opening part. Um, this movie was shot by Dick Pope, who's <laughs> great name. Um, who is uh, he shot? Once. I think I think basically all of Mike Lee's movies. Um, and the thing is, like Mike Lee's kind of known for like, and I'll get into this later with like some of you know when I talk about the movie more. But like, um, his movies tend to be kind of static. The camera, nothing really fancy going on. Um, just kind of basically finding a decent frame, just pointing the camera and letting the actors just like go go wild. But there's actually like I think one of the many ways this movie kind of stands out in like Mike Lee's filmography, as, as far as I know, is like the camera work. There actually is like some really like interesting like visual flourishes with like the camera, like like that opening scene with like the handheld stuff too. It's, it's like very I don't know. I thought it was very uh, effective. You know. Yep, I do know. Do you guys remember at the Oscars <laughs> three, four years ago when they read his name out as Dick Poop? Do you guys remember that? Uh, I don't remember that. You Google it later, okay? <laughs> right. That's, uh, no, I just, just... See, I'm I'm just trying to help you out, Sam. I know you don't want to get any heat from the internet guys here, so I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to give them as much ammunition as possible. Assuming You're that late. was for the movie Mr. Turner. So that'd yes, be, that'd it be, was. That would be for the that would be for the 2014 uh, Academy yes. Awards. 
yeah so uh, more than a couple years ago but uh it's it's right up here it's like it was yesterday mm-hmm. yeah it was quite a thing watching that live dick poop <laughs> and then everyone went huh? <laughs> i think it was like idris elba or something like that too it was pretty funny oh well anyways you guys continue talking about the movie and i'll i'll, I'll continue to make uh brilliant uh, observations over here mm-hmm. stellar stuff so, well so he makes his way toward a former girlfriend uh, named Louise's uh, flat, and he she no one's home, so he's just kind of like hanging out till someone comes by, and someone does come by. Uh, one of her roommates, Sophie, who is played by Catherine uh, Cartledge, who I learned uh, while looking up this movie the other day, died. Um, yeah. back, back in like 2002, like, like Yeah, and yeah, and yeah. so she was a um, she was also a uh, sort of Mike Lee regular. She like, she's been in several of his movies. Yeah, it seems mm-hmm. like there. I mean, there was a lot of uh, like Lars von Trier had her in, uh, yeah, breaking, in breaking the waves. Yeah, mm-hmm. so yeah, it seemed like that that death at the moment at that time was like a quite a, like a shock to like a, a that group of filmmakers, and they started like a foundation i guess and a fund or something like that for her mm. for like in memory of her i guess but uh yeah so i, I had no idea though that she had died because i was just like i remember me oh yeah i remember her she's been in stuff and I'm like whatever happened to her because she'd be quite a bit older at this point and then it's like oh she didn't get older very sad so he what do you mean <laughs> she died <laughs> oh okay <laughs> were people sad about that or yeah that's what i heard Are- Jared just no oh man, come on RJ. I was just I gotta ask, someone's gotta ask the questions. I'm just curious. What are you What are you doing over there? I'm trying to post our Wednesday dudes thing because I forgot earlier. Ooh. So, so I'm gonna do that while you guys are. Bad continuing. look. Yeah. I I forgot. Slop. I gotta do it. I gotta get it out on Wednesday. <laughs> That's why no one emailed in. Slop, because... Sloppy shop. RJ. Yeah, well, yeah. what what do you guys should I do? Uh, <laughs> slice your prick off and shove it up your ass, or do you want some beans? Which one is more Wednesday? Um, probably dudes? beans is a little more a little wholesome. More. Slicing the dick off—that's more like a Saturday. That's a weekend vibes. Yeah, that's, that's definitely that's definitely Saturdays are for the boys type. Yeah. <laughs> we'll we'll go for the beans, okay? Yeah. Sorry. Continue, Jared. Yes, so, continue. um, well, uh, Johnny. Uh, just starts hanging out with Sandra, or sorry, sorry Sophie, Sophie. Th- th- those Sophie. names bounce. Between, I bounce between those two names pretty effortlessly. So Sophie and uh, they start they start smoking up and chatting away. And this is kind of where um, Sophie's her roommate, by the way. Yes, if, yeah, yeah. yeah her... clear. And they yeah. uh they live in some kind of sublet that uh they rent from Sandra, who's off screen for now. Right. For now. For now. Yes. We, we, we hear about her because you start getting a breakdown of her, of their living and their furniture. And it's like none of it's hers. And this is where we start getting introduced to the, the Johnny character, who is a man that doesn't talk like a normal person. He seems like a fairly well-read individual um, and has no problems letting you know about it and kind of almost lording over his uh, superior intellect and knowledge uh, talking about mammals and mammalians a lot, and, and talking about cheeky man monkeys. Man loves some mammals. He, yeah, he does. He 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 has his go-to, his pool of knowledge. Uh, maybe has limits to it as well. But 
So uh, there, there's some sort of sexual tension that's kind of left there, and he doesn't seem to be all that interested in that just yet. So uh, Louise comes home and finds um, that her ex from Manchester has just arrived, and she's not too pleased about this. There, there, it's kind of vague what it what kind of transpired between these two. Uh, probably as mm-hmm. a lot of uh, relationships breaking apart are like, where it's kind of left uncertain. But then there's obviously there's these emotional things that kind of exist between uh, the parties and kind of bitterness of rejection and abandonment. But also you can also you're getting the sense like maybe she's got pretty good reason to want to get away from this this guy because you can't even fathom what their relationship resembled because this right. guy, this guy's like on this trajectory of just utter destruction and it there's like the one there's the one line that comes up later when um i think it's sophie asks how old johnny looks is it sophie mm-hmm. and she tells so. yeah and she's like sophie. yeah and she's yeah. like yes yeah, and she so she's what twenty? She's in her twenties. Twenties, and then she's like, "How old do you think I am?" She's like, four, four, 40. and yeah. he's like, oh, "I'm twenty seven. And it's like very obvious that like he's a lot younger than forty. Because with that, when you're watching this, like I watched it on the Criterion Channel, you're seeing like how clear it is. David Lewis is like super like clean clear skin and he's just like a little like disheveled with like a bad crappy beard kind of uh, on his face that's about it but other than that it's like yeah like he's got a he does he needs a haircut he probably uh could be dressed a little bit better but 40 would be like man he just looks like garbage <laughs> but it's he's still at the end of the day an actor and so he is uh well, well this maintained part kind of yeah and like this part um the like, kind of animosity you bring up to... Sorry, I don't know if I'm allowed to like jump in here. I know yeah, usually you just... Do, okay. Do whatever. Okay, sorry. Jared's shaking like. his head. Dude, no, 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 no. I'm, I'm about to say... I'm saying... Go for it. Go for it. Yeah, that's all I'm saying. Jared's, You're fine. Start yeah. cursing under his breath. Um, yeah, just rip it. No, but like... It kind of sets up this interesting like... Because there's a lot of like... Johnny's kind of an ambivalent character. Like you learn a, a little bit about him. Like, you know, he talks about his mom later. Um, and like he ends up... That's something maybe you guys didn't know about the movie that I'll, I'll bring up later. Um, but, like, kind of the way that, like, Sophie is, like, very attracted to him, whereas, like, you know, someone who's just met him, he's, like, very charming on the surface to, like, Sophie, right? And to maybe several other characters we meet. But, uh, but like, Luis, you know, she's obviously a lot, like you said, a, a bit more d- distant. Maybe not totally cold, but just very, a lot more, like, distant. And that's, like, I don't know, the, just kind of setting up, like, the way this kind of sets up like Johnny, like the dynamics of Johnny as a character and kind of how other people like perceive him. I thought that like the, 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 I think I think this opening part's like really like interesting with that, like the, the dynamic you mentioned, um, which mm-hmm. is something that like Mike Lee, like his films seem to explore a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I guess I did mention. So I haven't actually seen a lot of Mike Lee movies. I have seen Secrets I've seen and a Lies. Of other I've seen Secret yeah. and Lies way back when because. Um, it was on your best of '90s movie list and stuff like that. So I rented, I rented it way back when. Uh, I remember being really good. It's been forever, and then I saw it naked years later. I've never seen Topsy Turvy though, and I think I own somewhere a copy of All or Nothing and Vera Drake on DVD, and I've never watched them. I've seen a handful of other ones, like pretty recently, mostly in preparation for this. Right. Um, 
Mm-hmm. Um, should we talk about Mike Lee now or probably later? Yeah, we, we, we talk about him right now. Whenever you feel like. Yeah. Okay, well, I don't know. I just wanted to, like, um, maybe it'd be better to talk about later. Just, like, because Mike Lee has, like, a very particular, like, process and, like, way that he works that's, like, very, um, I think, like, very notable, like, and worth mentioning, like, maybe later on, but... Um, I mean, I guess we can talk, I don't know. So you see, like, you know, like, like David Thewlis, you, you know, he's, um, you can already tell at this point in the movie, he's like pretty, you know, he's like a regular he, guy. Yeah. He's, he's a pretty weird, pretty weird dude. <laughs> like yeah. he's, you know, he, he's just like, you know, already has like this very like manic, like energy and, um, the way Mike Lee kind of actually, should we say this for later? I mean, if you if you're on the beach, just hit it. Yeah, there's no rules. Do whatever you okay, feel I, like. Okay, I just man. don't want to interrupt mid like summary. Oh, I don't want to. No, nah, do whatever feels. Okay, like. so should we talk a little bit like Mike about like Mike Lee, like the context of him? Sure. Should we do that. If you okay, yeah. I mean, what do you want? <laughs> what do you want, buddy? It's All right. Your okay. It's your day, pal. Um, so yeah, so Mike Lee. So I guess you know, um, he was he's from uh, Manchester. He was born in kind of a sort of a posh background. Um. His dad was like a dentist, so but he grew up, you know, Manchester. If any folks you don't know, it's like an industrial city, former industrial city, um, very working class. So he grew up around like the poor, around like working class people, um, and th- that's kind of something he's been interested in like his entire career, um, and in this movie as well. Um, he he started like he got into theater, but then I guess basically my understanding is that he kind of felt that theater was too. Um, too like fluffy restrict yeah like restrictive and like i guess he kind of had this eureka moment the story goes that uh there was a play that he was putting on that was being or that he wrote that like he directed that was being put on and like a table collapsed or something like something went wrong and so the actors kind of had to like improvise and like kind of figure out like where to pick up the music from there that kind of like that was kind of like the okay like that was like the eureka moment for him so like the way he's like process works is that he'll have like he'll do like a lot of improvisation with like and and the reason this is relevant is like you become clear i think in a second um but the way he, he like kind of works is um his uh he does like lengthy improv sessions right where like he'll he'll like he'll get actors together and like they'll spend like months kind of preparing like these characters their backgrounds and then he'll just kind of put them in situations have them like improv for like a couple of months and then like write the script from there um and so, like, like David Thewlis is like, um, you know, he he he's kind of obviously like, like the big, like like standout thing in this. I forget where I was going with this actually, but uh, but anyways, but the, but the, these like dynamics you see like, and the reason I bring up Mike Lee is like these dynamics you see within like characters. That's like a really important thing for for uh, for Lee because like yeah, this while this character, a lot of this like movies based around like Johnny and like his misadventures. Um, mm-hmm. Like, there's a lot of like. Like, he's, like, really exploring, like, like I said, the dynamics of, like, this relationship, right? So you think about his previous movies, like, Mean Time is, like, his, was, like, his big breakout movie. That's about this family, right? Um, movies like his, like, uh, Secrets, Secrets and Lies, which Jared has seen. Um, movies like Happy Go Lucky. Um, uh, Jack and Jill. Later. Jack and Jill. A, yeah. A favorite of, of his. Um, uh-huh. um, uh, Life is Sweet is a good example, too. Like, uh um the the way kind of like uh like but anyways like that's 
this stuff is like kind of the that's like the bread and butter of this movie which is like why I, that's why i bring up my the context of mike lee is just because like i think like understanding that is like a big key to understand like why this movie is like i don't know like the way this movie kind of ticks if that makes sense sorry that was a long tangent but i thought it'd be worth discussing sorry because he's a weirdo he's a bad dude i tell you this all the time no one listens to me johnny or Jarrett? yes Yes. So, uh, yeah. Right. So, so uh, Louise wants nothing to do with Johnny, and Johnny just is like, "Well, fine, I'll I'll start fucking Sophie," and he does, and you get to see more of that weird mean streak of his, where he likes to do a little bit of that choke fucking and being a brute and huh? being very gross, RJ. Yes, gross indeed. Gross. I also don't like the language you use there. Let's uh, dial that back a little bit, all right? <laughs> yeah, and something that should be clear, too, is that, like, the kind of the the consent from, like, Sophie is kind of unclear in these early it, scenes. Especially in the later scenes, too. But, I mean, in the early scenes, it's definitely, like, more consensual. But, like, you can tell, mm-hmm. you know, she, it's not necessarily something she's, like, was, like, She ain't super, super into, into it. Yeah. No. She's not. She's just kind of there. <laughs> this, yeah, this is where um, the complexities of human relations can be debated sometimes. Um, but here, you're kind of left with a icky vibe. So while this is transpiring, we're also getting flashes to a B story involving a man uh, who goes by the name of Jerry sometimes, and also Sebastian later on, and he's getting a massage um and you get a, a little taste of his his antics because he just like he likes to talk and ask questions and he he, he seems what kind to, of questions Jared? um aggressive questions sexually aggressive questions uh aimed toward women that he targets um kind of demeaning them making them question themselves but it seems like he's a man who's uh read the game or some of that before the game existed. It's like kind of like these weird, maybe things that only work in movies when the movie tells you it's going to work, or maybe things that actually play out in reality because sometimes strange behavior can pique the interest uh, in a person. And they're like, well, I'm never going for dinner with you. And the next time you see them, they're going for dinner. Uh, And then that doesn't work out. But then there's the, the waiter you have. She's very interested in what you've got going down. How interested? Well, she she goes home with uh, with Jerry, so very interested. Until she's not either, because once again we have a another uh, character who is, I guess, presented more as as an antagonist. Um, yeah, who also is into uh, rough stuff uh, and is not 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 really down with this whole consent thing. Could you could you possibly explain that in a little bit more detail to me, please? <laughs> could you just elaborate on what you mean? Huh? Uh, maybe not. I was just not. asking. Yeah. I'd like a, sometimes I'd like a little clarity because um, little, just, just, these these don't always know the, these men uh, are are men are men folk here. They're, they're or rapists. <laughs> that's uh, that's definitely one way to put it. Yeah. So there is that potential reading on uh, the behavior of these guys. So you have like kind of these two strands going on as these guys essentially are both targeting um, 
women and new conquests all the time. So we go back to Johnny. Uh, Johnny and Sophie kind of have a dalliance uh, that goes on for some kind of an indeterminate amount of time. And soon enough, Johnny is like more frustrated. It's like, why the hell isn't Louise getting jealous? And he's like, and he's, he's done with Sophie. He's, so he has like, he has like a little bit of a spat where he keeps following her around. And Sophie's like getting very, you know, upset by like, why aren't you paying attention to me? We could be making out. He's like, well, it's like, I have no interest in you now. Mm-hmm. And, uh, they have a, a row and he storms off to have a, a night out on by himself, uh, where we're introduced to, uh, the Ewan Bremner character of Archie, mm-hmm. a, a Scotchman, uh, who is out there looking for his partner, Maggie, a woman named great, Ma- great character. Yes. So, uh, we get, I get more of a, snapshot i guess of johnny out in the world interacting with people who <laughs> just mockingly having an interaction with this guy mm-hmm. um a person that you would be like if this if you saw this person who's telling you to get fucked and uh telling you to saw it off you'd probably just like i'm gonna steer clear of this but no 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 johnny has a, a mission of like in you know Forcing his will on the world, I guess, and mm-hmm. by, by also badgering away at uh, Archie and like undermining him and talking circles around him. But to what end? Hard to say. To what end, Jared? To well, what... that's what's kind of a uh, you talking about him forcing his will on the world. That's like a because something that you I think people you start to notice like which you mentioned like a, a second ago is uh, the Sebastian Jerry character and uh, and um, and like uh, and Johnny. Is that uh, whereas Johnny's like, you know, he's like a poor guy. He can't really, you know, he can like yell at people. He can be physically aggressive. He can like, you know, beat them into submission mentally or whatever. Um, Mark, Sebastian is actually like rich. He can actually like, he actually has like, you know, he, he actually has like wealth and influence that he, that he actually like he's, is able to. He's got a haircut. And he's, and he's got the haircut, you know, he's got the, the, the cool accent as opposed to. To, to Johnny's, you know, banshee like <laughs> man, Mancunian accent. It, 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 as as mm. as uh, is he a werewolf? Yeah. Whoa. Who's to say? Yeah, because because it's in the movie, and also he's in Harry Potter as werewolf. Um, uh, but anyways, do, do you know that, what his think, name is in Harry Potter? It's Lupin, Remus Lupin. <laughs> yeah. I was looking for something else. Uh, we'll come back to that later. Oh. You guys continue. Okay. All right. Okay. All uh, right. But yeah, but it, but but you kind of see like a, you kind of see similarities between both those two characters. But like, the main difference is like is like the actual ability of them to to con- exert their control on the world. If that makes sense. Yeah, but it's also, yeah, on the world and their, I don't know what the, what your a, a walk a takeaway from this movie would be in regards to like. Uh, how women are treated in this world uh, that Mike Lee's created with these interactions, right? Because I don't think he's, uh, in my mind, saying like, "Man, this Johnny guy is so cool." <laughs> like that's that's not at all. What's Wait, going really? On. Oh, I, I well, I, I, I that wasn't my interpretation. No, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, you think you think he's like, oh, yeah. I mean, I think Mike Lee's like 
that I am Johnny. This guy's so smart. Well, He's just like me. I think there's an importance too in the the that magic age number that uh, they settled upon of 27 because that's kind of like this like that's the number of like celebrities dying like Jimi Hendrix and Jim Morrison and Janis Joplin. It's like oh 27. That's when they get you. I think Keith Ledger or something. R.J. Like Baylog. R.J. Baylog. Uh, I mean, it's coming up in five, six years here. So uh, you guys have got to pray for me mm-hmm. for sure, 100%. But, yeah, so, enough. yeah, this is like a tale of a of a man who doesn't care. Uh, I don't even know if you'd call him a – I don't think it's a nihilistic thing or anything like that. But clearly directionless, but also just raging yeah. out against the world. Um, so – we he has he helps this Scotchman uh while just like kind of like hanging out on the streets. Um uh, and then he kind of splits up slash gets abandoned by the one guy. And eventually he does actually find the Maggie, which is handled in a way where it's like <laughs> I don't know, it's like good God, who are these people? Why are they here? Um and he starts following her around, and you can see that he's he's growing infatuated with her, weirdly. And then eventually, before anything more there there could materialize, the 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 couple finds each other, and then you get to see a man just you know assaulting his girlfriend, kicking her in the sure. ass over and over again until they walk out of frame, and you're just left with like Jesus, what a what a nightmare world <laughs> this mm-hmm. this all is. Men are horrible. Um, don't forget women and women. Equality. We're all bad. We're all, all right, bad. All right, RJ. <laughs> We're all bad. Yeah. yeah. Come on, man. Yeah. <laughs> and then we get to the next sequence of the movie uh, where Johnny is going to spend some time with a night watchman uh, of this building. And you're going to get a, uh, a discussion about everything or nothing with uh, actor Peter White uh, in a scene that was done in 26 takes i guess and they took this one it is all one two yeah Mm -hmm. so they they shot the the silhouetted scene uh probably Mm -hmm. one of the more again one like once i was like in this movie again i was like oh right this because i really this is the scene yeah and so i was like right 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 because peter white's also done other stuff that i was like oh it's not just this that i've seen him because he he was vaguely familiar but i think it's i think it's in he's in secrets and lies as well yeah, he's uh he's in a couple of leads, I think. Um, what kind of struck me about this scene is like, you know, first like how like just the the comedy of like this like security guard who has to guard a completely empty building, because that's something they mentioned is that there's nothing in the in the building he guards. Yeah. Like it's it's totally empty. Right. Yeah, he has like this very like, you know, it's 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 just kind of funny that like uh, you know, that, that, that there's something like very just kind of like, <laughs> I think like uh. <laughs> Like very sim- in a very like simple like primitive way, just like very funny, just about that. Um, but also like as we like hear about the Peter White character, you know, he talks about like you know he's divorced or whatever. He um, he's like he has these aspirations to like get a cottage in Ireland, I think. Yeah. Um, but just kind of the way that like these two guys like deal with their like the coping mechanisms, I guess these guys use. Whereas like Johnny, his his like his response to, to to i presume like anxiety or like you know the way he he copes or whatever with the world is by you know badgering people right by by reading books and spouting you know like picking on people or whatever and this is something we'll i think we'll you know this is something we'll probably mention several times whereas uh this night watchman right he he retreats in like this fantasy kind of this like fantasy world like 
And one of the things he says in their in their conversation, because like I think like the reason he kind of lets him in is you know because he can tell Johnny's like a smart guy. I guess he wants him with like a sparring partner or whatever. Johnny's like dropping you know all this hot knowledge on him, and the guy's just like no, you know like he he kind of lives in this almost like his own little world that he's made, yeah. which Johnny oh. does too, but in like it manifests yeah. itself differently, I think. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because like because the thing that gets keeps getting pointed out almost is like the to undermine. Um, Brian, the security guard, is like how all these things that he's saying are just cliches. Uh, yeah, and, whereas, yeah. like the, the Johnny, I guess I don't know. Maybe he is he is just one big cliche of a character, even though he's a fairly unique character. Well, all of, all of them are too, which I think is one of the that's like that's like one of the I guess irony is not the right word, but it's like you know that that's one of the things I guess going on in this movie too. Mm-hmm. So uh, we get a scene where uh, Johnny and Brian are looking out a window, looking out onto a drunk woman who just kind of teeters and totters back and forth in front of a window. It's like, every it's like a body night. double. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And then Johnny goes like, "Oh well, uh, well, I've we've had fun here. I'm off." And then he goes and pays her a visit, <laughs> and mm-hmm. uh, he's able to charm his way into her bedroom because apparently she wants it too and of course as all things of johnny goes when it goes with women there there's a real ugliness and kind of horrifying tension that you're just like (laughs) again what what's up with this johnny guy what 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 is what is the end of this movie (laughs) What, what 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 do you have to say about that rj I have. Uh, I'm going to reserve my comments to the end. I'm going to let you guys come talk in complete and full. The J and RJ is for Johnny. Mm-hmm. The J and RJ is. Well, fun fact. In Harry Potter, David Thewlis is uh, RJ Lupin. Oh. Just so you guys know. That's what you were trying to get me to say. Yeah, I just uh, I wanted you guys to uh, say my name a little bit more, just because um, I felt left out, you know. I was RJ, trying to get back. RJ, 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 raping RJ, raping, me. raping Johnny. Uh, in what? Con- which way did you mean that? Was it like 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 that's something that's, you that, do? That, like that's there your goes n- there goes <laughs> peeping Tom, you know. PT. Uh, I see. I see. Peeping Tom Anderson. Anderson? Yeah. 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 Got to be careful out there. You got you're gonna have a lawsuit on your hands soon, yeah. pal. Sure. So there's a there's a bit of a performance that goes on here. Again, this this like co- constant like humiliation that he seeks uh, with yes. his 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 victims as he marches through his life. Um, I don't know. What's the? It's a raconteur. <laughs> it's like that's how he probably envisions himself. Like this. Uh, yeah. Re- yeah. Anyway, so uh, he he moves on to. Yet another. He goes outside and he kind of lingers around, waiting for the security guard to continue. Oh, he, so we should say. Oh, we didn't. He like has sex with the woman, but well, no, he doesn't have sex with the no. woman. He like, uh, she's like interested in him. He like belittles her yes. and then like kisses her very aggressively, mm-hmm. and then is like, uh, he says, "You look like my, my look too much like my mother," and then dips. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Good dude. Good dude. And there's a funny scene. There's kind of sure. a funny sequence where she has a map of Ireland on her on her wall, and he's like, "Oh, are you?" And she like she like doesn't even like know it's there. Yeah. Yep. I've been there, man. I don't know what's on my walls. <laughs> I don't. Know. I don't know. It happens. So uh, Johnny adventures continue, and he stops by a little cafe and it's hitting on the waitress there, asking like what time they close, which is like what time do you get off work? 
he mm-hmm. goes god does he wind up going to her house for like she- it's for, like it's like another day of him hanging like he like forces himself no, I into think- I think the timeline is um, is uh, so he, he he meets up with Brian. He goes to the woman's apartment. And this is all at night. And then he meets back up with Brian in like the wee hours in the morning. They go to the cafe. He sees right. the waitress. Then he hangs out at the cafe all day. I think that's the timeline. Or like yeah. And then he and then, and then follows he goes her. To, yeah. To ha- the house she's house sitting. Has a shower. Grinds her down. There's a whole lot of talk about Greek literature and uh, pseudo-Greek sculpture. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, there's like a, a very on-the-nose like reference to the Odyssey. Yeah. He, he, like, he like mentions it. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so she does not fall prey to his his shtick. He, he tries. He, he's wiggling away. There's like there's like a wall there that prevents this from happening for him, and he gets he gets sent packing. He 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 washes out, and this is like the beginning of the downward spiral. Yeah, even though at this point it's like, how much farther could this kind kind of guy fall? It's like, well, he he's just started, so he winds up catching a ride with a man who puts up posters around town, like concert posters and cancellation posters for um, posters protests. He just put up. Yeah. Well, so that's the thing. So he, what he was doing is he was actually putting up canceled ones on the rally, but it's someone who already put like rally posters up in the mouth of the was it the teeth grinders? Oh, yeah, because that's okay. what I thought too. I'm like, didn't he just put those up? That's kind of absurd. <laughs> but then I realized, oh, he's putting it across the uh, the protest being canceled because he goes to one set and there's two posters right. and it's not the grinder poster, so it's like, oh, he's putting it across there. Ah, but yes, yeah, I, I was kind of like, this is a strange scene. Like, yeah, that was a little wacky. Yeah. Um, but, but this, this guy does not have time for Johnny's shit and he just eventually just, Johnny says just the wrong thing and gets, gets uh shit kicked just a bit, um, loses his duffel bag, his stolen, yeah, yeah. still in the, which was still in the truck, um, or the van. And then he just was like, Oh, Tobiel sad now and wandering around. And then he uh, goes down an alley and he gets jumped by some thugs who kick the crap out of him in short order. Just like random kids. Yeah, just random kids. We're like, yeah, we're gonna yeah. we're gonna jump him, we're gonna jump him. And that's what they do. Uh, while this is all of course happening. Oh, I should say oh. just quick note, really good physical acting from David Thewlis in this part. Yeah, he's like when he's just like wiggling around after he after the he gets beat up by the after he gets kicked by the painter the the sign hanger upper yeah and he's like squirming around in the street he's like writhing around very good stuff yeah good 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 uh, sell job he's very good at that uh, RJ I was gonna say I think he got beat up for real for authenticity <laughs> yeah that's all that's yeah. it an improvised really happened an improvised beating he's a crazy guy yeah yeah Thulis didn't know but uh they're like (laughs) got jumped he paid a bunch of kids he's like go beat that guy up whatever (laughs) even he's gonna say he's an actor he's in a movie just beat him up run away the thing is that during the improv sessions they don't break character until mike lee says so explicitly so he probably wouldn't break character if that happened i'm saying man Mm -hmm. that was real that was real that was was a real beat down so This is all transpiring, and we we start realize. So we're like, what, what was up with that Jerry stuff earlier? Well, Jerry Jerry's closing in. The he's he's coming in, and you find out it's like, well, he's apparently the landlord. Maybe 
Mm-hmm. Allegedly, like, he he says he landlord is. for Sophia and and Luis's flat. That that's mm-hmm. what it's what he says, and we don't know if that's necessarily even true. <laughs> it's like it might not be. This guy just he he's he's fast and loose with uh, his reality as well, as long as it positions mm-hmm. himself. Oh, and like be. yeah, and like we see him. Um, the waitress at like because he goes on a date with the 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 masseuse way early, and then the waitress at the restaurant he like picks up and he's like. He brings him brings her back to his apartment. And he like, like rapes her. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and the and the raping's not done yet either because he shows up at the flat that he claims to be the landlord. He lets himself in. Um, mm-hmm. So Sophie has no idea who this guy is, but she's kind of like again. She she seems to be a person drawn to bad dudes, and she's kind of like, well, I could go along with this. And of course, Jeremy has the these these charms about him that when as soon as he turns it off. He's weird though. Like he's not like a super charming guy. That's all smooth. It's all all smooth. But he's again interesting, I guess, enough. And I thought it was my interpretation was that like she from the get go doesn't want to because she's like, oh, here we go. Oh, but that's only until he starts doing like the weird like he starts making comments, and then she's like, oh fuck, this guy's a weirdo too. Because initially, she's, oh, okay, I, right. I, I think she's she is attracted to like, oh, this guy looks like he has money, maybe. Um, and then she seems to be also like, I don't know, I don't use, I don't know if damage is the right word, but someone that's seeking like love or seeking like uh, a relationship. Yeah, you can tell, yeah, she has. And there's like a, there's like a conversation she has with uh, Luis later. She definitely has like some trauma. Right. She's going. Yeah, there's, she's there's, doing... there's an ache there. She's like, well, maybe this will be the one. Maybe this is the one. And this is the problem is there's these guys. There's these these dudes, these bad dudes that they can see it and they hone mm-hmm. in on it. But so, yeah, we get um, a probably the most like overt, like kind of horrifying uh, rape of the whole movie. We are just like, what the fuck? Because <laughs> it's just like it's so over the top this like next bit and it's like done fortunately fairly quickly but you're just like good mm. good god this this movie it's just uh for a movie that is described as a black comedy um and i before we started the show tonight uh, i sent both of you the trailer for this movie how it was marketed with this mm-hmm. like zany classical piece of music, and you're just like, oh man, this is gonna be off the hook. It's gonna be wild fun. It's gonna like, be a real, yeah, a real roller coaster. Yeah, it's gonna be it, zany, yeah. like with pithy comments and stuff like that. And you're like, oh no, it's not that kind of movie at all. This two hour and twelve minute movie that's just like got loathsome, loathsome human beings uh, abounding in it. So, uh, yeah, you get kind of like a situation where it's like, are, is Sophie, like, what's gone on while uh, Louise has been at work? She comes home and there's this man who's just, you know, in his his Speedo underpants uh, hanging mm-hmm. out on a couch. And her friend is cowering and shaking um, as if she's been a, you know, a victim of rape uh, and victimized horribly. And she's just like, oh, come on. She's just been to weird kinky stuff. But then eventually Louise starts cluing in on what's going on. Like, oh, wait, this is fucked. And there's this guy in our house. Can we leave? Can we even call the police? And there's this, of course, even at this point, uh, Sophie's concerned, like, well, we can't call the police. They're never going to believe someone like me. Look at him. And there's dope all over the place. Mm. So they're kind of left in this terrifying situation uh, that is not really played in this, like, thriller kind of way, but it is just sort of (laughs) off-putting, as Mm -hmm. you would expect that scenario to be. Um, 
And then finally, uh, Johnny limps his way back to the flat. Um, arriving, he knocks at the door, is been beaten, starts being tanded to. Because I guess at this point, you're almost like you're waiting for this Johnny Jeremy conflict to happen. And it completely goes in a different direction. Like, because this man's like, obviously, Johnny can't do anything. He's just beaten up and he's just going to sit there and get verbally mm. sniped at by this uh, Speedo man. Um, and then the, the next morning happens after uh, Johnny gets put into bed with his like swollen ankle that looks like it's been like just destroyed, but apparently it's okay. Sandra, the nurse arrives and then there's like a tone shift <laughs> from like the, like the last, you know, hour and 45 minutes. And you get this sort of like zany British lady who's very uptight and like so worried about cleanliness and that like, she might have been in this re- a relationship of some sort with this Jeremy guy, um, and you're just like, oh, so, so this this is where this like I think this black comedy thing kicks in, and it's like for like this five ten minutes that the nurse the this nurse character is around, and it's just like what mm-hmm. the what the hell it it is it's quite a it's quite a shift. And I, I don't recall because I've not seen enough Mike Lee movies to know if this is like this is all part of his bag of tricks. But in this, it's like, huh, this movie called Naked, which I mean, uh, I'm sure some very disappointed uh, young men back in 1995 renting this movie from Blockbuster <laughs> were like, yeah, mm-hmm. na- this is going to be an erotic yeah. thriller. It really says it in the title. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like, you want to see uh, toxic masculinity <laughs> shown nakedly <laughs> oh <Yeah. laughs> no i don't so no one's even naked in the movie yeah, well yeah, there's some like there's 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 some see, you see close you see some John, yeah never mind. yeah you see yeah. a little, little 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 bits and drabs here but uh, not the kind that uh the blockbuster crowd in 95 might have been looking for when they heard all oh, this movie won the con <laughs> it was at con it won all these mm. all this attention. Oh boy. Um so anyway. Uh Johnny's on the men. Uh Jerry gets threatened with castration, which almost seems to unsettle him. The only time you ever see him unsettled in the whole movie. But then he does this <laughs> little giggle and he exits stage left. And then there's sort of like this reconciliation tease between uh Johnny and Louise, Sophie mm-hmm. uh, leaves this like shit show, and uh, yeah, so there's this almost this thing where it's like maybe Louise and Johnny will be all right, and mm-hmm. that isn't going to be the case as Johnny uh, t- takes the money that uh, Jerry left behind and hobbles down the street, and that's the final shot of the movie, pulling back of this beaten down horrid man <laughs> just uh taken off once again into the night or into the day and uh it's real feel good stuff here this naked real feel good is that is yeah, that how you want to put that heartwarming heartwarming mm-hmm. tale so yeah um what to say about this movie that i i definitely uh watching it now it's like huh this 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 movie seems a little bit more coarse than I remembered, um, but yeah, I think this movie is really well made. 
extremely well made. Uh, acting is amazing. The mm-hmm. filming is amazing. It looks great. Uh, really well edited. The mm-hmm. the dialogue character stuff is, I think, very well done. However, I would say it, I don't think this movie is for everybody. <laughs> Um, okay. <laughs> so okay. I don't know. I don't yeah. know. I don't know how to spin that one too much. I uh-huh. it's kind of peculiar. Like I, I, this movie gets pretty high marks uh, on Letterboxd. Yeah, it won Best Director at Con. Yeah, like you mentioned. And I feel like in 1993, that makes total sense because like this movie really feels so completely different than a lot of movies. But it's so like there's no. There's no. It doesn't feel sloppy at all. It doesn't feel well, like that you was have kind to make of a golden ex- age for sort of unconventional or like kind of edgy art house movies. Like you know, Breaking the Waves made a big splash a couple of years later. Yeah. You know, this one like Von Trier and and uh, and, for, and like uh, yeah. you know, those guys are getting started and for, in Europe at least. Yeah, and for a movie to feel like so completely realized, it doesn't feel like it's mm-hmm. compromised in any way. It's kind of like yeah, this is the movie you're getting, and it's as well made as anything you could hope for. Um, it does exactly what it sets out to do. Like all these things, like you feel, I mean, I, I found it so easy to watch strangely enough, right. uh, despite uh, subject matter uh, objections right. or like, even just like, why am I watching this movie about this horrid man? And like, why is it, why are people even tolerating this? This is like, it's always, you have to start asking, it's like, well, what is the intention of this depiction of the story and right. uh i don't know the answer to it i don't i don't know um this isn't necessarily like a movie that's like gonna be like you know anywhere resembling you know like a top 200 of my movies or anything of like that there's just so many other sure. things I, i'm more interested in watching and that's kind of the thing mm-hmm. with mike lee though in general is i i've only watched like, what two mike lee movies in this whole thing because a lot of the movies he makes just are not movies that i'm that terribly interested in maybe sure. maybe mr turner i think i would check out um but for a lot most parts he's like cinematographer on that one dick oh. pope probably oh, <laughs> dick okay. poop yeah okay she's yeah. curious just, just, just curious. make sure uh <laughs> yeah. keep it there but yeah there's just he's a great great filmmaker but i don't know if he's making movies that i'm like drawn to and i don't know if like right. i i think this might this movie probably subject matter wise is an outlier i don't think most of his yeah. stuff is uh falls into this uh this space mm-hmm. <laughs> this, this so space. like yeah like his other movies like um there's definitely little elements right so meantime you know it's only about these like poor like these very working class like British guys, like it's like a family, and like they're sympathetic, but they're like kind of you know they're not very necessarily good people. Um, you know, a lot of his movies kind of have like wacky, sort of unsympathetic, but still like characters you you know, sort sort of unsympathetic characters. But this done definitely like up from as far as I can tell, kind of ups the ante a little bit on that. Mm-hmm. Um, and like yeah, definitely in subject matter, as far as I know, it like does stand out like a lot. Um. I think, like, you were talking about, like, what the movie's, like, saying and what it's getting at. I think, I don't know, I do think there's a lot to, like, latch onto in this movie for sure. Like, you know, a big thing to understand is that, like, the the time this movie comes out, right? So 1993, you know, that's kind of the years after the, the Thatcher era. And uh, I won't get, like, super political, but, um, you know, that's kind of... Many people, I'll say many people felt like that was a time of, of a lot of, um, well, a lot of changes, a lot of, like, uh, social alienation, I guess where you kind of see people um, in this in this era and, like, in the years after kind of 
being feeling like kind of set separate from each other right like people and like you know society becomes like you know super atomized i guess like british society does you know as, as like more and more of the social like basis is just kind of hollowed out i guess and i think that's kind of what this movie if it's not like an intentional critique it's at least kind of exploring right and kind of how these like these kind of like um, especially gender dynamics kind of play out, right? So, like, one thing I was kind of hinting at is, um, I think, because um, I don't know how you guys interpreted the character Sebastian or or uh, or uh, Jerry or whatever. Some people kind of see him as like, a, oh, he's supposed to be like a foil to Johnny. Like, he doesn't make Johnny look to make Johnny look less bad. And I don't really think that's true. I think, I think, I think what you're supposed to think come away with is that, uh, is that uh, Sebastian is Johnny with money. Hmm. I think that's kind of how I read that. Like, if John, if Johnny actually had like was wealthy and had like actual like economic power, he would be he would be a sort of Sebastian type. Maybe not as like egregious or whatever, because like you definitely see some like humanity, a little of humanity in Johnny, even if he does like these like horrible like unforgivable things. You know, if that makes sense. Right. So um, yeah, I mean, but I guess that means yeah. I think that is the purpose of the character. Maybe not as a foil, but like kind of a contrast. Like he, he obviously acts as like sort of a contrast, or like they're they're, they're situated as kind of um, illustrating something. But I'm like at the same time, like what are they? What are they illustrating? It's like well, good thing that he doesn't have money. Otherwise, he, he'd have a, a more powerful rapist. Like we, I mean, now we have now we'd have two. Over. And so it's like so it's like what? are they saying like well maybe some people don't deserve money? <laughs> I don't, I don't, like we got we got to keep I mean, money away I, from I, these guys. I, I think he's just saying that like even if he's not potentially saying something, he's just pointing out that like you know this type of like um this type of like crude violence or whatever is like. Um, it, it's, it's like, it's a like cross class, right? Like, like this kind of male chauvinism thing. And like one thing with one key to think to understanding Johnny is, um, apart from his personal life, cause you get stuff about his mother, like this, the scene where I don't know if you guys watch this with subtitles, yep. but the scene where Johnny's like flailing around, um, on the ground when Sebastian sees Sebastian, he's like yelling, uh, he's yelling something along the lines of like, of like mom, like, like why did it have to be like, why couldn't it have been my brother? Why did it have to be you? So there's like something with like his mom mm. dead, and also um I think Johnny's whole like preoccupation with like conspiracy theories is kind of um because you know looking at this like I guess statue right post statue right Britain right people feel very isolated very atomized from each other so because sort of you see these like communities that kind of break apart or whatever I think you know people turn to like conspiracy theories they turn to like weird like esoteric like like kind of like knowledge of to try to like maybe not necessarily like like at least to like sort of like try to reconcile their like I think reality if that makes sense and I think Johnny is kind of an a, a interesting like illustration of that and like kind of how you know that with like his like maniacal like misogynist I guess tendencies like how that like plays out does that make sense a little bit. Yeah. I, the, so one thing I when I was watching this movie because like a lot like you read the the letterbox synopsis uh, and mm-hmm. people like kind of emphasize this conspiracy theory stuff because and that really only in, in the one mind, scene, in right. the one scene it's like that's what a I lot think... to hang off of that because you're like some of these guys like this type of person who like mm-hmm. I don't know a guy exactly like Johnny but I've met 
people sure. who ha- are like Johnny yeah, types. Some Johnny, the, there's yeah. some there's some Johnnies hanging out over at the coffee shop, and they like to <laughs> let you know. I've read Infinite Jest, you know, and let me tell you, <laughs> I think it was an inside mm. job. And they go on, and okay. so it's like I, I think to like that that part of the conspiracy theory. I think it's like uh, I think you might be. Uh, onto something in terms of like well, maybe, the role that maybe, those like conspiracy theories hold onto it, but I would never think sure, of maybe, Johnny as a conspiracy theorist. Which maybe a lot of yeah, I think conspiracy theory isn't the right. I mean, I, I think it's probably. I think also just the the whole like the whole like like trying to like bully people with like knowledge. I think, generally mm. speaking, maybe not. Or trying to like th- at least trying to think that you have like a handle on the world better than other people do. That like you you figured it out. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Uh, Jared, I sorry, so. I, I, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Was, no, uh, no, it's all good. It's all good. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I definitely, yeah, you're right. Like the conspiracy theory aspect is definitely like overplayed in like people's, in like the, the discourse or whatever about this movie. If something can be said to exist. Um, and I don't think that much. And it's like this is one of the sad things that happens uh, with movies. It seems like even stuff from like '93, the discourse doesn't exist. <laughs> like on so like it's uh, or like no one like, no one talks about naked really anymore. It's not like it's like a blip. Uh, and so it's so it's so heavily weighted towards certain things. But like sure. '90s cinema, uh, it's kind of like all these big movies came out at one point in time and. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh yeah, it's like a novelty thing. I'm like, I remember people remember that movie, and then the Criterion Collection, I guess, right. th- th- throws these things out at you. They'll, they'll throw an essay in there for you, and they'll put it out on Blu-ray. They shove these down your throats. Shove them down your throat, Jed. Yeah. That son of a bitch, John Criterion. Yeah. What was he thinking? You know? Yeah, that guy was on one when he when he maybe when maybe he put this movie in. maybe he's Johnny or well, maybe he's Jerry. So true. Just, I just, um, what does he get out of it? You know, that's what I want to know. One, I guess. Sorry, I've been talking. We've been talking for a long time, but one more thing, right. thing to like kind of examine this in the context of is uh, a movie you watched recently, Bodu Saved from Drowning. Um, yeah. That's one of Mike Lee's favorite movies, and was a yeah. direct influence on this one. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I mean, this one is more is more explicit in the uh, sexual assault than uh, old Bodu Saved from Drowning, but it's like. Um, an interesting aspect is like in Bo Do Save and Drowning, there's like the kind of like satire of like the what you call like like the aristocracy as well as like segments of like the guess what you call like the bourgeoisie, mm-hmm. you know, not to use like politically charged words, but that's just like the you know the, 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 it's a descriptor. Like, that's the best word. Yeah, sure. Um, and you know, you see Bodu, obviously he's like very flawed, he's like a psychopath, but he's like you know railing against this like aristocracy or whatever. But um. Like, like Johnny, he's like, he's become so like, he thinks he's like railing against the world or whatever when he's like yelling at people, when he's being like a misogynist, when he's like, you know, raping women. But like, he's really like, I don't know, he's more of like a, if anything, he's more of like a, like a, so this is kind of an abstract thought, but like, he he, he seems to think he's like, he has this idea of maybe not subconsciously, but like, he's some kind of like, you know, he's like, he's like telling it like it is really, but like, really, he's like not. Like, he's just, like, another, like, weird misogynist, you know? Interesting. Does that make sense? Was that, was that, like, Yes, a, it does. Yeah. To me, it does, in a way. Jared that's might all, have that's, an that's alternative. That's my audience. You know, that's all, that's what I do this for. It's for, it's for, yeah. it's for RJ. I am <laughs> sorry. Good perspective, Jared. Uh, that's my, uh... No, that's that's an interesting dynamic in this movie. I mean, there's a lot to grapple to 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 to, to, hold, to grapple with here, you know, a lot of angles to <laughs> to analyze this movie. If if one yeah. chose, yes. If one if one if it was in you know if one was 
would choose to do such a thing. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, Interesting. So, did you like this movie, Sam? Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. Sorry. So, the, actually, this is my second time seeing this movie. The first time I saw it was like a year ago. Um, the first time I watched it, I was uh, I liked it a little, quite a lot. Um, I was pretty blown away by it. Just you know, just how over the top and just just you know dynamic the performances are. Um, how just I don't know. It was just immaculately constructed. I thought. Um, the second time around, I still like it quite a lot. I definitely like it a little bit less, I think, which may have just been my state of mind. Like I watched it when I was a little tired, you know, that never helps. Um, I think maybe too, and you know, stop me if this doesn't, if this sounds like weird, but, uh, I think I could maybe with this second watch, I can maybe kind of start to see the themes a little bit. Cause I think a, a problem some people have with this movie that like I've, I've like looked into is that like people think this movie just seems really like writers workshoppy, if that makes sense. Mm. Like, it's just like, yeah, you're watching these, like, actors just do crazy stuff. There's not much, like, you know, if film was, like, a supposedly visual medium or whatever, you know, you, it, it doesn't seem like, which is kind of like, okay, like, whatever. That's maybe. a cop, but, uh, I think. But, yeah. This is a pretty attractive movie. When you start talking about, like, pure cinema, that's, like, you know, oh. you kind of lose me a little bit there. Yeah. But I think there's something to that in that, like, yeah, I mean, as much as this movie's, like, I don't know, maybe I start, I, I could kind of, the whole just, like, you know, just just like uh, hopping around from like, I don't know. It seemed a little more shoddily constructed, I guess, or like put together, if that makes sense. Like, it's just okay. Like, we we're just like looking. You know, we're just going from like set piece to set piece. Like, watching these actors do like kind of, you know. I mean, it's good acting, but I don't know. Maybe a little like, it's a good way to phrase it. Like, yeah, kind of like actors workshopping. Maybe if that makes sense. I th- I think maybe I maybe I think maybe that's part of why I liked it a little less. Um, maybe just also just the original like shock and awe kind of kind of worn off too. I still like this movie quite a bit. I think this movie's pretty good. Um, definitely my favorite Mike Lee movie. Definitely you know an all time banger. No matter anywhere you cut it, and no matter which way you slice it. Um, unless unless RJ slices it. Unless R- I mean I'm ready for the RJ slicing, um, the grand I, finale of this epi- great episode. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's yeah, that's probably. I think it's good. Um, I think it's you know pretty. In, I I think it's a little. I don't know. I guess it's something we haven't really talked touched on, like the the question of like if this movie is like misogynist or not. I don't know. Maybe it is. A, probably is a little bit. You know, that's but. I that's hard to. It, it, it depicts it for sure, but it depicts it, misogyny, yeah. and that's the whole like depiction versus endorsement question, which people like argue about forever and ever. Which I'm not really sure. Where I totally stand on, to be honest. Um, if we're supposed to like movie, yeah, movies that like pretend it doesn't exist, but in fact practice it in, a, in their own way, and like right. without even thinking, yeah. without even thinking about it, or pretending it doesn't That's exist. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know. Um. But anyways, yeah, I think this movie's good. There's a lot to latch on to. You know, David Thewlis is great. Um. All the actors are great. Uh, RJ or whoever, I guess Jared, turning it over to you. Yeah. You know, uh, you're, you're the captain here. You're the skip. RJ. He's the captain. RJ, at uh, 1210 p.m. on Sunday afternoon, you messaged mm-hmm. me a message. English people are disgusting. Uh, I stand by it, and I uh, I will elaborate if I have to. <laughs> I'm assuming that it had something to do with your viewing of this He's film. He's not wrong. He's not uh, wrong. It was when I was watching this film. Yep. 
Yeah, it was when I was watching this and, film. And I also and noticed I, it seemed to take you days to log it. That was that was less intentional. Uh, I meant to log it, and then uh, I fell asleep. Um, and then the next day, I was like, oh, I got to do that. But I was at work, and then I just forgot. And then I did it the day after. So um, that, that was not there. intentional, to be okay. honest. I... Um, I was also actually I the first day I was like I don't know if I'm gonna put a review for this yet, and then uh, so it, it bumped me a day and then I forgot a day and you know have you t- Jared have you mentioned like I know I know you've talked about like what you think and stuff but have you got everything you've wanted out yeah. there because yeah. okay you two okay well, yeah one one thing that uh, lines up with what you said is a very funny review it was from the same guy who. Uh, who did their review of uh, Betty Blue that RJ read aloud. Um, For Betty Blue? Yeah, he logged this movie and he said, uh, it's honestly so funny that English people have sex with each other. <laughs> I mean, I think that's wow. pretty fair. I, I have, I have yeah. said I have said before that uh, English people are, ju- are just like fundamentally unerotic. Oh, mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah, they're gross. <laughs> Yeah. They're just like Aww. fish, weird like fish people. I don't know, cause like, yeah, uh, yeah you. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, sorry, but I'm 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 good. I, I've I've had said okay. you know, all I'm gonna say for now. Okay. Uh, so yeah, I'll just since Jared brought it up, I I will um I wasn't gonna lead with this, but uh yeah, I do fundamentally think that English people are disgusting, <laughs> and you're not wrong. I'll, 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 I'll say it. I'll say it, and it's like I said. I'll take the heat off of you boys for this one. And I agree. Um, I fully endorse the anti-English. Yeah, uh, and it's like sentiment. you know, Roger England over there. I I know he's probably got some sexual moves. I change his name every time I say it. You know, Robert England, Robert English, Roger Johnny English, Johnny Anglo, England, Rob whatever. the Eagle, Rob the Eagle. Um, I know he's probably got some sexual moves, and uh, I don't want to know about them. But uh, watching this movie, I just went, I don't know if I've ever seen a movie with English people where they're not just filthy and disgusting. And it's like, I know that's what they're trying to say. It's like, man, this is punk movement. This is all Thatcher's yeah. fault. Watch, yeah, ju- watch Jubilee. Yeah, yeah it's true. It's all it's all a result from that. Sid and Nancy. Oh, I was, I was, oh yeah, oh Sid, oh, Sid and Nancy. Derek, Nick, Derek Jarman probably kept it pretty clean. Yeah. So naked is right in there with these. So uh, English people, disgusting. Uh, not a lot to offer there. Um, like Mr. Bean. He is the only good one, but I don't think he's actually English. He, he's got to be some other some other thing. He can't be just English because he's too good. He's too good. Jared. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, so I think you guys had a, a very good discussion. Good, uh, good little back and forth. Talked about a lot of highs. Talked about a little bit of lows. Talked about everything in between. Uh, I'm going to come out and say it. Uh, it's a no for me, dog. <laughs> hard no? Uh, uh, not, not quite a hard no, but um, this is not quite what I, uh, what I want to watch when I'm settling in for the night. Uh, I see the merit, like you said. What were you, what were you gonna say? I was gonna say, well, okay. As, as we've learned, I don't know if the Criterion Collection's all about settling in for the night. It's not. It's not all for the Gary no, collections. It's not. But even so, and here's my thing: even in terms of uh, you know Criterion being challenging films, be wacky. Yeah. I uh, even with this one, 
there were a, there was a point in this where I kind of just went to, and I say this in to be fair, in probably three out of five movies I watch, uh, I went, I don't know who cares. I don't know if anyone's interested. Uh, I know a lot of people are. I've heard of this movie before, like before I saw it, like by just through a lot of shit. Um, I like your guys' kind of points. Does it look kind of like what Jared said? Does it look nice? Yeah. Is it edited nice? Yeah. What Sam said, uh, are they kind of tackling certain things? Yeah. Are they going after certain things? Yeah. Yeah, I get it all. But all I could think of, and uh, this was my review on Letterboxd, but I'll just try to explain it a little bit. All I could think of when I watched this movie was uh, when I was in junior high, there were these two dudes, and they like they would go around telling people how smart they were all the time, all the, all the time. Mm-hmm. And, uh, like it got to a point, like, no, like nobody was like picking on these guys or anything like that, but they just told people how smart they were all the time. And people got really annoyed by that. And they're like, you guys aren't that smart. And they weren't, they weren't the like highest kids in the class or anything like that, but they told everyone they were, and then they'd go around. And this is where, uh, this is the secret origin of why i don't like certain things they'd go around quoting monty python jared all the uh, time and they'd be like if you don't get it which is you're not english which is english as well uh and they'd be like we're so smart we love monty python it's yeah, so British funny humor is intellectual allegedly cerebral allegedly. It's allegedly. cerebral yeah. Uh, and so they would they would always pump this up and then they would always go on this kind of tyrant of how they're like they're like you know people don't like us because we're so smart and it's mm-hmm. like I don't know if that's true man I think you're just kind of an asshole uh, and when I watched this movie I just got that vibe from the character and it's like I realize that's what they're trying to do like it's very they don't make him likable. When you open up a, a movie with your lead character raping someone, it's like you're not you're not going yeah. intent to make a likable character. I get that. I get that. But uh, this guy, like, and maybe this played better in uh, pre-internet days. Um, and I mean, they talk about the internet at one point, but uh, I think it played better there where this guy's kind of like saying all these things it's like nostradamus and this conspiracy and have you read this have you read that and it's like i read about guy like there's guys on the internet who are like this all the time and nobody really likes those kind of guys you know it's where dudes come in and they're just like hey you want to hear about the things i read about today and it's like no nah, i'm good um and that's uh that's my own thing uh, and I, like, I mean, what we do, we share information about things that we consume too. So I know we're yeah, part we of the problem. We share well, information. Well, see now Johnny and Jerry aren't out there hurting people. They've got podcasts. They have podcasts. Exactly. So I, wow, I know so we're true. contributing <laughs> to that as well. Uh, but, uh, I don't know. It, uh, it just reminded me of that so much. And I know that is a very singular opinion of a movie that it's like, oh, this reminds me of a guy I met like 10 years ago that I didn't like. I, I get that. But uh, that's all I thought where it's like a lot of these conversations that he was having with people. I was like, I was like, you're you're just an asshole and you're in, intentionally antagonizing people. And I was like, and I I just don't care because it's it's like. I know that's the point of it, but all these things where he's just like, 
latching on to people, poking on them, and, like, trying to, like, make fun of them. It's like, you suck. You're a shitty person. You're probably an incel, even though you rape people. But, like, that's the vibe I get from this guy. And it's just like, I don't care about this guy at all. And well, when, it's not so much the uh, incel and rape cancel each other out. It's more the fact that, like, well, it's clear that they're not having problems getting women to be attracted no. to them. Because, I mean, you could say that uh, old... Uh, Jer- Jerry, he's he's a real Chad. He's a real Chad. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. Yeah, yeah, and and like, and, and, and it seems like it seems like lots of and lots of lots of women seem to be like intrigued by uh, what Johnny he's got going on. But it seems like in their like their uh, misogyny, if you want to go mm-hmm. use to say that, they they almost are like punishing these women for like falling for it, right. which is Wait. which is which is like also not justifiable and is fucked up because these are these characters who are like enacting this over and over and over again because they keep like yeah they're they're entrapping people yeah and it's like i see the entrapment of that too but like i also think this kind of falls on mike lee a little bit because it's like some of the female characters he writes they are easily persuaded by it too and which is like yeah i know a lot of people mix mash and they're in relationships they shouldn't be in but it's like i mean does he write female characters well? There's the one character who stands up in the end, and it's like, is that justify the two hours of women being, being ter- terrorized, fucked around the whole right. time? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, that's like that's I don't like have any hard answers. Thing. That's like a. I mean, I'd say like the the whole like he's annoying part. Like, yeah, that's like you know the point. I mean, if you whether you actually find that entertaining to watch, well, whether you find that entertaining to watch, you know, that's that's like on you. It's like you didn't find it entertaining to watch that. Yeah, you know, that's fine. I will say, yeah, like the whole like everyone being in love with Johnny is like kind of sus. It's a little like, I think it's definitely like that's like one of the more like like I think um the more like accusations of misogyny with this movie that like I agree with actually I mean I'm sure there's like a decent explanation for that you could like come up with with like oh yeah you know these women are like you know they have they're like trapped or whatever they like have to you know they're like forced to be with these like ugly terrible men by society but yeah definitely <laughs> like uh yes. you know definitely definitely like that is shots like, fired the fact that like Luis is like like you know becomes infatuated with Johnny again you know a little weird mm-hmm. I agree a little a little yeah. uh not the best. Yeah. It's almost Stockholm syndrome at that point, you know, um, or it's like, Vic, and I would like, say Mike Lee doesn't like really write, you know, that's like that. A lot of that, this is on the actors because they write yeah. a lot of the dialogue in the movie, but yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, that, and that's the thing. It's like, I realize he's annoying, but it's kind of like, imagine someone just putting like a finger by your face and being like, I'm annoying you. I'm annoying you. That'd be cool. Are you annoyed yet? I'm annoying you. And I'd be like, get the fuck away from me. <laughs> Go away. I know you're annoying on purpose, but uh, you know. But if you saw if you saw someone doing that to someone else, though, you might be entertained by it. You might be entertained, but just think of the children, is what I always say. Think of the children. Uh, So, anyways, I see your guys' points; they're valid. I uh, this movie does, like Jarrett said, it plays pretty smooth. It's a fucking over two hours long, but uh, I did watch it in two sittings, but it did kind of go by smooth enough yeah. two sittings Ooh. yeah man i'm old and i gotta go to bed <laughs> so I, uh, uh, I just couldn't do it because i wasn't that into it so i i capped halfway through and i was like i'll finish it tomorrow 
but anyways, uh, I see your guys' merit. I don't, I don't hate this movie. It's just I'm not particularly interested in it, and that's just my bag, baby. Yeah. Just my bag. I, I, uh, while you were talking, RJ, I was able to remind myself of the shows I was trying to remember from the very right off the top about British comedy. Uh, that was uh, uh, absolutely fabulous. Uh, mm-hmm. Which ran for from a ninety two to two thousand twelve apparently, oh, on nice. and off, which is madness. And then there are another show called Little Britain. Oh uh, yeah, I know it was on Netflix. Britain. Yeah, yeah, it was on like yeah. CTV a lot too. Mm-hmm. Jared knows CTV. I know CTV. Like Canadian thing. Uh, Canadian television, baby. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> Sam, have you ever watched any uh, Matthew Holness films? Or uh, shows like uh, Gareth Marenghi, Dark Place, or uh, his film Possum, uh, the short oh, film. Oh no, I... you guys were you guys were talking about Possum some year, a some while ago. A while back, yeah. I think Jarrah yeah. was, yeah. Yeah, that that is some come to England action. It's right. not it's not very good, but and if it's got like Patty Cosadine Cosadine in it, Patty Cosadine Cosadine, yes, he's uh that's some come to England. He's he made a movie actually called Tyrannosaur that ah uh, uh, yeah he that's that's come to England. <laughs> I think I started that movie and the first scene a guy kicks a dog to death and I I Ooh. went no well, thank you R J that's why they're like come on come visit come see the Welcome sights to England. come to England come to England. Mm-hmm. The movie uh, Eden Lake. Uh, uh, that movie's good. I like it that. it I is like a good that. movie, that's, but, it's, that's but, a, but it is a movie about. But it's also come to England, come visit, yeah. come visit our youths and the, and their come, parents. Come hang out with Roger English. You're gonna you're gonna get a great time, and you're gonna get and you're gonna get kicked. You'll get kicked a little bit. Some other stuff might happen too. All right. Yeah. So let's uh, let's wrap this uh, pony up here. Um, sure, man. Who who hates naked? R.J. Balog. Well, I hate's a strong word. But, so you know. this individual going by Q, like and the continuum, um, or other Qs. Maybe they're anon. Oh, maybe they're anon. Uh, this is oh. all. This is all caps and half a star. Nah, cause what the fuck is this shit? I can't. How can anyone actually enjoy watching this piece of crap shit? Nothing good about it's fucking boring. How somebody tell me how you enjoy this? It's literally you. Nothing for two hours. What the fuck? Ick. So angry. I literally have the DVD and I removed it from my shelf because it's so ducking trash. Oh my fucking god. I hate this. What? Bruh. That's basically Fuck. RJ's review. Also, Ted, description of this movie seems so good, but it's literally not when film. What the fuck? What? 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 Uh, what? What? This is the worst fucking film I've seen. Fuck me. <laughs> All right. So, cue a little bit of context. Mister. Uh, sorry. Oh, they have he him. Okay. So, Mister Q is fourteen years old. Okay. <laughs> Um, and his favorite four favorite movies are The Shawshank Redemption, Dead Poets Society, Godfather Part One, and Casino. Mm-hmm. His uh, profile picture is him holding two copies of The Shawshank Redemption. I see that. Ooh. Yeah, the coolest movie of all time. Five stars to Call Me by Your Name. One star to Funny Games. One star to Midsummer. I mean, five stars to Call Me by Your Name. Really? Yeah. Perfect. They, Every in time. Their, in their bio, they say Al Pacino Stan. So. <laughs> what? It's all come full so. circle. And their TikTok is Q Movie Seven. 
So if any of uh, you guys are on TikTok, I know Sam is. Sam's I'm talking not about on TikTok. TikTok. I am not on TikTok. Yeah, he's called Slam Love Machine, uh, no, the one and only, the not, Alpha Sam. I'm not on TikTok. Playing with poo money. What? Playing with, uh, that's a poop dollar. Poo money. Dollar poop. Have you heard that song Blue Money by, um, by, uh, by World Domination Enterprises? It's pretty no. good. It's a good song. I have not, but it sounds cool. Blat Kirby, half a star, wanted boobies, frowny face. His favorite movies are Wally, Shrek 2, and Phineas and Ferb, the movie. Sounds like good picks to me. So, yeah, I mean, it seems like a guy who'd like, you know. Yeah. No problem there. No problem there. And finally, Jacob Niff, half a star. Other than the music and me getting a chuckle out of David Thewlis' character saying he used to be a werewolf, having to spend two plus hours with these people was pure torture. Nice. So this guy, he's a patron. So you you can just, you know, that's a sicko. Oh, yeah. You know he's a sicko. So don't. Um, he likes Lord of the Rings, The Princess Bride, War and Peace, and 12 Angry Men. Some, I don't know. I'm not on, as hot on those Lord of the Rings movies as maybe you guys are, but. Yeah, those I, are all decent movies. Those are all solid movies. Five-starred, uh, and this one might interest you guys, he five-starred Baby Driver. Oh, man. Oh, gosh. Last night we at Soho coming to a theater that. near you. Yeah. We're, we're going to talk about people intellectually bullying each other. Yeah, yeah. the director of Baby Driver is going to come into that And English. And, and English. the Yeah, English. you're right, it's English. Joker, five stars. This guy also. Yeah, oh. Stars. Society. Wow, hundred yeah, percent society. Mm-hmm. Bad news. Mm-hmm. You uh, gentlemen have any final words on naked? Um, you know, misogyny is bad. It's, it's, that's a, all bold, it's a bold said. statement, put, put but uh, I'm glad you said it. <laughs> yeah, making that stance. Yeah. Uh, put it that on the poster. <laughs> yeah, put that. Hey, put that on a shirt, huh? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Bold. Yeah. Well. well I, you talking about making Criterion creep shirts? Why not make a misogyny's bad shirt? You know. Yeah. Why not? You know. With RJ's face on it, it's Only like, the it, but it's like, but you, you just have the text on it. But you'll be like, people will be like, oh, is he a misogynist? You go, no, he's saying that. R- yeah, RJ, yeah, yeah, RJ saying it. No, don't make. No, it, no you misunderstand. Yeah. You, you don't understand. You definitely, yeah. you, de- you definitely don't use different. a word balloon or anything like that. You just put the text. Yeah, just with yeah. his face. Yeah, I'm on board with this. Yeah. Get on it, Rob Eagle, after we've completely buried your country and countrymen. Oh, is Rob Eagle British? I thought he was Australian or something. <laughs> sure. Yes. Yeah. He's British. Crikey. No, oh. they're all they're all they're all the same. All that yeah, com- Commonwealth crap. Like, like, you're uh, Canadian, like, a, so. like we are too. We're Commonwealth too. We're all pieces of shit. Yeah. You know what? Pieces. Everyone's a piece of shit. I agree. That yeah, I, I can Steven. get on board with that. Yeah. Steven. We're all bad dudes. Yes. After the break, um, we take the we take we take Sam's money, go to the it's bank with 11 it. PM. <laughs> <laughs> Shh. Oh, it's late. We don't talk. Oh. We don't talk about time and how oh. and how tired we are. I have oh. to. I have to edit now. And, yeah, and I have homework to do after this. <laughs> <laughs> we, we ruined. Your, maybe maybe you'll fail and we'll ruin your life, and then you'll be a Johnny. Yeah, that's, that's okay. Hopefully, this podcast is the worst thing that ever happened to you.
RJ, if you were a Mike Lee character, what would you be? Not English. So, like, Irish? He does have an Irish movie. Potentially. He made a movie in Ireland, so... I'll be... If I was... No. I'm just gonna say no. 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 Flat out no. Hard no. You can tell us if we've sold you on Mike Lee movies, if you didn't already like them or whatever, uh, by emailing us at criterioncruise at gmail.com. We've got a Facebook page. We're on Instagram. We're on Letterboxd. I'm Jared Duncan. He's Barnloaf. And Sam, what are you? Dead. Sam. Oh, I had myself. No, I had myself muted. Oh, I yeah. see. He's back. I'm back. back. What's your hand? What's um, your letterbox? Letterboxd, but I think just Sam... Sorry, I'm at, um, <laughs> sorry. I'm at just, uh, I'm at, oh, Tascam. Yeah, that's right. Tascam. T-A-S-C-A-M. There you go. Yep. Um, Anything yeah. else you want to promote? Um, yeah, so if you want to, if you didn't like this episode, uh, call or text Jared at 403, no, I'm just kidding. I just say your phone number. <laughs> just, just say I, your phone. <laughs> I, I gotta say, were those numbers chosen at chosen at random? They, I did choose those at random. Curious. Curious. <laughs> More to come later. Curious. Oh, is that? We're on SoundCloud, no, Stitcher, okay. iTunes, Google Play, YouTube, <laughs> Tubes, Kiss Anime, and I don't know. Porno. No, no, they're not there. Porno. Next Maybe. week, Spine three hundred and eight. Jean-Luc Godard's uh, Masculine Feminine from 1966, RJ. JLG. He's back. Joseph Gordon-Levitt? Yeah. I love that guy. Kind of. Awesome. But not. Uh, I I love that guy. The new spelling. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. Well, thanks, Sam, for coming on the show. It's it's like a four-hour, which is cool. But uh, this can't be the longest one yet. This might be. This this could do it. It could do it. This could do it. This might be the top. All right. Man. Good night. Good night.